Welcome to Don't Worry About It with Neeks. And on today's episode, we've got a good friend, Spencer Davis. Welcome, buddy. What is up, Nico? How are you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm swell. Um, folks, we've been talking for three hours and 39 <laughs> minutes uh, before this podcast. Quite a good talk. Quite <laughs> a good talk. Fantastic talk. I mean, we got through pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> it's just if only we've recorded it. But um, this is still going to be, I think we just build on this kind of, um, and we, we obviously organized as well in a sense. <laughs> Not really. We just let it flow. Really. Uh, but we just, yeah, this is, um, so I guess to just jump right into it, uh, I guess we've talked both about our experiences of, uh, of meditating. Not I guess I just, I know that we have talked about um, <laughs> meditating uh, and having, having experienced the, um, I guess the difference on obviously in a minimal way. I mean, I've only been doing it for three weeks and you've, you've started earlier in the fall, but have, yeah. been, have been more inconsistent, as you said. Um, but I guess where it goes though, I mean, you've seen it, you've seen the ledge, you look at what is on the other side. We just have to have to commit a little more. Um, yeah. Um, I've, I've been trying to do it for about two months. Um, back in September, I was doing pretty well doing about every day for about two or three weeks. Um, but I think, I think it's just, I think a lot of people think about it like it's like this big, complicated, like crazy, like meditation, Buddhist monk thing. And it's yeah. like, it's not, it's about sitting down and being in the moment and uh, take literally taking a deep breath mm-hmm. and calming yourself down. And um, we were talking a lot about the midnight gospel. Um, and I forgot the, what's the guy's name? We were David talking about Nitzstern. the... David Nitzscher, the meditation yeah. master. Um, yes. Buddhist he talks about, Zen master. He talks about guru. three really. He talks about three really basic principles. Um, I have the quote from the show because it like it gives me chills every time he says it. He says, mm-hmm. um, "Here are three ba- basic principles we can just at least check out. The first one is silence, giving you room to listen. Oh yeah. Second one is stillness, giving you room to feel. And the third one is spaciousness." just giving you room and at, like especially I, I feel like I sound like a weirdo saying it but when, no. when I hear it, 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 it gives me chills like it's just, well, you it's think just about, beautiful that that's no, just the purest form sorry it's just really the purest form of meditation just being there in the moment being silent being still and yeah. just kind of being open and just breathing mm-hmm. and it's not easy it's not like it's not like you can just sit there and clear our mind instantly it's hard yeah. it, that's why i i've been struggling with it recently I, you get off track and you forget to do it and mm-hmm. it's not easy just to sit there with your feelings and your thoughts it's hard yeah no that's for sure i think like i was telling i've, I've mentioned it before and i was talking about it before this podcast too is that i got this app um waking up highly recommend it to people you if you can't afford it uh you can get free you can get the free account um and if you can, then I think it's $8 a month with hours and hours of content of different things, of lessons and conversations with different uh, thinkers and Buddhist teachers and uh, meditation teachers and teachers of, of uh, stoicism and different philosophies, but also practices. And then there's also, also the practice itself and there's meditating 
There's different forms is, of is meditating. This, is this episode sponsored by the Waking Up? Sponsored by wa- Sam. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying I'm saying more like yeah, I'm just where checking. I'm where <laughs> it's it's true. I'm I just, just basically checking. explained the whole thing, but really no, it's, a, that, it's a it's a good app. It sounds no, good. I mean I I yeah, that's not really the point I'm trying to make. Though is more that I getting myself. Like I've known about mindfulness. I've known about meditating. I've done it and here and there over the years. Yeah, you hear about it. You hear about it and you always hear like, oh, it's great, but you got to do it to really know. And that was it. Just like like, anything. It's just doing it and committing yourself and really investing your your mind into becoming, sitting with your thoughts, sitting with your feelings and and sitting with your physical self in a a silent room, in a room with noise. Um, And Sam Harris, he kind of talks throughout the sessions and he'll, um, he'll give you concepts to think about ideas. Like he talks about the idea of like headlessness is kind of something. There's a book called on having no head by Douglas Harding. And it's this concept that um, you kind of, when you see the world, you, I am not explaining it the best, but it's kind of seeing the world around you. You never actually see your head. And it's kind of the feeling that yeah. your consciousness is obviously stems from the brain, but is every is also when it's the the idea of getting out of your own head. There's a lot of people that kind of think they are inside of their head rather than being their head, being their, being everything about themselves. And it kind of lets you be like fully open to all experience. Um, And so other things like that, where there's um, kind of flushing your mind, this thing that doesn't use that terminology, but it's like flushing everything out and just going, breathe and then you go in out and that's all you're thinking about for a while and then you kind of get in that rhythm and then you 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 can become aware of your visual field you can open your eyes you can also have your eyes closed with your visual field it's still there yeah. you still have your I, eyes yeah. acting so I, it's all this I, different I, stuff i struggle a little bit with um meditating with my eyes open mm-hmm. um i have to get there but yeah it's not easy i think um when i was when it, I'm yeah doing no it, it, it's just a, it's just a whole nother. I mean, it just speaks to how like how difficult such a simple thing yeah. is. But even like doing it five minutes a day, no matter how hard it is, you really. I've noticed like, it's, it sounds kind of it, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but like when I'm meditating, I wake up in the morning, and I take a shower and I drink water and I brush my teeth and I stretch and that's the first thing I do every day. When I'm not yeah. meditating, I wake up and I'm like, what do I have to do today? And like, I quickly snap out of it and I have a fine day. It's whatever, but like, it's very, it's very, it's noticeable. Yeah. It's just being, being aware of like, we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Like, this is kind of a random connection, but like, we're the only beings on this planet that really like, as far as we know, like really think about, like we talk are about aware thinking. That we yeah, are aware. Like, we think about That's talking how. and talk yes. about thinking. Yes. Um, and the idea that we're the only ones can do that, like just waking up every day and appreciating that mm-hmm. waking up every day. And like, um, I connected a lot with, I think about my brother, you know, Cooper, um, yeah. has severe mental and physical disabilities, but like, it sounds kind of weird, but like literally I was, I was watching a commercial for, I don't know what it was, but it was, it was someone with disability. It was the ESPN thing. And it was, um, someone with down syndrome, uh, was a manager of a basketball team and they let him play and he scored a basket and I immediately started crying mm-hmm. and and literally literally it sounds weird but the first thing I started did I got on the floor and I did 20 push-ups mm-hmm. and I was like in tears thinking about my brother because I was like it's it sounds so stupid but it's like 
just like appreciating what you physically can do. Yeah. Like it, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that sounds stupid, but no, I, I just, I just think like there's something about appreciating what, what we literally can do. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, that's some, I guess people call that trite. They, because it's, it's yeah. like an overly, it's like an oversimplification of, of um, an overused uh, kind of idea of like thinking it's the simple things. It's, we've talked about this before. I mean, with psychedelics, it's, it's just seen with people. There's a feeling of just, Oh, duh. Why would I do that? If this, yeah. and it just, it's, it's the same thing with in meditation, it's your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions. You think of them as like, I'm angry right now. Why am I angry? Oh, there's yes. no reason to be angry. And it's just like that. That's it. Oh, it's it's so easy. And you, when you start thinking about emotions um, in these lessons, Sam Harris always freaking digs into them. I'm like, these are so insightful and they're four minutes long or something. And he just talks about um, like just stepping. It's in, I don't want to paraphrase his words, but in, for my, what I gather from it is like stepping away from, from every single part that, uh, every single thought that is not in your control. You don't think the thoughts you, you have, they start, they come from somewhere, but you don't actually go like, all right, I'm going to think this thought, not this thought. It's like, once it's in yes. your head, you're thinking it, it's in, it's, you're falling into that trap. So becoming aware of those thoughts of becoming aware of your mind. That's the biggest one about mindfulness. Is this like, is, you understand your mind. You understand how it functions. You understand how, where things are coming from, why they come and how to get rid of them and also how to change them. You can look at maybe you spontaneously get angry because someone criticizes you. You turn it around and say, but just keeps answering the question. And it's stuff like, it's yes. just, it's, you know, obviously we're emotional beings and people are going to have irrational behavior because we're human beings and we have emotions, but this allows you the moment to, say and think like all right i'm just here now that's, that's dude fine. i i'm really glad you said that I, I think this is like one of the most um under i don't know if this is a word even but the most underrealized things about meditation is that mm -hmm. someone someone we love to listen to both of us uh duncan trussell he talks about um meditating kind of helps you accept that you're not as connected to your thoughts as you think you are. And the fact that in a world where we're all, I'm, we were talking about it earlier, I'm guilty of it more than anyone. I'm on Twitter all the time, tweeting yeah. nonsense, tweeting shit about politics, tweeting shit about movies, whatever. But pardon, sorry, my language. <laughs> we're trying to keep a PG Neeks episode. <laughs> PG-13. PG-13. But um, it's just interesting, like, in a world where we're always on our phone all the time, we're always looking at what other people are doing. We're always learning new information, whether it's new, whether it's real yeah. or not, or memes or whatever. Yeah. And you go to bed at night and you start meditating and you're thinking about all this nonsense, all this randomness. And it's like, you kind of learn to accept that you're not that attached to all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. You're just, we're just all here trying to move through our day, just like everyone else. Yeah. And, um, and there's don't, no reason. Don't worry. Don't worry about what you're thinking about. about you know it. what I mean? Yeah. That's perfect. Don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. Could just end exactly. it right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's in a family guy. Yeah. yeah. He said it. Uh -huh. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it's but, there's some there's an element of of talking about meditation that is a bit of we talked about it a bit like signaling, 
Um, we talked about yeah. we talked about in different sense, but in this sense, like talking about meditation and then really not committing yourself to it is always something exactly. that, I'm, that I'm guilty of that. Exactly, and I I felt I I could be, but I feel like I'm also pretty with considering the circumstance. Like I have no, you're doing well I, right now. My yeah. free time is really committed to being in the apartment because of COVID situation and stuff. Yeah. So I have a lot of time to think and do these these moments, but I also have work eight hours of the day, no, nine but, hours of the day. Yeah, so it's, it's exactly what we were talking about at the beginning. Like saying you don't have time to do it is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I have time to do it, but yes. I don't do it every day. Exactly. You choose. It's a choice. And, and like, I'm really glad that we had this conversation today and we're going to continue to because I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to keep doing it. Yeah. Just literally like it, it, like it's like we were talking about signaling, like, it it sounds stupid, but it literally it just helps. Five minutes a day, it just be, it mm-hmm. just makes you feel better. They, it's that's like the, yeah. it's like if you're if your doc, if, I don't understand people say like your doctor says take like vitamin C pills every day, and you'll feel better. It's like, well, oh. why why wouldn't you eat an orange every day then? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, like I just I just think that like. I don't know. That was a kind of random. Comparison. No, this is, <laughs> it, there's a difference there. There's a couple of delineations between like a, a prescription or an item prescription, but a doctor's order. And yeah, and I'm a, I'm a, we can get but, into this. I'm a big, I'm a big anti-vitamin conspiracist. Really? Yeah. I'm not, I, a, I wasn't thinking about that one necessarily. I think well, <laughs> before we get into that, I was thinking more like this, the differentiation between telling someone to meditate virtue signaling in that sense. And also telling us a, a patient to take vitamin C. I think um, I would say that meditation is a more kind of like what I talk about with psychedelics is that there's a broad covering um, uh, application to it. That isn't just for one disorder, one disease, one uh, issue. It applies and helps you in in a hundred different ways. And this is with meditation is that if you may have, this can be a cure to some people, if they truly are committed to the, yeah. to the treatment that they will receive for, by themselves, you think you, you're not as shitty of a person when you're mindful of yourself because you are just fine with how consciousness it's obviously, I'm not at that wavelength, but I, I know what it sounds like. I can yeah, kind of yeah. understand where they're coming from. I would love, I would love to feel how they feel, no, but dude, I, there's, there's still a difficulty there. Yeah, no, I um I love that you bring this up because um how you talk about like how you get introduced to meditation because and you talk about like it can really be a healing thing for people. I I went I started going to a new doctor in the past two years, and um I don't want to get too into it, but um I've had some problems in my family related to drugs, so I never wanted to have pills in my house like that were attributed to me sure. um and as i got into college i started realizing that's not a problem anymore and i need to take care of myself and so i went to my doctor about anxiety and depression and he told me straight up like you were saying there's two options you can take pills or you can i, I forget um what he called it. it was like psychological or physiological or there's a de- delineation he cbt made type them. stuff cognitive behavioral stuff there in a therapeutic uh, sense I, yeah i don't remember exactly what he said but he was he's saying you can take pills or you can he literally told me you can meditate the book we had, we had the book we were talking about earlier the naked buddha he told me to buy the naked buddha yeah. read it, 
and get that app, not the app you got, I have an app called the Insight Timer, which is very similar, just a lot of guided meditations. I listen to Jack Cornfield, freaking legend. Yeah, he's a very he's calming, a cool um, talks about like just being present. Um, but I, I mean, I also started taking anxiety medication a little bit, but it, I like, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking medication. I think there's a stigma in this country against taking medication because we have a problem with opioids, which is very real. bad. I'm not going to like very bad and very real, especially not in our mar- area of Maryland, but in Baltimore, it's very bad in Ohio where some of our friends go to school. It's very bad. Um, and I think the, st- the stigma behind getting help is really bad because there's not enough people getting the right kind of help. And I think that's something our country needs to work on in a very yeah. significant way. Yeah. Uh, well, I was telling you about the book I was reading. I, I finished finally <laughs> after months. It was uh, How to Change Your Mind. And in this book, yeah. they talk about um, more specifically mental health. I mean, I guess that, is, that covers uh, drug addiction as well. Because yeah, there is a there is a definitely a lot of um disorders. It's a that disease. Come from that. Yeah, it's a Addiction disease too. Is a disease. Exactly. So Addiction is a disease. Depression is a disease as well. So those two things Absolutely. are connected in the way that it's a phys- it's a neurological issue, and that there's a way of thinking. There's a there's a series of connections that you've made to objects, uh, substances. Um, people, whatever it may, may be, you could, you could be addicted to a lot of things. You can be really, uh, I guess you could be I, a filiac of that type. I truly, I mean, I truly, sorry to interrupt you, but I Go truly ahead. think, I think that's a really valiant point. I think everyone is addicted to something. If you really think about it, um, people are addicted to shopping, people are addicted to, I mean, I don't want to generalize Their phones. Some rich, rich people are addicted to phones. Some rich guys are addicted to going out and golfing, getting away from their wives or addicted to literally cocaine <laughs> like, there's there's all to, kinds people, of things that do an people, excess every single people are addicted to gambling on sports like pe- people video games everything. movies everyone, television everyone has, everyone has an escape and i think that it's about finding one that is healthy and productive and most importantly doesn't harm you or the people around you yeah because i think as long as what you're doing doesn't harm the people around you or yourself yeah. why is there any reason it's like what we were that? talking about talking about earlier with um psychedelic plants it's like these from a chemistry perspective like these are this is nature creating these beautiful crazy fantastic molecules that can do stuff to people's brains that nobody even understands mm-hmm. and you're telling people that you can't eat a plant yeah that like don't tell sense. me to not have a salad what are you talking like, about i i, I understand i am I understand not making heroin. I understand not producing cocaine out of a flower, out of what, what a, I don't even remember what I haven't watched know. Narcos in a while, but <laughs> um, like, but like, you're going to tell me you can't eat. I've never taken peyote, but you're going to tell me you can't eat, eat a, a cactus. cactus? <laughs> Why not? What? Why the fuck not? Mescaline, I think is also some sort of, um, yeah, no, me- mescaline, yeah. mescaline comes from um, like a pumpkin peyote, looking type or peyote. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's it, ayahuasca is a, a plant. Pumpkin, it's a pumpkin looking cactus with a flower on top. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ayahuasca um, is also a plant and so are, freaking dmt grows out of freaking on us it exists in us but it also exists in um ayahuasca and it also exists in a toad uh and i can't remember what yeah and 
exter- some external gland. So stuff like that. Those are natural existing substances. Mushrooms. Mushrooms grow on the ground. Yeah. Marijuana. <laughs> Marijuana. Grows on this beautiful earth. Yeah. And obviously people will argue like those are grown. It's like, yeah, but they existed already. India had them thousands of yeah. years ago. Egypt hundreds of thousands. Thousand Egypt had them. Years ago. Yeah. And they... And the fact that it's something that now is like, that'll kill you. It'll drive you nuts. And, yeah, but, right. but going back, going back to meditation, there's something about meditation in our society that is like, it looks at it like, mm, like, mm, I don't know the, the specific thing, but it's, it's like, we like it, but we don't, we're not going to avidly, it's not like sports, you know, sports, you know, we don't commit to it. People don't commit them. to it. Yeah. People there's no, there's no it. like. There's no so sense I've, of togetherness in that in that movement of I've, meditation. I have, an, I, have an interest, I have an interesting take on this, and it's um, Duncan Trussell talked a little bit about it on this pod, one of his podcasts with Aubrey Marcus. But um, it relates a little bit. Obviously, meditation and psychedelics are not the same thing. But um, there's a psychedelic about state. How, that's for sure. A little bit, yeah, absolutely. That's a but lot of people they're, describe. They're, they're, um, but I was just trying to say that um, on the podcast they talk about how. Um, here, I got to go to the bathroom. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. <laughs> don't worry about it. I, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Something about no. Aubrey Marcus and Dr. Yeah. Russell. Yeah, well, I guess um, what we last were addressing was more like the um, social stigmas and the, oh, well, I was saying more on meditation, it's kind of hard to describe the category that, cause there's no specific categorization of meditation. Cause you think about no one actually says that I know at least that I've heard about talking about meditating. No one's ever said that's bad for you. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, I've never heard anyone say that. It's usually just been, sure. eh, that's pretty cool. Good for you. I'm glad, whatever. There's never a negative approach to it. Now that doesn't mean that people don't think but no one, I've never seen an attitude be so, so like, eh, that's fine. But no one's like, hey, go. I mean, a lot of, actually, don't get me wrong. That movement's changed a lot. So there's a lot more people invested in it. But there's still a majority of like regular living people who just don't consider it as a possibility to help them change their lives in a yeah. impressive way. So, that, so that's exactly what um, I remember what I was talking about before I okay. had to use the restroom. Um, yeah um how meditation and psychedelics are kind of similar in the way that like um Aubrey Marcus talks about how like corporate entities mm-hmm. and um things like uh the government or the army they don't really want people taking psychedelics because it makes you think about what you're doing so they're talking about like why wouldn't yeah. oh, they're having a conversation stuff, yeah. about they're having a conversation about why wouldn't you give soldiers if like they were doing stuff in the sixties like MK Ultra they were trying to learn mind control with yeah. passive. why wouldn't you give it to soldiers to try to get them to like work as a group like that's what you think about when people take talk about shrooms like you you feel a sense of interconnected yeah exactly so why wouldn't you want your squadron to work like that and then. Duncan chimes in. He's like, "Well, because when you look that fucking Taiwanese kid in the face, and you're holding an AK up to him, you're like, holy shit! Why am I doing this? Why? Why am I about <laughs> yeah. to shoot this kid? It makes you. It makes like, you. And so kind of think about the individual. So ob- obvious, obviously, psychedelic is a more extreme version of that. But we were talking about why why meditation hasn't really caught on as like 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 a like a 
not a cool thing to do, but like why a lot of people aren't doing it and like advocating for it because you start getting too self-conscious about what you're doing in a positive way. You start realizing the bad things you're doing and you don't (laughs) want to be part of a corporation that's using little kids in Asia to build iPhones or you don't want to work for a apartment company that's gentrifying dc and putting people out of their homes like yeah um that's a big thing about interesting obviously it's a little um extreme but it's just an interesting concept well it's it's definitely big and um you see like there is an interesting thing of like where uh uh kind of ideologies come from and um how they start and how a lot of them can be from from uh religion for the most part. And then there's kind of, now there's a lot of atheistic approaches and deterministic and more these ideologies that come from just people, not from us. I mean, they all, all come from people. Don't get me wrong, but like religion is considered to come from a higher power. Um, and there's kind of a, um, thing about, I, I kind of, that I was thinking about, um, when we were talking about religion earlier and, um, and also where ways of thought come from, and like kind of that um, you actually described them. And I thought of the word as just now is like, they were sent they're sanct people that you've seen except for you were saying and some Christianity, cause that's the kind of the most we interact with. There's a bit of sanctimoniousness in it. They feel they're just, it's condescending pretentious type. It's where there's just like a, yeah. there's a moral the, the, authority. The, yeah. Moral authority is good. The, the best term I like to use for it is holier than now. Yeah. Um, they kind of project, uh, I, I, I don't want to generalize because I know plenty, I have family members that are Catholic yeah, and Christian, I have plenty too, of friends yeah. that are Catholic and Christian and they're great people. Um, but, but it, it it's not groups. exclusive to just some Catholics. It's exclusive. It's happens with plenty of different kinds of people. Of just religions. the, the yeah. idea that the idea for any reason religious or moral or otherwise that, that you should look down on a, some a way that someone else is living their life, especially if you're not close enough to approach them in a way that's like constructive as a friend. Yeah. If you're trying yeah. to approach them as just to look down on them. Yeah. That's, that's absurd. That's that ridiculous. Is, I, I agree. Um, if, if you, if you can't, if you can't at least try to be constructive in your criticism, um, there's no reason to be no reason. talked to. I mean, but I'm, I'm guilty of it. I go on Twitter and we all are get mad at people for, not liking certain movies more than other movies like (laughs) but it's it's not even it's not even like um that there's also the element of well actually no it is really that it is coming to but it's 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 not as easy as uh we kind of make it out to be and it's like the the constructiveness has to be um comes from a place of emotion not in saying that they're emotional but that they're aware of their emotions they're like all right i don't like this guy why don't I like this guy? Yeah. Cause he lives a different life from me. Okay. Well, if I'd rather not, I'd rather like this guy than not like this guy. So what am I going to do when you do anything? When you meet someone, you adjust a bit, you adjust yourself yeah. so that you're not giving your full hatred and your full truth because <laughs> that doesn't help anyone. And then no one wants to listen to you. And so with that, they, if, if there comes like, that's the great thing about the United States that we've seen, obviously it doesn't ring true a hundred percent, but we've seen it largely. <laughs> is like, we have a game. 
The game is this, the, there are certain laws and ways of living. And obviously there's flaws to it, but it's probably the best one that's ever definitely. come about. It's definitely the best one that's come around though. And that New is Zealand's something that where well. there's a construction, huh? New Zealand. <laughs> I'm, just New Zealand. New Zealand, New Zealand. I'm thinking about moving to New Zealand. They're doing pretty hot. <laughs> they, just, but, they just elected their first ever, they've like their Native American tribe is the Maori. Yeah, they elected Maori, like a yeah. Maori chief of like defense or something. It's pretty sick. Sorry to I cut see. you off. No, I'm that's just... fine. But I'm saying like New Zealand in, there's there's also like obviously very conservative and not conservative as in like conservatively grounded in the way that they they budge they they won't move in from that no, ideology and and it's it's easy they're on, they're on a small island with a limited number of people. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't yeah. trying to discredit. Yeah. No, I wasn't no, no, trying no. to discredit what you were saying at all. Amer- America has yeah. done a a great job and we though our whole country originally at the time in 1776 although it seems horrible that the majority of people were racist and slave owners and it's horrible don't get me wrong but at the time our country is built on religious freedom which was something that yeah. no other country had done exactly um, and but that's and, and that's kind of what i was saying is like we have the, a, we still have a lot of work yeah, to do but 100%. We've, we've done a decent job I agree. We, we have to recognize that there's always up. There's always, always, always ways to yeah. not just our country, but our there's society. Just different, I, I wouldn't say up. I should say like around, up, around. And it's because it's just, there's not one direction to a, a thing. It's I not think, up I or think down. It's I think it's everywhere. There's a kind of a multifacetedness I, to it. There's a multi-dimension. Yeah, it's not, it's not one dimensional. Yeah. I mean. But I was going to say. With, I, think, I, think, I think the biggest thing societally is at least is just acceptance. And I think that comes to play with meditation, like acceptance Listening, of yourself and acceptance becoming of your aware, thoughts. yes, being present. But like just with acceptance people. of other people. Like, yeah. like people get people get so offended by stuff today, and you have the right to be offended by whatever you want. But also, it's like people get mad that like people have whatever pronouns they want, and it's like I understand if you don't want to go around learning every single random person's pronouns that you ever meet. But if one of your friends is feels like they identify as a certain way and they don't come treat them like say, shit hey why the fuck are who the fuck are you to tell them they're not allowed to feel however the fuck they want that's the stupidest shit i've ever heard it's not it's, i don't it's think, not i don't think there's no i don't think no you, you should i don't think you should have to learn if if you say hello to some random person on the street and accidentally say like i guess you wouldn't even use a pronoun so that was a bad example but like you don't have to learn every single random person's pronoun but if someone you care about cares enough that they come to you and tell you that they feel a certain way about anything pronoun religion whatever like i just think it's ridiculous to look down on someone it's just about acceptance and well i think i think it's more than just acceptance because you can accept something but still have the bitter feelings you can still have those feelings they exist so it's it's a little bit but it's acceptance in a different way yes it's about it's about a listening environment it's about um, valuing the things that matter. That's a big thing too. For example, you just mentioned these pronouns. They don't not like, they don't not matter, but they're also not the thing that is the biggest focus. Most, in your, it's it not shouldn't the be, biggest, it's, it's not, not the a biggest important. issue. It's also not something that should be imposed upon either people either. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, There's I a agree. Mixture of the, the two. This is, this is how I think about it. It's like, it's not the biggest issue in society, but for individual people, yeah, that and like you said, it's your their friend. biggest exactly. issue. And if that's their biggest issue in their life at that time, 
you need to respect that and be fucking kind to them and be there for it's them. it's not even it's not even that it's it's like what we talk about with compromise and this commod uh um, compromise compromising but also um accommodating it's accommodating for your friend that's what you do you don't just say ah, i don't like that fuck you it's not one thing that's yeah, not a friend dude. anymore it's you know what that, i'm saying that, it become it comes from a, a place of because those your friends change you that's a thing yeah i've learned from you and you probably have some, hopefully have learned a bit from me Absolutely. from our conversations so that is something that i'm going to grow from and I'm going to change. I may not change in a huge, massive way, but with something like um, having having these pronouns or having um, an identification that that may not be what originally was thought. It's like, oh, okay, and then it, it doesn't change anything about that person. Yeah, exactly. Just because you think exactly. that you, just because you believe that you are a, uh, I guess I don't know what the, if you feel, let's say, you Dude, feel that you is- are in the in the wrong gender. It's not that. Um, the, those people are just going to say, oh, well, now you have all the tendencies of a stereotypical um, person it, of the opposite gender. Like, they just, no, you're still the same person you were. I mean, you'll have a little different, be, but you, I don't think the act no. of being a friend will change. Dude, literally think about it like this. Like, if, this is the way I think about it. If you're, if you're someone's friend and they came to you and said they wanted to change your pronoun, like, if, if you came to me and said you wanted to be called she and her, versus you came to me and said you were a penguins fan i'd be more mad at you if you said you were a penguins fan because i that chose in, that. that that inconveniences me way more yeah. one because you chose it and two because fuck the penguins <laughs> am i right yeah but no, but, wrong, but but so. but my my analogy stands with with sport teams in general like we're, we're so invested in sports and shit it's like who cares what someone identifies is like that is so important to them yeah. and it's so irrelevant to you so why do you yeah. care well, a Why problem, so a problem that arises with it is feel- that it's, it's, um, it applies to a big ideology. So, and identity politics is a huge part. We haven't really talked about this, but the, yeah. the fact that like, if you are this person, this kind of person who didn't choose to be that kind of person, it just ended up happening Absolutely. from situations. Um, that's something people you should with. vote for someone you believe these things. And that's fucking, that's a, that's something that is a problem because it is real, but it shouldn't be. There's no reason yeah. that you should just tag yourself on with the train of the same type of people. Like for example, yeah, so, all white people, this, and it's like, hang on. It's like, no, yeah, I like I, my own way of thinking with this multifaceted of different applying yeah. different things that I've learned. I it's think, not, I think it's that's not really, a fun sim- simplification of people. I think identity politics is something really interesting. If you don't mind getting a little political real quick, I think, I think both, I'm going to, I'll mention both sides. I think, I think both sides did it. Biden was guilty of it when he was saying, um, like if, if, if if you ain't voting for me, then you ain't black or something like trying to like minimize people's vote down to their ethnicity is Mm -hmm. like fucking absurd every every person of every ethnicity is in a different situation and then on the other side i mean i'm down in miami at school florida went to trump because he convinced all the cuban i mean i don't want to generalize but he convinced a lot of cuban cuban immigrants that biden was a socialist and coming from cuba how are you gonna vote for a socialist I understand that. That'd it be scary as shit. Just so, I know what you're saying. It's part of it because that's like kind of but the left. A lot of people, that's what he's looking at. A lot of, peop- yeah. a lot of people in Dade County who come from Cuba are, are scared of 
going into a socialist regime, which is not which is not what I think the left is. I'm saying yeah. Trump did a good. I'm saying he, as a politician, he showed Trump the radical left job to, but to them. Yes. He proje- he projected that to them, and I'm not yes. saying it's true yeah. or false. That but as a politician, I, yeah. he did a good job of that. And you, I saw a lot of people that I personally, I don't want to get into personal politics too much, but I saw a lot of people that I thought personally were being negatively affected by Trump who were very adamant Trump supporters. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing. Um, also, I see people. It just also, happens. Yeah, no, it's I, so stupid. I, I see, hate that. I also see people. I also see people praising Biden like he's going to be the God. hero of our country. Yeah. He's not. I just think he's literally one tiny step in the right he's direction. He's a president. He doesn't hold the not, leader of culture. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I, I will. I will not be voting for him in 2024. Um, I think he just needs to do a decent job of getting everyone to take a deep breath. And be mindful. <laughs> and be, be, just try it's to so take simple. care. We need a sense of it's community. Such a weird in the thing. Yeah, we need a absolutely. sense of community. I feel like we've lost that a lot. Like even yeah. like with social media and stuff. Like we're all inside on our phones, on t- watching TV. Like it's weird to go and ask your neighbor for if they have milk, if you can borrow some milk. Yeah. Isn't that weird that that's you weird? You can't now? go up to them and have an interaction that's like, oh hey, how's it going? You You're good? Yeah, that's good. Like, this is that's why I love the idea of coming on here. Like what we were talking about, like as human beings, we're lucky enough to literally talk about thinking and think about talking. So why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Like why wouldn't you just explore everything you possibly can? It's part of our nature. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I've I mentioned really this before. Beautiful thing you're doing here. Yeah, it's, it's I'm I'm happy to be doing it. Um, but one thing that uh. I've thought about too with this is like tagging on, like I was saying, you tag on to one identity politics, you tag on to one person, you tag on to an ideology. And so there's the problem going back to, cause I, I don't want to just shit on people because I don't think I'm in the position of like changing people's minds. So I also want to see from no, their side absolutely. and a big problem that people, for example, who are on the, let's say, for example, I mean, there's a, this is generalization, but I think for them, it's probably for the most part true that more transgender people are on the left than on the right. And so, and people who identify as they, them, that's probably true. I don't think that's a hot take. Um, and so someone on the right who has a friend on the left becomes transgender. There's something about that. Seeing, like I was talking about seeing both sides. I've talked about this on the podcast numerous times. I, I'm tired of how simple it is, but it's just an analogy. That's true. It's like you have a shovel, you're standing on two pieces of grass. You have a shovel or a ladder. If you grab the shovel and you get angry and you start crapping on them, you just start digging your hole. You're digging the hole. And the deeper you get in that hole, the, the, you're seeing less and less of what that side actually has and what has to offer and what's being, what's being shown to you in the right way. And you get so deep to a point, you don't even know what you're yelling at anymore, but you're still <laughs> shitting on them. Or mm-hmm. you, you get out, you grab the ladder, you climb over, and then as, as you get on flat land again, you can look down and see the whole landscape and make an actual informed decision. And that's something that um, has happened on social media. It happened with the, um, the election this year. It's happened with um, uh, different issues between gender issues, race issues, uh, I guess, immigration, uh, women's issues. All these issues have become like 
all right, if you do this, then this. There's a there's like a, a transitive property that's being thrown into all these to all these identities and ways of thinking. And no one who is an actual free thinker is stuck to a every sit. For example, no one on the Democratic Party is like every single thing that the Democrats believe I stand with. It's like no, that is yeah. so hard to do. Christianity, Islam. All these religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, I always mention those too, like South American religion, um, religion, all these different ones. There's the devout ones don't tend to really flow with society. And that's something sick about being human. We're so multidimensional yeah. that we apply our own life experiences into our uh are, are into our ways of thinking into and into, yeah, into our into beliefs, that, into our belief system. So it's, it's, yeah, weird, I, it's weird that that relationship between dogma and, um, and people with yeah. regards to specific. Um, yeah. Ideals. It's really interesting. You bring up all those religions. Cause um, we were talking a little bit earlier about like uh, Ricky Gervais talking about atheism mm -hmm. and um, he talks about how, there are all these religions, these thousands of religions, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, even like the pagan gods, the Greek gods, Egyptian gods, the Norse gods. And he's like, as a atheist, I just believe in one less than Christians. Christians don't believe in all those other gods. I just believe in one less. And I think that that's like, it really translates to what you're talking about, incorporating everything in life into your belief system. Like atheism isn't, like uh not a, all atheists believe the same thing yeah. it's just like a not a question of like there's a base yeah no do, but not entirely like, yeah but um you can't get a hundred percent of the same people yeah yeah i know what you're saying yeah i just think it's interesting like incorporating everything in life like i don't know i don't i don't want to shit on well religion, it's well I like i have has a lot of moral value i think yeah i think yeah. i grew up religious i wear a cross Kodak wrote a song about me. We're Jesus peace, but I don't believe in Jesus um, necessarily. But it's, I think that, it's that's more... where the agnostic comes in. I don't know. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I don't know. But, man. I don't, but, <laughs> but that, that's why, that's why I claim atheism because I'm open. I openly say, I don't know, but I think it's, I think it's ridiculous to think that, you know, even a little bit. Yeah. To think, like, you know, is where like, I'm like, Hmm. This no. is, this is where, where, um, I might get hate for this, but this is where like psychedelics come into play. Like, I was watching. Um, Whatever you're gonna I was say. watching. <laughs> oh, God, I was watching Hamilton. I was, I was watching Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia, and he went to meet this guy who takes peyote quite often, and um, he's a Native American, and I'm not exactly sure where he's from. I think he might have been a um, Native Central American. Um, down in uh, Mexico or Ecuador or something like that. I'm not certain. I think but... Mexico's North America, technically. But I get what oh, you're saying. Shit, you're it's right. Southern <laughs> Mexico, I guess. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. The... But yeah. um, and and he was taught. He was. It was just very interesting hearing him talking about his religion that he believes in is based off of a cactus, peyote that you eat. You can consume it. You can feel it. You can touch it. You can experience it. And he's like, what are what what are all the <laughs> the way he said it was funny. He's like, what is Jewish based on? What is Christian based on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a book. A he's book. Like, can and... you eat a book? Can you can you <laughs> who wrote who wrote the book? Yeah. Can, do you, can you see them? Can you talk to them? 
Yeah. And it's just interesting. Um, not that I believe in the peyote religion, um, but it's just interesting, like what we were talking about earlier, where belief systems come from yeah. Yeah. and how they originate. And um, it's interesting to me um, because obviously someone wrote those religious books and there's value to that. Um, but it's just interesting trying to, how do I say this? Trying to understand the truth of stuff, not just yeah. in like relig- delineating, books, yeah, not just religious books, but stuff. Even I think about this with our own constitution. I'm going to get railed by for this, but I think it's kind of silly that we follow. Uh, not that there aren't there isn't value to our constitution because our country was founded on religious freedom, but um, the idea that we follow a book or a set of uh, rules, a scripture, by, a dogma. By, written by people authority, 400 authority. years ago 400 years ago yeah, no, all yeah. white men they were yeah. all slave owners and they wrote it with a feather bro literally yeah literally I heard that, yeah. they wrote it it with has a feather. probably like, done the best but it go, is still no, but, easily but, the thing but, that needs to change no, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it what, what, no what I'm saying yeah, i agree exactly it needs to be you. changed i'm agreeing with you there's, yes, yes. No, no 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 it's all good I'm, I'm like that was written at a time where where it took two minutes to shoot a gun twice <laughs> literally it's, bro it's shit like you, that. you shot that yeah. thing you had to unfold it unfold, you had to get the yeah, giant yeah, yeah. iron pillar out you had to put the gunpowder in you had to get a, a bullet on there stuff that shit in there fold it back up cock it whatever man it, it takes like, a while yeah i understand being able to this talk, we were talking about mixed martial arts a little bit earlier i understand wanting to learn how to defend yourself i think it's Mm, I'm gonna get real for this one too. I think it's cowardly to exclusively try to defend you. Exclusively try to defend yourself with a weapon. Yeah, I think there's certain um, people I think obviously should, that I they think can't. It, They're just too no, heavy. Exactly. So immobile. Exactly. So yeah. so it it, co- it comes to what we were talking about earlier: doing what you can and, do. Mm-hmm. If you, if if you can, and it, we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about police officers a little bit earlier before we started too, like like teaching people to do things in a way that is safe not just for the people that they're detaining because they are potential criminals in some situations yeah yeah but in a way that's safe for them because no cop wants to pull a gun on someone and then go to jail for doing that mm-hmm. like safe if, for you both can parties. Te- if you can exactly if you can teach people how to make themselves feel comfortable in situations and they can be safe for themselves mm-hmm. and the people they're detaining. Yeah. Not just not just police officers, but in general. No, it's just, just people think, who uh, have to be stepping into interactions that are tense I, and not I think pretty risky. I think it says something about self-confidence, too, how you can kind of like... Approach someone. I feel like... You I can think, direct a conversation in I, a way I, that is good. I don't think it's true about everyone. Like my, my father owns guns, but I, th- I think some people who own guns defend them because they're self-conscious about other things they can't they don't think they can defend themselves any other way yeah so i, I don't think that's true with everyone no i agree I'm with not that trying to generalize i just i yeah. just think um i think i think being self-confident in a way that's not it's not, not a fit, you know it's I mean? not something you did it's yeah, about yeah, yeah mindfulness it's about mindfulness yeah. it's about knowing what you can do and knowing yeah. what you can't do and admitting that yeah because there's a there's a there's a um, prayer that um, um, addicts say in um, AA, 
but I think it's um, may God give me the strength to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, the thing is, um, guns. I think, I think that applies some, to life. Yeah, no, it does apply not to life just, because not it's just religion. control the things you can control. But like the thing that got kind of the counter argument because I've I actually just listened to a fantastic episode of uh, this guy uh, Colion Noir who uh, he's, he was on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast okay. and he has his own show and um, he's a pretty, uh, pretty controversial guy because he's a gun rights activist. He's a lawyer. Uh, okay, he works at the NRA and he, they talk about like the addiction. Like once you shoot a gun, there's, there's a point where you shoot enough times. It just, it's, there's like this raw feeling that you can't describe hey, of just like, holy fun. shit. And I that's shot, and that's something fun, that you dude. can't. Yeah, I'm not exactly. Act like it's not. It's I've fun. I have I've did it once and I don't remember, so I don't have the actual experience. But like I I don't deny that that feeling is something irrefutable. So that's but something to, that goes to, in like that's just pure gun lover, just shooting absolutely. on a range, but shooting at shit. To 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 me, there's a there's a there's a way to do that. Like I think everyone can do that with skeet shooting, and a shotgun. Yeah. Like if if you have a two barrel shotgun that can only shoot twice before you reload, like I think that's great for self defense. Well, actually, that's I don't, interesting. I don't know why you address that argument. He addresses that I don't argument know, interestingly. In that, I don't know why you talk. You can talk about it in a second, but yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah. know why you need it. I don't know why anyone needs an automatic. Or I mean, obviously, I don't know. Just no, like, he he addresses the stuff. It's pretty interesting how I've, he addresses it. I have family it. members. I have family members that have AR-15s to go shoot on ranges, and like, yeah, it's, like it's cool to shoot, to shoot yeah. it. But like, people have them because you can. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, the that's kind of the beauty of it. That's the interesting way of like yeah, framing. I mean, I'm like, God damn, that's pretty okay. That's intriguing. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's it's exactly what I was talking about earlier. Though that's what the beauty of this country doing whatever you can. I mean, yeah. There has to be some so it constraints. Goes both ways. My yeah, it own, does. My it does. <laughs> but the 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 interesting thing that they address for one is like this. He not only is he someone who likes to shoot guns, he's also someone who feels that given. Um, I think if he has a pistol concealed with him, he feels very comfortable with it. I think it's cutting out. Unless you can hear me. Um, I can kind of hear you. Okay. Well, it's, he talks about the self-defense situation, but more like when he goes into uh, cities or uh, just specific places, he usually brings a gun with him just because he feels it's safer. And it's and something that happens to a lot of people, and this is how he says, like, obviously it's rational people, but rational gun owners is that they actually become super, like, hyper aware that they, what life is and how, gen, and how um, tender life can be and how it can be um incredibly limiting and with one pull of a trigger someone could die and you have that control now because you have that gun and it's like so you don't just think you can go shoot the shit with anyone you actually think i if there is heavy consequences to my actions if i want my consciousness to be thrown in a loop with having killed four people because of self-defense like rather than having that discussion with them right so there's there's a limit there there's obviously a constraint like you don't want to have some guy with a machine gun just sitting outside just railing but you don't also you also want to be able to give the opportunity to people who maybe aren't physically fit um just need a level or are are um you know controversial and and at this time i mean there's riots in dc i think 
That's what I've been hearing. There's fighting in DC. Like there's situations now where yeah, the, the, I, the escalation always... of energy and tension has has really gone to a point. And he was he talked about he, the podcast was in June, so this was um, kind of amidst this situation. Um, and so it's interesting. Yeah. Like I don't want to. I don't want to, I'm not, I don't say I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a gun rights activist. <laughs> I wouldn't say at all, but I wouldn't say also like guns are entirely, you know, there's no, re- at this point, there's no reason to not have, um, to not own guns. Now the, what you do with the gun is where that kind of becomes a, a problem to some people because like you shouldn't shoot someone yeah. because they don't deserve Obviously. it. But, <laughs> There's also like you can shoot on a range, you can go hunting, you can do these things that are constrained and they're fun, but they're constrained in a way that is safe. Yeah, the, but still kind of, it kind of, yeah, it kind of falls under what we were talking about earlier with um, moral particularism. Like, although I, I believe in like basic um, gun legislation to keep it safe i also believe like you should be able to shoot certain kind of guns and own certain kind of guns because i don't think there's any set situation for any moral principle like kind of like the trolley problem like you're on a trolley and it's gonna kill five people but if you pull the lever it'll only kill one person and then you start switching up that situation what if the five people are all have cancer and are going to die and or what if the one person is someone you know and the five people are people you don't know yeah and like it's just like there's no i know that's kind of i kind of got off on a tangent there but it kind of all relates to there's no one set of rules at least i'm a i'm a moral particularist like i don't think there's one set of rules that you can live your entire life by like there's there's always going to be one random situation in your life where nothing makes sense and you have to lie for good or you have to do something yeah or you're supposed to do something good and it feels wrong and, yeah you know what i mean that's what i like about religion i just, I just think that's an interesting concept yeah, and yeah no i totally agree to religion too. that's what i like about religion is that when you apply it in a particular circumstantial way a situational basically being situationally religious is kind of how it would be because you obviously apply real day-to-day experience with these this dogma um and you combine and you synthesize and that's becoming a I mean, free thinker it's the same fucking absolutely. stuff we're going in circles I, almost <laughs> no dude it's i mean just I, true. I think i think I think exactly what you said like being religious in certain situations is almost like what atheism is because atheism is just like I don't do you, like tell me if there's a god or not yeah there's a god can you prove it no, no. I can't okay well I don't believe I don't you. believe you but that doesn't yeah. mean that doesn't mean the set of principles that you live by like being kind to people and being loving and being nice to your neighbor that doesn't mean that's wrong yeah. There's yeah. certainly things that are positive in that. Like there are moral yeah. aspects to religion that are very, very, very positive. Yeah. And so to me, being an atheist is a little bit just like being religious in certain situations, like being a good Samaritan. Yeah. It just doesn't apply to religion. It's more about just moral philosophy. Yeah, I agree. And I was thinking about this, like conceptualizing kind of um, the, the following of certain religions. And kind of when you think about, if you look at like a graph, a line graph on, on, and kind of the Y axis were to be a commitment to a religion. And then the X axis is just time. And so as you go through time, I think commitment 
in society has dropped a lot. Interesting, uh, yeah. We're not entirely committed to the entire um, dogmatism of religion. We kind of have started synthesizing it with our, with our society in a way that has made it relatively more peaceful than it has been in the past years. But that doesn't mean that the dogma doesn't exist. And that's a problem that I have with, um, and that I think a lot of atheists do have as well, is that because you so, you're only letting yourself, um, and don't get me wrong, religion is also a basis for a lot of what morality comes from. So atheism actually comes Absolutely. from religion, but then says, wait, but no God. So it yeah, comes exactly. from, it's like, wait, exactly. but no God. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's like the same it's stuff. Like, it's just a basic human being. And just because it happened to be under religion that, that moral uh, philosophies come from doesn't mean that it's all under religion. Now it's just stemming exactly. from there, and then it's its own thing. It's separated. I mean, it's not separated. It's, it's intertwined in a way, but it did it. It's I, finding the right things, the things that make sense, and it's kind of cutting out. I think I think – I just realized this. Um, I think what we're talking about kind of stems back to what we were talking about, about um, the holier than thou thing. Like perhaps it's that some religious people can't really separate the fact that religion and moral philosophy can be separate because they're so aligned that their religion is their moral philosophy that like they can't comprehend that someone like me can have a moral philosophy without the religion. Yeah. That's a big problem. And I, I think that's, I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone. I hope I don't know anyone that looks down on me like that, but I think that's ridiculous to, to think that I think it's really condescending that a religious person might think that you can't have a sense of purpose or a, a sense of something yeah, greater self. in the universe yeah. without believing in, in a, a specific God. God. Yeah. It's like, what I'm not the saying f- there isn't some sort of, creational exists existential energy energy but i i I don't know what that thing is no one knows exactly what it is i don't i don't know if he sent someone to planet earth and i don't know if if they sent anything man yeah exactly there's more than one yeah jesus there's muhammad there's moses there's a bunch of different uh, not that moses is the son of god but you understand what i'm saying it's just there's also the gods in other religions. So there's a lot of that. Yeah. There's a lot of different. Thor like, and Odin. Thor yeah. and Odin were gods. Well, then also like Egyptian now gods. Marvel characters. Yeah. Egyptian, yeah. dude. Yeah. I love there's the Egyptian these... gods. Do you ever read? Um, you ever read the Cain Chronicles books? No, never. Never <laughs> heard of those. What is the guy that wrote? Um, what was his name Rick Riordan? The guy that wrote um, like the Percy Jackson books. Oh. oh. <laughs> he wrote like he wrote like an Greek? Egyptian version oh, of them. Yeah. Damn. I it's, he wrote like an Egyptian version, and I used to read those things. Really, like like Ra and Sekhmet and all the Egyptian gods. Yeah, I've Sek- heard about that. Actually, Sek- I heard a I heard an interesting um argument for polytheism, and it's that it's with 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 monotheism, you're kind of saying there's just this one guy who does everything ever, and there's no so you're giving one answer for everything. Rather, yeah. in a lot of polytheism, in most polytheistic religions, they Separate have a god answers. for freaking everything. Everything. Everything that yeah. there could be, so, there is a god for. That is how dude, so, like, vast it is. So Dun- Duncan Trussell talks about something like this on uh, an episode with Joe Rogan. He talks about, like, what if, what if these gods, like, 
either all like the Hindu gods for everything or the Greek gods for everything or like the Norse gods. Like what if it's Thor up there freaking making thunder and lightning happen and everyone's like, no, 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 no. It's the atmospheric pressure combining with the heat combined with the neurothor. Not that's just interesting concept. Like how much do we really know? Yeah. Everything. No, it does. It does. Um, that's something that religion kind of answers for you. Um, that's interesting. Like when you people uh, are also uh, very materialist in the way they think. So they, they'll tend to, to just say like, you can't prove it to me. It's kind of agnostic. is kind of what the materialist approach is. Um, but I think, I think what a religion can yeah. do is answer the mystical. And I talked about this actually earlier, like mushrooms and psychedelics, naturally occurring psychedelics are what the, if not the close, the closest, if not the, the thing that is kind of blurring the line between a spirituality kind of um, the metaphysical and the physical um, kind of science. So there's, and that's, inter- it's interesting because you think that um, when we like people or atheists, or no, I guess religious people who kind of look down upon atheist people uh, will say like, there is no. All right. You, you just, you just broke up for a second. Yeah, it broke up. It broke up pretty badly, kind of, because I could see it with so you. I, I just, Where was I, I want to make sure you're saying there. It, it, blur, it blurs the uh, psychedelics, kind of blurs the line between spirituality and science. Oh, and and science, and because there's um, well, because it's a growing thing. My, mushrooms, more specifically, I guess, is like the most the most diverse Absolutely. organism on the planet with numerous. Yeah, you're good. Just mute. <laughs> um, there's a series of um of different kinds of mushrooms occurring all over the world. And they all have these different applications. You can eat them and die. You can eat them and see things. You can see, eat them and have them for food and feel nutritious. You can eat them and get memory and nerve support like lion's mane. You can get um, recovery. There's all these different kinds I've been reading in this, in these books and magazines and listening to talks from Paul Stamets. And like, they talk about that these have scientific effects but they still invoke a sense of spirituality that is so outside of our realm of understanding. And that's something that religion kind of lets you do. And I mean, it's known that like a lot of religions actually are based on having used some sort of, some sort of naturally occurring substance in uh, a lot of like the visionary and revelational stuff. Um, And that's, it's interesting, but it's, it's weird now that in today's age, we just go, eh, that like, it's because God made it happen. It's because this, that, and the other. Rather than saying, well, we have a sort of, it's kind of like, really, I've been, I keep saying it, but it's kind of this synthesis of, of your existence with a, a uh, personal mystical experience that is in you and is subjectively real and your thoughts feel as true as they could ever be. And that's something Absolutely. that that is like a, the denouncing of religion, but the revamping of religion too. Because if people aren't going to write, like fix the Bible, if people aren't going to try and change the, the not fix, <laughs> if people are going to, if you're going to shift up the Bible, if you're going to shift <laughs> up the Quran, people are going to shift up uh, the Torah, 
all these different scriptures, just shift them up a little. Just be like, all right, today it's, it's 2,000 years from now, from then. Let's see what, what, we, what can we change. What are the edits? Not, it's too, it's too, but it's, it's not too looking to the future. Strict. It's too strict, yes, but also the, that's part of like the manifestation of it. No one, I mean, they probably were saying like don't rewrite it, but no one's actually yeah, saying now. Talking. No one's saying we could. Like there's a lot of people not well, see, saying not be able to say just like we could change it. There is room for well, a change. So that's kind of I agree with you. I I think there should be just like we were talking about with the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Like they were written so long ago. But I think um, something interesting that kind of relates to what you're saying, like shifting it up a little bit. Um, this book I, I've just started it. I haven't gotten into it a lot, but it's called The Naked Buddha. And basically what it does is basically what you're saying. Like it takes Buddhism and it tries to demystify it a little bit and make it less religious, still spiritual, um, but just more applicable to Western everyday life and tries to help you try to use basic principles from it, like um, avoiding greed and avoiding envy and avoiding hate. And it, it relates exactly. I loved what you were talking about. I never got to mention. I loved what you're talking about. Um, how you're saying that if you when you're when you meditate, you sit there. You're angry about something. You think about you think about it. You're like, I'm angry. Why am I angry? I'm angry about this. What? Why? That doesn't make sense. And something I do that um, Duncan Trussell talks about that I think is really helpful is if you just start with like, I'm mad about this and then say it again in your head but don't say what you're mad about just say i'm mad and say it two or three times and then you start to you start to take a deep breath and you're like i'm not mad that just kind of annoyed me for a second that was just kind of irritating and i think i think i learned about this a lot um uh with my girlfriend um, because I have insecurities about myself and um, she might say something like she's going out to dinner with friends. And in my head, I'm like, Oh God, like that's so annoying. Like, I wish I was there. I wish I was hanging. Cause you know, we're, we've been long distance for a long time. It's like, I want to yeah. be there with her. And then I stop and think for a second. It's like, I'm mad that she's going to go have dinner with her like, friends. Let her. Have fun. That's the yeah. stupidest shit I've ever heard in my entire yeah, life. She's still her own person. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Spencer? And it's just like, meditation really has helped me try. And I'm not going to act like I'm perfect because I'm far from it. I get mad about ridiculous shit all the time with all kinds of people. I get mad at my family for no reason. I really need to work on that. I'm not great at interacting with my family. And I love them too much to be obnoxious. Becoming aware um, of it lets you Yeah, exactly. Regardless, it's it's about realizing that like, and this ties back into religion, like we were saying, like religion has a lot of aspects of moral philosophy that are really important, like treating others like you would want to be treated. Like I would never want like someone to get mad at me for going out to dinner with my friends. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, or like no, that I like it, like I like I get like I get I get mad at my brother because I like watching specific movies with my brothers and and with my brother and sometimes he'll go and see a new movie without me. And then I stop first thing I'm like you're gonna ruin like your whole day get ruined because he went and saw a movie about you that's just yeah. stupid like yeah and i think well, this ties in thing, a little bit to sorry go ahead well one thing that i um have learned from both sam talking and also from kind of how i've wanted to frame my my sense of self is 
like not so when you get mad then you go what the fuck is wrong with you as you said i don't know if you actually think those thoughts but i'm just saying more on a, no, on yeah, a broader it. scale saying what the fuck is wrong with you i think adds to a, an element mm. of of like self-hatred and anger that comes back yeah and so rather than saying, I'm not saying this is the right way, but more of like a, a more neutral way would be, would be that um, if you, uh, Frank, what was I going with? <laughs> no, I, 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 I was going to completely uh, agree with you. Like I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I was kind of saying that as a commentary uh, afterwards, like when, when, yeah, when yeah, I'm yeah, meditating, yeah. I don't what so much doing? think like, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't so much think like, oh, you idiot. I just yeah, realize yeah. like, oh, that was dumb. Yeah. No, Move it's on. it's it's becoming. You know what I mean? Objective. Yes, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. I think, but looking at it more objectively, that's the cool thing about consciousness that I've learned. Yeah. And I, I'm appreciating you and feeling. Try to in a start more to way. separate yourself. Yeah. Well, not even separating it, but also not uh, falling into it because they're kind of separate, okay. but they don't like. One goes in the other. Consciousness goes into your mind, into your body, goes and into in your there. experiences. It gets in there, you know. But goes in there. But consciousness there can just be pure awareness. It can just be presence of mind. And so, look, that's Absolutely. usually objective as hell. It's usually just saying, "Why are you yeah. mad? Why are you mad?" And then you, you say, "Oh, but I'm not mad." Yes, you totally separate yourself, and you just go, "Why are you? Mad? I, you're not mad." Okay that's weird and then move on like it's, it's like on. okay and then that's bye because yeah, it's dunk, not worth dunking. holding on to it zyankich also talks yeah. about this a lot uh and a lot of people he talks with they mention this and then i wanted to mention um there's a, a i don't know if he's a monk he's a practicing uh he, he was trained to be a monk as a kid but then he had a whole fascinating story mm. of leaving and Jesus. then kind of getting back into um uh, into the practice, I think of Buddhism and of, of meditation and teaching and writing. And he has these books and his name's Mingyur Rinpoche, Rinpoche. And he has this talk at the Wiltern. I don't know where that is. It's probably in California, but um, with Sam Harris and they talk about kind of meditate. He does these little practices and they talk about meditation and consciousness and awareness in a way that is through uh, a very well-known and practicing Buddhist, uh, teacher Buddhist teacher and he um and he just like he does the most simple things he just and it's so it's something that sounds so stupid but he'd say like here are the two steps to the practice of uh of meditation and it's like a short breath breathing exercise of like hold for 10 seconds inhale hold for 10 seconds exhale in i think it's like twice or something and then you kind of feel calm and you're you're fine and then step two you already did it you're aware that you're calm you're aware that you're, it's like, so it's something awakening like that is so basic yeah. and you just go, Oh, that's what it's like. But I know, and obviously enlightenment is on a much deeper, uh, kind of almost futuristic sense. Cause like you can almost adjust to anything before it even happens kind of situation. So it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting that that guy, uh, not guy, the man, the great, I don't know what he's <laughs> exactly. Uh, let me just, before I, um, don't mess up his pronouns. Yeah. Uh, Tibetan Lama. Holy shit. He's Tibetan. Not Buddha. It's, it's a he beast, man. I wasn't kidding. Dude, Tibetan oh Lama. Mingyur Rinpoche. That to, guy, awesome. I have, Fascinating. I have to mention this. Have you seen, have you seen, um, 
God damn it. I don't even remember the joke, so I can't even tell it. But <laughs> there's a video of this interviewer interviewing the Dalai Lama, and he tries to tell him a joke. And the Dalai Lama tries he, to tell him a joke, or he tries to tell no, the Dalai the, Lama the a joke? interviewer tries to tell the Dalai Lama a joke about enlightenment. I have to pull it up. I'm sorry. It's no, it's so it. bad. <laughs> um, but I think but it's a, going see, along with, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think something like that where um, I guess I don't even know where we were going with that conversation. But going back, if we want to start with <laughs> restart it with like philosophy and the idea of of um, well, there's there's different obviously different practices and stuff. But once you have the objective um, the objective uh, visualization of your reality and your experience, then that allows you to uh, manifest it in the way that you'd like. And I don't think this is just a philosophical concept. This is also a spiritual, religious, and also just a conscious um, concept within people is like you, when you have the thing as it is, you have a ball of clay. When it is objective, it's the ball of clay. When it's just some subjective emotional thing, it's this shape. It, hold, it takes in the shape. It's like I was talking about consciousness having no form. There's no set form for what consciousness is. It just is. It just has the stuff. And it's like, I'm here now. I am talking yeah. on a podcast with my friend. I am, uh, I am tired. I want to sleep. I'm going to sleep now. And it's like simplicity. And just letting those, yes, letting letting those, those ideas flow. Exactly. Consciousness and does, it's like, does it's you like an objective trying, picture of that. It's like trying to get you into a state where I, I, said, I said it was like you're removed earlier, but it's not so much that you're removed. It's more like you're, this sounds like super cliche, but like one with everything. Dude, <laughs> like you're these just things like, are trite, just very, but it's true. Just it's like so very, true. Like, very like simply like calm and composed and there and that's it quite um and that brings me back to the the joke i was trying to find it's um the, the anchor man the the like news anchor he's sitting with the dalai lama at like a at an interview and he he asks the dalai lama he starts the joke he goes so the dalai lama walks into a pizza shop and he goes up to the guy and he says can you make me one with everything and the dalai lama is like just like waiting for like that wasn't the punchline like just like waiting for the punchline and he's like oh no get because like you're one with everything, with everything. Like, he's, like he's trying to explain a joke yeah. to the Dalai Lama. Oh, God. And, every, and the whole crew is just like laughing at him. <sighs> yeah it's such like a that's something with like uh, uh enlightenment that worries some people is that sense of humor can be lost but i think yeah, that's so, a cultural thing that's a big yeah, thing like his true at all yeah i think that's that you still are have these emotions. That's something that I've been really uh, learning, especially from that conversation with Mingyur Rinpoche. It's like, you have these emotions. They're like clouds in the sky, but you can choose when those clouds are not around. And then you just have the clear sky. It's like that guy, that he just talks about that. Like, Very it just, oh, clouds, thoughts wow. are clouds in the sky. Wow. Your mind is the sky. Wow. And when you are just <laughs> conscious wow. and aware and free and, and emotional in a way that is comfortable, there are no clouds in the sky. And it's something yeah. like that. You're like, holy shit. How did <laughs> yeah, that think of that? Where did that that's come beautiful. from? Yeah. They talk, he talks about it also with like, um, I talked about it a bit like visual field, your visual field. When you're meditating and you have your eyes open, 
it's insane. You become, you almost have 360 degree view, even though you actually can't see behind you, you just feel it's like this openness that I've only gotten to look at. I haven't officially would say I feel it entirely because I'm not there yet, but there's sometimes where you just sit and then you close your eyes and then you still have this visual field because it's your eyes are still on. They don't just turn off when your eyes close. They're just darkness in front of you. Your eyelids are covering, but you still see these little figments of things that aren't even objects and something that your mind's eye and consciousness and also your physical eye that um, can be connected. Now I'm just kind of riffing, mixing a bunch of stuff, but, but talking about the mind's eye and that applying, and you'd say like, think of a candle. Uh, This is Sam Harris at this point in the the meditation stuff. And it's like, think of a candle burning right in front of your face. Your eyes are closed at this point. And then you yeah, open no, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. You're I'll kind do. of imagining. Well, it's, you have to kind of be in the mental state. You have to be meditating. And it's, it's obviously more difficult. Okay, I'm sorry. But I, I was going to let you do it. Agree. No, I was going to let you do it. But oh, okay, let me go. <laughs> if you want, yeah, go ahead. You're going to talk me through it. What am I looking for? Well, I, I wouldn't say I'm the guy. Well, I thought I was supposed to picture a candle. I would say more, more when you see, you imagine the image of a candle. That's kind of the point. And the point is that you, you can just make up the figure. Oh, uh, I, see, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And then, and then as you, as, you, as you open your eyes, you're not going to actually see the whole candle. Obviously, some people have creative thinking, but no, this no, no, allows you more. Allows you to more visualize like what you want to see. I see yeah, yeah. It's, I'm it's, a little. Um, how do you say? Uh, under the influence, so I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't blame you. I actually would love to do that in no, a dude, podcast. Dude. First twenty minutes, just meditate with someone. Dude, that, that, I'd actually be. Dude, have me on again. I'd actually be very down to yeah, do that. Yeah, do ten minutes. Um, I could just but, play some Sam Harris and get you calm. Yeah, dude. Well, visualization is something really interesting. Um, I mean, I think the, literally the first time I remembered practicing visualization was sophomore year. We were going to states to play Gonzaga in hockey, and the night before, I was in bed and I'd never been so nervous for a sporting event because I wasn't on varsity freshman year, and I was just so nervous. And I looked up like visualization and like breathing techniques and calming yeah. stuff. And I'll never forget, I was on the, I was on the, um, we were on the bus driving to the game and I was sitting next to Patrick and he, we were, we were talking about like fucking, um, pardon my language. We were talking about, um, like the quote from, the quote from Miracle, um, where he's like, yeah, well, he's (laughs) like, like great moments mean oh, great opportunities yeah or something, yeah, something like that. and patrick patrick like patrick like butchered the quote and it was like the funniest thing ever and i just remember like make like it made me feel so calm because it's just like a moment where like we just burst out laughing at like something yeah. stupid on the way to a game yeah. and then we just settled in and started visualizing about what we wanted to do in the game we got there and we did it man yeah. More than did so it. that i just that was just i just remembered i don't know why i mentioned that yeah. but i just remembered that particular sequence right before i started like locking in for the game yeah that's a big thing um, 
The cool thing about mindfulness and meditation is that you can do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't have to be sitting down on a couch or on a chair, eyes closed. You have to still take a couple somehow, deep breaths. Yeah, take a deep breath. You're on, you're on the toilet. In class. Just, in the, in, anywhere. You're on eating, a run. On a, anything. You just become aware. And it's like, yeah. it's easier and easier with more practice. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But um, it's something that uh, this app actually does a good job of. They have this, this little thing called a moment and you give it a time during the day where between that out, those hours, you just want them to like, they literally is, is a, a minute long little just um, sent series of sentences that like Sam Harris will say to you. And it just, okay. it's like a little concept, something uh, for example, ah, I can't remember the, I know the analogy, but I don't know what it meant. <laughs> I'm just blanking right now. Hmm. I think it's so something cool. to do with like the last time that you're going to do everything that you do is going to have a finite number of times. There's a number of times I'm going to have these podcasts. There's a number of times I'm going to have number of days I have left on this ranch, number of days left in my life. There's all these things. There's a finite number of times that we're going to do something. And so I can't remember this, the analogy. I, I can't remember the connection, but the analogy was that it's a Buddhist, it's a Buddhist um, uh, kind of pro- proverb or story or something. And they, yeah. they describe a scene with uh, it's a shopping like market and there's all these, but once it's like something I can't remember. It's something like if once mm. the market, uh, everyone leaves the market, the market's still there. It's something like that. It's I can't remember the, the actual thing. Um, but it's, but it's something like that where these, these, I, I'm actually going to listen to it again, but, um, <laughs> these, these little moments that give you, I'll just be working and I'll get the little notification. Cause it's like one yeah. of the only notifications I allow to have now. Cause something from the social dilemma I've learned is like, do not have all these notifications yeah. on your phone. And so I, yeah. uh, I have that and it just comes up and it's like a sigh of relief. I'll have headphones on sometimes if I'm working. Um, but for the most part, it'll be during lunch. Cause that's like my break and I could just sit there for a moment and just listen to the words of calming Sam Harris. And then it, it gets me back into a state that I don't, I don't necessarily dependent on. I'm just more like, Hey, might as well, like this is might as well have the boost. It doesn't hurt. And it helps me yeah. get back into a way of thinking that is congruent with my, the mindfulness practices. And, um, and it also is still coherent. It's not something so far fetched that we can't, it's actually all, oh, that all makes sense. Um, I'm actually, I was thinking I've, I've, um, you can actually send some of the cl- lessons that, um, he has, and I'll send you one. Cause it's very interesting. His con- he, like, it's like, it's like a nine minute one about the mystery of being and how, um, we live in this time period in this planet on this galaxy, uh, in this space of the world in this, uh, time period where the most, we are the most connected we've ever been in our life with their physical distance does not matter. I'm talking, I've talked to you for six hours, no, uh, five hours <laughs> straight. And we have managed to not feel like we're distant from another. Obviously, I mean, I'm wearing headphones and I'm ta- talking to a computer, but I still feel like I've gotten so much out of this. And it's, Absolutely. and that's something that being in this time period makes you appreciate that. Like considering Obviously I'm, I'm a very lucky person. I, I can't, I couldn't stress that more. I don't know. I don't know if I say it enough times, but I am so goddamn lucky. It's almost fascinating how I got to be where I am. I'm the freaking 
ranch in Wyoming while COVID is going on. COVID does not affect us really here. And that's something that's beautiful. And I'm just hanging. And so being able to take away from all these thoughts that I give myself and these anxious emotions that I throw on because I'm just like, sometimes I just sit with my thoughts. But when I actually actively can give myself a moment, even 30 seconds to just go, here you are. Okay. What are you doing? You know, kind of covering the grounds of existence in that moment and then coming back and it's so, and life is just better. I can laugh. I can be salty for a second and then I go on with it. Like I can continue to progress and learn. I can listen to people. That's a big one. I think being mad and like overwhelmed with a certain emotion never lets you listen to the other person. And that's something that I think with this podcast, it's, it's easy because people are my friends, but if I got, I mean, I've had some discussions with people and there's moments where I think like, Hey, 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 listen to yourself, listen to yourself (laughs) for a moment and just think, what do you want to say next? What are they saying that makes sense? And how can you piece that together to make it art? It's like just that, that simple one second, even. And you're like, oh, okay, 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 okay. This is reality. We're yeah. here now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something that, that I think is underappreciated more than anything um, in, our, in our culture is just being able to talk, though. Um, and, and have it agree. go in a in series of directions and be still like productive. Um, and not guess, be emotional. We were talking about emotional. this earlier. Oh my God. Yeah. Tacking on emotion oh, is so painful. Hold on. Um, I forgot. I left my grandma in the bathtub. I'll be right back. And we are back. Um, my yeah. grandma drowned in the bathtub. She... Uh, I left her in the hot water and uh, she just kind of melted. It was pretty bad. So just have a moment of silence for her. Thoughts. Take a moment to look around you right now. Every person you see is lost in thought. Each is having a silent conversation with him or herself. And for most, it's an unhappy conversation. Everyone is in a kind of trance and almost no one realizes that there's an alternative to this. And yet there is. Isn't that beautiful? Spencer and I just heard that and I figured I'd share one. This is one of the moments um, that I just received. And it, it's something like that, that just it reframes your perspective of other people in a way that is so simple. It's so basic. It's just like, oh, so they're simple. having different conversations with themselves than I am. And it's they, something you do every day, just sit there and think. Yeah, and you just think. And then, and, but one thing that might be taken negatively from one of these is that, like that, for example, that's kind of, if you semantically piece that apart, you're going to say, oh, not everyone's having that. But I'd say the vast majority are. There's some negative uh, kind of, emotions and thoughts that are coming into our minds, maybe that we may not feel a fit sufficient in different ways of um, existence, be it um, kind of job wise, athletically, uh, relationship wise, sexually, freaking friendly, freaking anything, government, like any job Absolutely. or anything you do. So this, um, this gives value to 
the ease of simple mindedness and thought and thoughtlessness in a way that is still mindful. Like I am thinking that I am thinking, but I'm not really thinking anything right now. That's kind of what the, what the goal is in that moment. It's like, there is, yeah. there is, I'm thinking about thinking, but that's it. There's no, I don't, cause whatever comes next to mind, I'll, I'll know about it. And then I won't act on it because it's maybe uh, an excessive emotion. It's a aggressive feeling that, um, you may just not want, it may make you feel uncomfortable. It may be, um, harmful to yourself. So that's, and that's obviously like a whole situation that, um, is, is totally nuanced for people because some people are addicted to certain, uh, more harmful substances. Some people are addicted to water. That's fine. Drink a lot of water. I mean, the only thing is you'll choke eventually if you drink too much, but <laughs> go ahead. And there's like there's like 20 cases of, of water poisoning every year. You can die from drinking too much water. Too so you much can die water. from doing anything. You can die water. from doing anything, but it's not necessarily direct, like because of the substance. No, um, that's what I'm saying. Like marijuana. It's when you smoke too much weed, it's because you choked. It's because you smoked too much, not because of the weed itself. It didn't get you to a high state that you're like, oh, I'm dead. No, it's because, <laughs> it's because you, can't you, you can't overdose. Exactly. Um, but going back to that moment situ- type of stuff, um, they, something like that where you still tack on the fact that it's kind of a negative perception of everyone. You think, well, they're all having these bad, like you almost pity them. And then, you're th- and then they say, isn't that beautiful? And that yeah. um, is something that is awesome about mindfulness that is under, under, misunderstood about my- meditation and mindfulness is that they're still emotions. They exist. We just process them in, the, in a way that is actually productive and also uh, beautiful in a way that cohe- cohesively unites people rather than dividing and isolating, but rather inviting. Yeah. Yeah. Inviting and including uh, a, a sense of being that is so um, easy. It's so easy. You have these feelings. You can still laugh and cry. You just know you're laughing and crying. So it's kind of easier to to steer away from it. Maybe if it's just unnecessary. Um, but that's up to you. That's the best part. It's your choice. Like that could, whatever, uh, what Sam Harris just said, I mean, it could not be beautiful. It could also just suck. You could see in a grim way, like, Oh, everyone's having this. and, And now they, you knowing this is a bad thing. It could, people could say that. I disagree. I disagree. I think, I think um, it, it's a beautiful thing because there is a possibility of an alternative. That's what's sick. You can be extremely happy. You can also be extremely unhappy that exists. And there's so many ways in which you can be unhappy. And there's so many ways that you can be unhappy. There's so many ways that like you can be extremely wealthy, but still unhappy. You can be extremely fit, but still unhappy. You can be extremely, um, successful and be unhappy but obviously it's easier because there's it's kind of it there's a lot of value well, in it this is this is something that i'm glad you brought this up because this is something i learned about in uh organizational management class i took last year um people who make more than is required to handle their standard of living are proportionally unhappier than people who make a normal amount. It's exactly what we were talking about with um, waste management workers earlier. 
mm-hmm. a waste management worker who's making like 90k a year and can like sufficiently support their family in like a moderate um way of living if you asked him like on a scale of one to ten how happy are you every day i guarantee that person is more happy than someone who works on wall street mm-hmm. there's a higher because chance that, that they'll the, be happy the, the, um, what you're saying is there's absolutely value in having a certain amount of money, but this country but also values money over happiness. You, you, they're not attributed. You can, you can buy a lot of stuff with yeah. money. You can buy stuff that will make you happy temporarily, but having decent relationships with the people around you is what's going to really make you happy mm. no matter how much money you have. And a relationship people who make with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's arguably more important. Yeah, I think I totally agree with that. The the fact that people, the proportion of people who uh, make more than they need to are ha- are more unhappy. That, it, does, it, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, you think I of, mean it, it. There's too no much money, no problems. Right? Yeah, and the no and the more problems. there is too much of everything. There's an excess of everything. You can meditate too yeah. much. You just spend 24 hours a day sitting and just thinking, and that's it. Then you never do anything else. You never learn. You never you get fit. With you don't anyone. have relationships with anyone. There's also too much of relationships. You can married, talk to someone too much. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many things. So there's too much of everything, but there's also, there's, I, I've talked about this on like numerous podcasts and it's something that seems to be too easy to explain, but also too hard for some people to follow. And it's that there is such thing as a, a balance between too much and too little. And I talk about this on so many different things, social situations, social issues, um, media, social media platforms, free speech, uh, freedom of consciousness or conscience. There's um, ability to believe in certain religions. There's so many um, things where there's like, or not ability, but just belief in certain religions, like, and how much you believe in those religions. There's always going to be a balance where there's like, all right, this is just, I'm devoted yeah. entirely. And then there's also, I don't give a shit. Screw them. And I'm almost actively going to go against it. Then there's like the middle part, which is I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to use it in the way I want to use it. That still falls under the realm of a good person, in my opinion. See, it's you're still, you've got the book, but it's not the rules. It's just guidelines. That's actually something someone told me once. And it was like, holy shit, that makes sense. Just guidelines. There's something that you do follow, but you're not restricted to those rules. You're not restricted to that. Yeah. There's just guidelines. And that they're not, they, they guide you in the way, but you don't live by them entirely. That's, that's kind of like with anything, but more specifically with your own mental health is that you, you can't be consumed, but you can't consume yourself in yourself. You have to consume yourself in different things that make you better as a person as, as a physical person, but also as a spiritual person, a conscious person, a, uh, a mental person, a academic person, all these different varieties, athletic person, there's a uh, practicing person, medical, like so much types of, of variation and nuance in the human being that yeah. is kind of just ignored in when, when, uh, or no, not ignored. It's actually more accentuated and appreciated in meditation, but it's kind of ignored in, uh, in like ideologies and religions that like certain manifestations of religions and, and um, certain 
groups like there's there's kind of this this one thing that they can't change about it and then you're like i don't want to be part of this group anymore it's like a cult you don't want to be part of a cult they're just too much it just makes sense this is a very basic thing to not do so it's weird it's weird that that um we kind of keep going in circles it feels like at least i mean it's but it's such a how can something so simple be so difficult common sense is not common why like how (laughs) how is that I mean, and obviously there's a lot of situations. There's, there's I, I think, I think it just, bio and I think it, I think it comes down to really societal. Like we just, I mean, maybe we never will, but I just think we need to get to a point where like, I was surprised my doctor recommended meditation to me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. need to get to a point where like doctors can recommend it. And that's not like we talking about. It's you not controversial. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I don't know. You wanna you wanna change it up a little bit? Mm-hmm. I'm done. Talk about talk about some uh, some death maybe. Yeah, I've talked about this once on a pod, and we actually talked about midnight gospel uh, a lot, and then oh, we okay. jumped into death. And I have I have and I got judged, and I don't care. So I'm gonna say the same thing, and it's that I had never. I hear it. Ne- so with death, with regards to kind of the end of life and physical body. Um, cause that's kind of the basic form of it is, yeah. has been construed as a scary, uh, dark, um, gruesome kind of, um, kind of like if a life was a, hmm, I guess this is a weird, I don't know what the word for it would be, but if your life was ever going and it was, and then you just it chopped it, just chop and block, it's just like that. That's how it's kind of seen. And Something that um, I was been thinking about a lot um, in through through mindfulness and but also through reading and um, kind of learning more about the ideas of life uh, over the past like year I'd say, um, but more intensely since I watched Midnight Gospel was that it turned into a more just another step in time. You like everything has an end. And this, it just matters about scale. You look, I was watching, um, I've been watching some of the, the Hubble space um, kind of uh, documentaries and they talk about yeah. how like these, these, the scale of astrophysics is over millions of light years. It's insane how billions. freaking billions and hundreds of millions and tr- like up to trillion sometime soon. I, I think, um, I think the observable universe is like 91.4 billion. It's exactly. And so that number like, is insane. Just how, not, how much of a not scale. Fathomable, not exactly. Fathomable. And, and it's like going to end. The universe will die and just, there will be just, a point where there is nothing left and that's going to yeah, be part just, of it too. And that's outside just of our control. For, just for some perspective for anyone listening, like I'm sure everyone's smart and knows what a light year is, but just, <laughs> just, just, let's just take a step back and just, just think for a second. A light year. 90, 91.4 billion light years. A light year is the speed amount of light traveling distance it takes, the distance you travel going yeah. the speed of light for a year. Exactly. 91.4 billion of those. <laughs> so the speed of like, light, let's see what it is. 299,792,458 uh, meters per second. That's meter, not even miles per hour. Not second. even miles an hour. Meters so you per take, second. You, 
so you're moving that speed for 91.4 billion years. Yep. That's how long. That's how long it's been around. That's and... how, no, no, that's how long. I mean, if you're going to measure in one dimension, that's how long across the universe is. Yeah. Yeah. You're traveling for 91.4 billion years, years at the yeah, speed that's, of light. That's a lot of And people. you would reach from one end to the other. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. We're a blip. <laughs> we're a blip, mate. We're a blip. Yeah. No, we are. And we are almost. I think like it's it's nothing it's, on that scale. I th- I think that's something really interesting about psychedelics. From I've taken psychedelics a few times, and it's just like you kind you kind of I don't know. It sounds super corny and cliche, but it's like you just you kind of think for a second, like we're all just here on this planet, just trying to time. do our best. Mm-hmm. There's seven billion of us just right now. Now. We're on a tiny rock circling a star that's not even that big in comparison <laughs> to a bunch of the other oh, stars. There are billions of planets across billions of light years of this universe. And it's just like you get it. Some people might think that's like kind of scary. Like people say they don't they don't want to take psychedelics. They don't want to lose control. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. That, impl- that implies that you're you in control, control right now. That you implies that like control. like like you know everything what's going on yeah. like psych- psychedelics kind of help you not just realize that you're not in control and you never had control but accept that that's not a problem that's part of life fun. you don't have that's to exactly con- i don't control no no time. no that's not that's not a part of life that's, that's exactly life. what life is yes we don't, it is we not don't about to, the control literally of the situation. every be- literally every being on the planet exactly what you're saying literally every being on the planet doesn't have control of their life pretty much they wake up every day trying to survive and to eat that is all animals think about and the beauty of psychedelics is it kind of lets you dive into the only thing the thing that only we can do is we've been talking about this the whole time but think and you think you think about why we're here and um what's the point and it's all crazy i don't have an answer it's all crazy yeah but like it's it kind of like we were talking about death it kind of it kind of helps you realize like whether or not you believe there's an afterlife or any sort of next step spiritually or religiously Mm -hmm. um i think there's a form of i think a theme we've been talking about is acceptance like there's a little bit of an acceptance like regardless of whether there's something next or not why not just appreciate what you know you have yeah. in this current life and just there's an openness just appreciate it yeah well that gives you a lot of openness to um like kind of what we talk about with being an atheist agnostic is like you that doesn't mean i don't believe i just don't agree with you that you think like just because you say i can't prove it doesn't mean that if you were to prove it in a way that is like oh that's definitely unfalsifiably true then okay the door is not closed is kind of what i what psychedelics and meditation and and kind of achieving a psychedelic state through meditation is um is is given to you you're given this chance of like hold up hold up when we die are we done is it it can't be done like that kind of starts to throw that question into the into the uh cycle of the the thoughts that you come through your mind, you're like, Hmm, if we're all interconnected, then does that mean we're all just going to come together when we die? No way. Like mate, well, and you kind of, and something that midnight gospel, uh, going back to kind of the death too, idea of death is that, um, you, 
like I think it's in Hinduism, the net of conscious. I can't remember the exact words, but uh, this guy Jason Louv, who um, I think he's uh-huh. a magician as well. Yeah, he's in he's in uh, he's in that. I've listened to him talk as well on, on Duncan Trussell's podcast separately, and they talk about how there's any idea that when you die, you just go into this net and you become part of everything else. And so you see everything happen. So that's, and like, honestly, that's something I've come to do. Like, that's my only thing with death. When I die, I want to see what happens. I want to see, I don't care if I know, if I remember it, I just want to know, I want to have the experience there and not miss it. I want to see when the world ends. I want to get to that point of nets of consciousness in a way that we still even though we're not having any influence, or maybe we are, we just don't know it, but it maybe, maybe we're not having any influence on reality to humans, we still see in a bigger picture what's going on in the galaxy, in the universe, in the multiverse, in the presence of, of, of other earthlings. That's my only thing, because I've come to appreciate my, that like, when you die, yeah. yeah, your physical body dies, but there's so much suggesting like maybe there is a chance not yeah, there's so, a there's a guarantee there is a chance of something yeah. existing outside so, of this so i think um i think something really beautiful about um the midnight gospel especially the final episode that he did with his mom yeah just weeks weeks before she passed away um i, I don't mean to rain on your parade here but um i think i think something at least in my personal journey in trying to accept and understand death. I think something that um, I personally have approached is the idea that I'll never get that moment that you're mm-hmm. talking about yeah. and accepting that that's okay. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't mean to like, no, obviously no, no. everyone has a I different want you, I want you experience. Um, yeah. But um, cause, but I agree with you. That would be awesome. I want, I want to know what it's all about, man. I don't know if it's true, I wanna, but I want to know. It's, it's like in an, in another episode of the midnight, in midnight gospel, I think it's Damien equals the, um, the pra- practical magician. Eccles, yeah. Keep that, that Damien, yeah. But, um, he talks about, um, how like meditation is kind of preparing your consciousness for when your body breaks apart from your yeah. consciousness and that, exactly. and that you don't, you don't know what's going to happen next. And I think that's an interesting point because I think that kind of combines both of what we were saying, how you're kind of looking for this moment, this understanding, but it's also a combination of as your body breaks away from your consciousness and you die biologically, you may never get that actual moment but your consciousness may still exist in a way that we can't even understand right now. There's no physical explanation exactly of an external consciousness. No, and I, that's just, I think something that I'm okay with having the battle of. I think that's something no, that, why I admit it. It's, I'm it's, willing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm willing it's to something... know though, that there's a chance that there isn't uh, anything really. And I'm fine with yeah. that too, but that would be sick. I mean, imagine getting to see everything and not having to do shit. Of course. <laughs> You just sit there in air and watch time pass. And that's it. You don't have to do anything. You never, and you don't even think about doing anything. Now, something that um, Duncan Trussell talks about on, I don't know if it was his part. I don't know exactly what, what it, cause I love the guy and love what he has to say. It's so great. Always. It's such a fun like, experiment. Yeah. Fun thought experiment he'll put in you. 
and he talks about how the people in religion will address as like afterlife and then there's this and then he told like one guy went up to him and just said there's nothing it's black that's nothing it's over and it's done and it sounds really grim when they say it like that but then think about it is it nothing fucking matters anymore you don't have to do taxes. You don't have to wake up for great. schedules. You don't have to ever wake up. You don't have to run because you're getting heavy. You don't have to breathe. You can just sit there. Exactly. You don't have to look. You don't have to memorize. You don't, you don't have to do anything. Nothing is of value anymore. And then that really comes into much more of a, a uh, kind of back I, to like the positive perspective of, of being present and saying I know, you – are like might as well take advantage of this life then and and then we collect and he talks about collecting data and how we could be part of a simulation and we're just going (laughs) through the life situation and then once we die it's like you're back you're back in the cloud and then it's all no but i don't know yeah no but what you you were just saying about like um like when the guy saying when you die there's nothing and like how great potentially that is like all that makes me feel is like, that doesn't make me scared for it. What it makes me feel is that I have a limited amount of time here and I got, like, I want to impact everyone I can that I care about in a positive way. Yeah. So that hopefully if they're here longer than I am, they remember me in a positive way and I help them through their life. Yes. Whether it's my parents or my kids or, not that I have kids now, but my future kids or my siblings or my friends or whatever. Um, And I think it's no doubt freaking scary to think about a black endless void. But at the same time, it's like... Might as well keep the movie going until it's done. There's a Life is a movie. There's a bunch of shit that happens and then the movie ends. So you can't start it over. Indeed. A, a, A movie's ending... Um, is only good because the movie ends, if that makes any sense. Yeah, there's because of, because the effect of it going. ending. Yeah, there's no there's no there's no, such, there's no such there's no such thing as happily ever after. Like that's a, I don't. This is kind of a random tangent, but no, um, go ahead. It just remind it just reminds me of like social media and stuff. It's like that's just like a movie. Like someone's clipping a little part of their life yeah. and stopping it right there, and yeah. you don't see them going down on their phone and sitting on their phone for another hour editing their photos <laughs> while everyone's out like having fun and yeah. partying or like you don't see that that was like a video of a youtube screen and that person's sitting in their bed like whatever no you know what i mean yeah. like like you can't base your life off of as much tv and movies as i watch because i enjoy <laughs> them um you can't base your real life off of that stuff. No, you can't because they're just um, snippets. You totally agree with you. It's just, and I actually just remember just the thought that comes. Me. Yeah, it's totally just a snippet. But um, I was thinking of something that comes to mind uh, when going on social media sometimes. And it's that I treat it like a movie sometimes. I'll jump on a social media. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell am I going to look at for a second? And just <laughs> jump on like Snapchat stories and you just look through. You're like, this is definitely, I don't give a shit what's going on actually. Maybe it's funny sometimes. Maybe there's a little bit of like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And you kind of jump into yeah. like, oh, what's it like to be at this festival? What's it like to be at this bar? What's it like to be at this exactly, party? Exactly, but then it's like, exactly. I don't give a shit after that. Like, I don't actually care about that person doing the thing. Yeah, I actually care about the experience. Just in general, but it's like just tre- in general, our society. 
yeah, just in general, our society is too focused on exactly like you're saying, jumping into those little snippets and then yeah. comparing your life to that. Not you yeah. individually. Just yeah, in yeah, general, yeah. No, people, the comparison people, is where it, it goes it's wrong. A, it's unfortunate. Exactly. People struggle thinking their life should be a certain thing. And it's like exactly what we're talking about. Like, why, why are you looking up to someone who you don't even know how happy they are yeah. when they go to bed at night? Like you see them DJing at some party and that's it. Like not well, that d- people who DJ at parties have shitty lives. But that's but like, that's that's, not what that I'm could be the only extent of how like, fun, how much fun you, they have. That yeah, could like be. You can't compare. And like, and then I think about stuff like that. Like sometimes I see people partying on Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, oh man, like I wish I went to more parties. And then I think about like, every time I actually get invited to a party and I end up dying, like 50% of the time I'm like, damn, I want to go home. <laughs> like, like, why am I, why am I getting all bent out of shape out of these cool parties that people are going to when I like, they're not that cool. I, like, they're not what they live up to be. Not that cool. Or they like, don't live or up like, what they thought they were. Yeah. Party. Like, like that's the thing with festivals too. I went, I went to Rolling Loud, which was very fun. But like, when you see like Rolling Loud highlight tape, you see like just close-ups of all these people's performances, people dancing, like whatever. You don't see waiting in line for 45 minutes to fill up your backpack with water you don't see like paying 14 dollars for a thing of churros like yeah. you don't see like waiting waiting on the ground for two hours in between performances because you're tired as actual fuck from <laughs> reading straight yeah like, it's fun don't get me wrong i love good music i love i love getting to see like jid perform live and young thug and travis scott and Damn. It was fun, but like that's sick. But like, yeah, like it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm. Not, I don't think it's a bad thing to go. I think making experiences out of your life are great opportunities. But like, I, I think it's unfortunate that people see stuff on Instagram and maybe I'm generalizing a bit. Maybe people. No, don't it's do true. So much that it's I'm real. Thinking, but like, instead of instead of looking at that stuff and being like, "Damn, I have such a lame life." Like, that's not true. No, it's you like, what could I? Go, go, go get a disco ball and a speaker and go to your friend's apartment and do that there. Cause I guarantee you over the course of an hour, that's going to be more fun than sitting at a festival for 12 hours. Cause you're yeah. tired as actual fun. And you, know, <laughs> you can get in bed whenever you want. You can get in bed yeah. whenever you want at your friend's apartment. You can get as drunk as you want with no problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that, not that I can tell under any drinking because that is a horrible thing to do. Horrible. So um, bad. Can't be doing it at but all. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's just, instead of I don't, I don't want to sound rude because I, I i know i know how difficult mental health problems can be and it's not easy to just see someone doing something fun and be like ignore it but like you gotta try you gotta realize well, it's like, not instead just of being sad about it go, go do something fun that's gonna make yeah. you actually happy instead of thinking that some random image of random people doing random shit is more fun than you having fun with your yeah. friends playing well, board games or whatever i probably have more fun playing monopoly with like <laughs> you and chip and peter than like going to some <laughs> freaking i bet we'd have more fun like chilling and drinking and smoking doing like whatever playing a board game than going to like what's that festival everyone goes to in delaware and like gets stuck in the mud for a week and a half yeah Firefly. it's so it's so uh hard to stand behind a festival experience i totally agree with that but uh, something I was thinking about as you were talking was that there is a the problem with um, doing something like just don't saying something like that is that there is a multi-dimensional part 
of that. Absolutely. That it, and the, the thing is, is not that it's just, yeah, you're true. I mean, it's not that it's just that it's multidimensional. It's that it's, um, it's a relationship within itself. And there's that you, um, I kind of losing my train of thought here. You dissociate. No, I I, well, you actually, it's refer, that's what it is. It's, um, it's kind of the same thing about framing and how you, you frame people who have these negative perceptions of themselves because of how they see other people on social media. It's because they frame their lives in a negative way that doesn't allow for them to give any room for mistakes, any human instincts, anything, because they're trying to yeah, model after the perfect version of someone that isn't even perfect. Yeah, it doesn't it's, work. It's, it's, easy, it's easy to, for me to sit here after we've been talking yeah, for yeah, six yeah. hours and say this. When in reality, I'm guilty of it too. Plenty of times I'll wake, if I exactly. wake up in the morning and see something on Instagram and be jealous or be yeah. mad but or two be things, disappointed in myself, whatever. Two things with that. One is that, um, yeah, I think we're all guilty of it, but talking about it and becoming aware of it, it makes this so much easier to not do. Um, so that's definitely sure. something that's good to talk about and address and make it um, something that you care about. But also the um this whole framing of mine it's a it's it's also a um it's kind of the analogy i, I think we talked about it before but the the snowing or the sledding analogy with psychedelics yeah. and how you have you have all these paths and you you uh you take them and you, they become heavier and heavier and, and you just fall into them more easily in your ways of thinking and your neuro neurological connections you yeah, like when you meditate heavily or you take psychedelics uh, mainly in like a treatment session or a therapeutic session, you allow for there to be snow reapplied and then create new trails that don't uh, become harmful. And this is something that, that you're saying, like, just don't do it. That's how you do it, though. I think there's exactly. something with not just taking psychedelics and that, but also committing yourself to not intention. caring. Yes, having the intention and the goal-minded uh, perspective um, – to try Sorry. to, no, you're good. You're, to try to um, kind of make your life into a simpler and more beautiful, still multidimensional, still incredibly nuanced, but still coexisting with ex with with life, coexisting with existence. To not be uh, kind of easily characterizing yourself or narrowing narrowing your perspective of yourself down to like one thing about you. Um, that doesn't even define the entire person. This goes into other things that are societal as well. I mean, you look at um, yeah, racism, dude. you look at, a you lot look of at people... identity things and people try to just say like, if you're this, you follow, if you're this race, if you're this identity, this, this uh, sexuality, um, all these all gender, if you are this, then you support this person. You should think this. It's like, no, be a free thinker. Think yeah, differently. Well, I, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think I think the problem with that is that um, like ex people with extreme ideas, they make those particular set of extreme ideas like their whole personality, mm -hmm. like on either side, like, yeah. And you just kind of have to, you have to whether it's religion or race or not liking a different race or not liking yeah. people of certain sexualities. Like, I think. Or even like politically, like people who make Trump or Biden like their like whole like bio on Twitter and shit. Yeah. It's like like how are you gonna 
limit yourself to someone else's thinking. Yeah, that's exactly. silly. You can silly. you can support you can yeah. support whoever you want, but don't but don't idolize them like, and say they're all right. They're yeah, not altruistic. Nobody, nobody, no one's that, altruistic. That's something. That's something I agree with. Religions is you shouldn't. They say you shouldn't idolize anyone except for God. Right? You don't, don't even don't have to idolize God. You don't well, I don't necessarily do believe there is a God, so don't idolize exactly. anyone. Everyone's exactly. fucking, we're all human and we're all fucked up in the head. Yeah. We're all crazy town banana pants. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> well, that's the great thing about like when I talk about these people that I've been listening to and reading about and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, they're dope, but they still say things that I disagree with. Um, Sam Absolutely. Harris, Jordan Peterson. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I think that's, but I still stand I think that's by, like, very like, important. Yeah, that's a real perspective a, on someone too. You're not you're not saying like people I love don't you. I think that's something people don't do enough in this country, maybe in the world, is like listen to ideas that they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And like listen to them all the way. Because like sometimes I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I start listening to a video and like someone says something I don't like and I'm like, oh fuck that. And then I'll stop myself and I'll be like, maybe I should hear him out just for perspective. Yeah. And what's like wrong with knowing like, more? What's wrong with knowing wrong more with about even if stuff? Even if, even if it ends up being nonsense, like it, doesn't it just hurt. makes you better. It just makes you better at weeding out nonsense. Yeah, exactly. It helps for something. You watch stupid videos to be like, ah, this is stupid. And then you don't watch it again. And you watch something more interesting and then you're like, ah, this is too much. And then it, you, you, you still, the great thing. And I actually just remembered what I wanted to mention too, um, with like, meditation and going back to the psychedelic experience. Um, but is that we, when I say a free thinker, um, and I stand by a soft deterministic perspective on life. So it's either free will usually or determinism. And I would say free will doesn't exist because we would have to know everything ever that has ever happened to be free to choose anything ever to do. You see, that makes sense. We don't have the freedom. And uh, let me, let me, let me keep going on this for a second. This, this oh, really sure. Well, free will in a way. So the way I've, I've gathered it is, I mean, and this is such a simple thing. And I heard it for the first time in a talk. And then I heard it on a TED talk and I heard it in podcasts. And then he gets Sam Harris got me like into this. He has this 14 minute segment and a four minute segment of free will, two little ones. And he, he uses this simple example. And it's like, just take a deep breath, clear your mind for a second. Think of any movie ever think of a movie that you know the name of or you have watched okay now think of another one okay and now these are easily the decisions that are the freest that you'll ever make just a movie any movie ever that you've ever heard of now when you have a selection of movies you have all the movies you don't know so you're not free there you don't have the choice to pick those because you don't know them and then there's the movies that you have seen that are, you've limited yourself. And so basically, that's a simple one. But basically, and that's why I say soft determinism, because there are things that, like series of prior events that lead us to the present moment and lead us to be where we are. And there's a lot of influences on that. I mean, the, I am the person I am because of who I was, but I'm not exactly the person I was. I'm just still someone who's changing. So with free will, I think rather than free will and rather than being entirely deterministic, I say soft determinism or soft free will so, so you're and that we give between. ourselves. Sorry. 
So you're somewhere in between. Somewhere in between in that this is where I'm, I think we're free. We have okay. a set of choices. So for example, we give, or actually no, we give ourselves a set of choices in almost every scenario we could do. I could turn off this podcast right now, go to, to go to the bathroom. I could turn off this podcast, go eat. I could keep this podcast on and just leave. I have so many choices, but obviously we give ourselves limited choices in life. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, you think I could stay in bed, I could go on my phone, I could go on my computer. Like that's where I think it's soft and different than just free will. We don't have the choice every, like I'm not just gonna wake up, shoot a gun. That's not in my realm of reality right now. That's why I I don't think it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I like this. So so to me, um, like what you said, the, the, the choice between the movies. Just so you know, my two movies that yeah, were, were the, the Matrix and Finding Nemo. Oh, let Those me just say one movies. more thing in that exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a simulation. So, so in the Matrix. You, what, were, what were the two movies? Circulation and what? No, Matrix. No, oh, Matrix and, and Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, yeah. Okay, so you're, for example, you know that Rocky II is a movie. Yeah. But in neurophysiologically, your Rocky II circuits were not firing. And you didn't think of that. <laughs> Were you free? Did you choose to know this? And then he talks about how there's also, um, just to add on one more thing, is that you didn't choose to understand that. You also didn't choose to not understand that. You didn't say, you know what, I don't like this. I'm not going to make sense of it. You also didn't choose to not listen. You didn't have that choice. See, that's where, that's where I okay, disagree so, somewhat. So, 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 it's, it's so when we talk about free will, like, that's complicated because now, now you're talking about not choosing what to do. Now you're talking about choosing what to think. Yes. And that, like, like yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's... That's part of your will, though. That's your thoughts. But and also your actions like are influenced I feel, by prior I feel like I feel like we've both, like both sort of established that you're not as attached to your thoughts as you think you are. No, you don't. No, that's I, not, I, I, think, I don't think I'd say that. I would say more that we can be not as attached. We are attached. I mean, I'm still talking about my thoughts. So I'm not. I, no, I have absolutely, thoughts but I just mean, and I have a I just way mean, of thinking. Like, that's kind but of every, every, every single thing you think doesn't define you. You know what I no, mean? No, not at all. And I so just think, I think prior I think, events I think, have a massive think, influence on what we no, do. No, but hear, hear me out. I, no I, think, I think where free will comes into play is you don't make the choice of what you're thinking. But, but your free will comes into play when you're choosing what to act on. Yes, and that's where you're, I say you're, we have you're the right. choice. You, I, we have the you, freedom of picking. You're right. Like I, I could, I couldn't have picked a movie that I haven't seen. But to me, that's not so much evidence of lack of free will. That's more evidence of I haven't chosen due to my free will. I haven't chosen to see any of those movies, so I can't. I yeah. can't choose any of those but there's also an element of not choosing like someone just showed you a movie there's an element of that so there's situations where you know a certain amount of movies because you've actively gone to watch them you were invited to go watch them someone sent you a movie someone introduced you to a movie someone forced you to watch a movie someone gave you a document so all these class we watch movies yeah but but it's so there's that's where I, I think, but, like, but, I agree with you that we give ourselves the choice, but, when, but we but don't, when you don't say, give ourselves the thought. But there's still but, the thought creates an action out of that thought. You know, you know what I'm saying? When, but, when, but when you say, when you say someone forces you to see a movie, 
Has anyone ever held you down with a gun to your head saying? No, yeah, it just it. made me sit through a movie when I was in. When but I was they sitting didn't there. make you. That's what I'm saying. Yes, You're but I chose. I chose because maybe it would be that's good. My point. That's what I'm saying, though. It's not. But that's point. not. That's just I rationalization. Think, I don't even know if that's true. I could have just been forced because I was like scared. Maybe the teacher was gonna whip me if I didn't frickin' leave. If I didn't stay. I mean, the situations like that. So, and that's not even the point I'm trying to make. We just give no, no, no. ourselves a series of choices that feel like re free will. We give ourselves, there is the boat of space and time. Peter Gilbert uses this very good analogy, which is kind of in reference to predestination with um, his Presbyterian sect versus the evangelical, I think. Um, I think it's Calvinist versus something. Or yeah, Calvinist versus, um, I don't remember the other. But he, so one, nice. One subscribes entirely to the free will uh, aspect of just like, this is it. And then there's Cal I think Calvinism is more, there's a boat that is all of what is life, but it's, it's not, you can't change the direction of the boat. You can't stop the boat. That is time and space existing. And then we can do whatever we want within those. That's the same thing. You have choices. I give myself a series of choices. Right now, I'm considering talking about something different. I'm, talking, I'm considering talking about free will still, or I'm thinking of, of transcending free will into another topic. There's so many options that I'm giving myself that makes the illusion of free will very, very prominent. And that's where I don't think... So I don't think it's a it's a, so, de a denunciation of it. I'm not saying screw free will. I'm saying no, no, I understand. You don't you have as many choices. Freedom is you can do whatever the fuck you want, how you do it, when you do it. We are wired in a way that allows us to give us a flexibility that no other animal has. Think about any other animal that exists in this world. They still have like a basic function, and then eating, sleeping, and pooping. And then outside of that, there's not much else. There's not much of variety. There's not much of influence. We are the most multifaceted, multidimensional, beautiful animals that have been able to do what we can on this earth. But I still don't think because of the effects of nature, the effects of, um, of the, the earth itself and not in a natural sense, natural sense. There's also other people in this world. There's... Um, there's weather situations, there's uh, solar flares, there's viruses, there's uh, storms, so, there's all these things that we didn't choose to happen. We didn't put off of an earthquake. The earthquake just happens. So it's, it's wait, not that I'm saying free will is garbage. I'm saying we no, give ourselves I, I more I understand leverage to, to move around within but the constraints all, of determinism. All, all I'm trying to say is um, I feel like I feel like. I mean, what do you think? What's your What are your takes on free will? Truly, on. I concept? I think, I think um, a lot of what you're saying is societal and has nothing to do with. Earth is not whether or not we can actually choose to do it. Like think of like I see we, stuff on TikTok like stuff yeah, that seems illegal but isn't. It's like like painting yourself purple and running around in the streets like that's not illegal but society frowns upon it yeah it's like you have the choice to do whatever we talk about this in my sports psychology class. like my teacher has the choice every day to come up to class and shave his mustache on camera on zoom in front of mm -hmm. everyone he could do that if he wanted to yeah 
but it's it's frowned upon in society and yeah and this is kind of relates back to what i was earlier doing what you can like yeah there's difference I, I, between I understand what you're saying like we, we have a limited can. we have a limited set of choices you're right there's certain things that we can't do but to me that's not so much like free will well, that's like there there i think there are physical limits to us anything yes. else you have the choice to do and like I, I that was a very interesting analogy with the boat you're saying um you're on the boat and you can't stop it but to me you can't you can still it. do whatever you want on the boat that's the main thing it's, you still but, have freedom me, within the the realm of that deterministic like oh but, it's but still to gonna me, end here no matter what happens but to, but to me that analogy falls apart when when you say um you can't stop the boat you can what if, what Time if you choose to kill yourself can't stop but it's still gonna keep going that's the point you can just kill yourself. It's oh, you're, not, you're, you're saying you're saying the boat is time, and space, and okay. I'm sorry. I thought, you, and, I thought I thought you said the boat was life. My apologies. Well, life. Yeah, you still can't. The boat is everyone's life. Is kind of the point I'm making. It's, okay, it's I see. Natural life, I cosmological thought, life, I you, and also I thought it was I thought it was individualized. My no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying on a broad broad scale of society and also all animals. You can do whatever you want in the boat. That makes a lot more yes, sense. Yes, yeah, see, yeah, see, and and that's where I think it's hard Absolutely. to disagree with that. It's hard to disagree with that because there's something about like that's the people. That's kind of going back to religion. I, I like, guess there's an unstoppable maybe, force of time. And to religious people, there's the unstoppable force of God. So that's yeah. That's kind I of. I just the, feel like maybe. So first I off, know, I just, before I we just keep feel going, like, let me okay. just. I don't. This is not something you need to take seriously. This is something for you yeah. to consider. No, no, no. I'm saying because I just remembered he talks about this and he says this is a lot of weight for a lot of people. Because I remember when yeah. right when you said I said that stuff, you're like, oh shit, that just took a new free will is a heavy concept. Excited. Yeah, but excited. it's amazing. But it's also heavy. It's a real thing yeah. that people truly consider. It's an illusion to some. It's a reality to others. And so that. Yeah. And it's, it's even, um, it's just a heavy thing for some people. And I'm saying also for the people on the podcast, I don't okay. want you, I want you to learn your way through life, your way, not through Absolutely. me. You can learn from me cause, but I'm just a guy who is hanging out in Wyoming. So what do I yeah. know? <laughs> but I think, I think something like that needs to be considered and also more indulged. Cause I remember I used to think, oh yeah, we're free. That's it. And then I was like, wait a second. I couldn't just stand up and fly. I can't do that. Yeah, see, see, so there's to, a physical so to me, I and guess, there's a, so many limitations of life that I give guess, ourselves I think, lack of freedom. That's yeah, what I so think. Correct, correct me if, I wrong, if I'm wrong here, but I, this is interesting to me because I feel like we're on the exact same page. The only difference is maybe where my definition of free will is coming into play. Because you're saying there's certain limitations physically that we can't exceed. And I agree with you. But to me, that's not so much like a lack of free will. That's more just like. Where's the freedom in it though? Like you can't. Like there's no like choice in that. The definition of freedom, if I'm not mistaken. But freedom, but free will will is freedom of choice. It's freedom of will. It's your will to do something. So it's the action and the thought. That's the the problem. That's the problem. But what what I'm asking you is, are are you arguing that 
the fact that I can't force a third arm to grow out of my chest right now <laughs> demonstrates lack of free will. That's in the, in the literal way. That's kind of like, yeah, but also I'm not saying like, let me See, just, I, I, I don't also make right. that like nothing about morality, nothing about life changed necessarily i just took away the fact like now for example a free will kind of gives you the opportunity to look back and you're like i could have done this differently but there's no objective evidence that you could actually re i could say this sentence differently there's no evidence of that there's only that we believe and there's also the fact that we rationalize our previous events we say like why did i for example why did you pick uh the b movie and um, I'm blanking Finding out. Nemo in and the fi Matrix. Finding Nemo and yeah, not the B movie. Um, <laughs> Finding Nemo, yeah. You like and, jazz. Um, but something like yeah, I like jazz. But so something <laughs> like that, where you you made those choices based on the fact that they were just the most present in your mind at that moment. You know what I'm saying? It's not that you didn't. You still have choices. That's the, I'm not saying it's not a, it's so the analogy I just thought of and also would make a lot of more sense to people is there's a test you're taking. There's the short or there's the, there's the essay. You have as many words as you want to write. There's the short answer with a limitation of like three sentences. And then there's the multiple choice questions. Life is not neither a multiple choice question with just four answers to life, to each thing that you do in the moment but it's also not the essay. There's a mix, it's like a short answer. You still have a limit, but you're given a lot more room than you would I, to, to no, explain no, no, yourself I, and do what I, you can within that realm. And so I, it's, it's, like, it's kind of hard to, to agree with to someone who who's taken free will pretty seriously, which is what, what was huge for me. I was like, it's too easy. I mean, it's, I can do whatever I want because I wanna do what I want. That's kind of where I thought of free will. Because I do what I want because despite no, I, like acknowledging that I could be uncomfortable. It's but there's the reality that like I, I understand where you're coming from. I just I just something. think that I just think that I think we have like basically the exact same thought process. I just think the like our definitions of certain words are different, which doesn't mean anything because these words right. are just us trying to formulate ideas that are exactly. super complicated. But I just, I think that, uh, I think we both agree that you can do whatever you want up to your li physical limitation. Physical, conscious, societal. I mean, conscious limitations. Yeah. But see, That's I disagree true. with you on the societal thing. Because but you can't as go around hitting people in a car because you're mad. Like you that could bet? be what you want you to can. do. You can, you can, then there's consequences that's what, that's though. What I'm saying. But there you can't just do that without, there yes. Be. But, yeah. but, 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 but I'm you could, but that idea, now you can, didn't pick that someone idea. Will. Yeah. Someone will and someone, someone has. Someone probably, yeah. <clears throat> but that idea was planted in their minds because they didn't choose, they didn't choose. It came from something. There's an influence there. You don't just think of hitting someone in a car. There has to be a reason there's somewhere it comes see, from. We don't see, know the reasons, I see but I'm you're saying, saying, I'm I see saying that saying it starts somewhere. It starts somewhere. I see somewhere. what you're saying. It starts. That's I see where what you're the saying freedom is, goes I away. Okay. I absolutely, I absolutely see what you're saying. 
that person still has the choice to get into their <laughs> car true. and no, put no, no. their key into the ignition. They have the That's choice. That's all I'm saying. They made the conscious choice. I, I, like, I'm going to get in I my think car liter- and I'm going to hit someone. I think literally where we're differentiating, where we're differentiating is like on our definition of freedom. I guess limitation maybe. Well, freedom because more than anything. To, to me, freedom. like physical and conscious limitation doesn't doesn't dictate that you're not free it just dictates but like that what you else di- what dictates our freedom then if it's not like what is the differentiating factor from consciousness and uh actions i guess like physical actions that makes us that's what i'm saying it's significantly choice. free but it's that's choosing. and i agree with you it's just a choice within a choice you didn't choose to think that um, you were going to hit that person with hit a person. You with choose car. to act on that. You choose thought. to act on it, though. That's where we agree, and that's I totally. True. And but that's not what free will is. Free will is the thought, the planning of that thought, and then the action. There's two parts to it, maybe even three. That's the difficult part. You're you agreeing with me, and it's and I, and I'm not blaming you for holding your stance. No, I no, love no, that you I are. This is not a criticism. I want you to hold your stance because it is something that is very powerful to a person. And sometimes when taken too heavily, uh, makes the gravity of their situation seem more like they're going to try and shift the balance of their, of their consciousness. It's like, no, you stop. You just, just go with it now. Because at the end of the day, what, when you look back on your life, you're not going to want to think, Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. I could have done this. I could have done that. It's like, no, I did what I did. We'll see. Dude, and there's, that's, there's that's, regrets, that's, but there's no reason to regret when you're on your deathbed. It's like, that's one of, that's one of the things that makes me believe in free will is that like, I understand what you're saying about, um, we may, we may not know why we think certain things and we can't like, I'm not going to act like there's no way in hell that somehow I don't have free will and somehow that there's someone yeah predestined to controlling what i'm doing but at the same time like I don't from someone. the ev- the evidence that i can observe bowling ball hippopotamus water bottle i can say whatever i want <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah you just have and, and um, i think i think for you you have more choices than most people as a as a thought because well, there's creative thought there's also the idea of creative actions. There's creative emotions. There's creative being. So there's more choices to some people than there are and to others. I, I think, yeah. And I, I think something interesting that um, you kind of talked about, but not really, is like you can get kind of conned out of your free will through society. Like you can get kind of conned yeah. into thinking you're supposed to do certain things. You're supposed to go to work every day, come home, make dinner, watch TV, and go to bed and do that yeah. every single day on repeat. Um, and you get conned out of your choice. Like every once in a while, I'm like sitting watching TV and I'm like, I've been doing this for so long. Like, why don't I just literally go sit in a park? Like I live like two miles from a park. Why don't I literally go for a bike ride and go sit in a park? And like maybe once a month I'll actually do it. Yeah. But like, it's just Those like, experiences are appreciated more when you are more aware and eventually enlightened exactly. when you're just present of mind. It's like, Oh, why should I not go on the go on a bike ride and sit on a bench? Yeah. It's like there's it just think, reframes think, it in a way that is exactly that I think makes it easier to intake reality. Something something Duncan Trussell talks about a lot is um, decision making and how like 
we torture ourselves every day over these small, tiny decisions, like what kind of milk to get at the grocery store, what movie to watch tonight or what to make for dinner. It's like, I guarantee, he says, I'll guarantee you, you'll be 10 times happier if every time you're forced to make a decision, choose in 10 seconds. If it's not like a life-changing, mind-altering yeah. decision, give yourself time. Like if it's a if it's if it's a movie or where to go to dinner or whatever, just make a decision, and it's just you don't have to worry about these freaking bless you. You don't have Thank to you. worry about all this nonsense. Just be decisive in small everyday things, and it just makes life so much simpler. It's mm-hmm. a really interesting concept. Yeah, I like that concept because. Um, now I'm thinking through the lens of like freedom of will and determinism. I, <laughs> it, got me, it threw me in like a situation. I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, but uh, what were you saying? Duncan Trussell and... Uh, Duncan Trussell talking about uh, decision-making and just... Like, oh, my God, how yeah. much ha- how, much, how much happier you can be just not thinking worrying about these small, more. everyday tiny decisions and just yes. acting on things. Yes. And it's there's, interesting. There's a- I'm sure you're about about to talk about this but let me say something real quick yeah how like just choosing choosing to do something really quickly it kind of it can kind of make you lose that sense of free will a little bit because you feel like you're just not thinking about decisions but then at the same time like you'll start to realize like you're making decisions so quick that you're not doing the same thing every day anymore you're like doing a bunch of cool spontaneous stuff based on how you're feeling in the moment instead of worrying too much about stuff yeah, and that's true. I totally agree with that happier. that format of thinking. I've thought it, I think it's been addressed um before on just personal notes and stuff. And I think definitely that applies to like small situations, things that don't weigh as much because um you just give yourself you think less and you do more and if you're not already cuz something like technology and social media can do is that it messes your brain up it rewires your brain to do the same thing over and over again to constantly just just uh sit on your phone or just uh watch youtube or uh eat or this that and the other. i mean it's so many other things like you have these these rewirings so i think before doing a a unconscious decision where you just go yeah i want to eat chocolate now it's like hold on a minute hold on a minute let's do the other thing First. So there's an element of like, don't think when you know what's healthy for you and you just go, Oh, I should do this. That should is what you will do. And I totally agree with that. Cause I think giving yourself that leeway and like, ah, it's fine. You know, and we'll figure it out. And if we don't figure it out, then we'll just go back and do something else. That's something that yeah, we'll scares see. a lot of people. It scares well, a lot of people when you say, you say that you here, I'll, I'll let you go in a second. I just wanted to say that, this happen this applies in a lot of things and I've been hearing it a lot more with um uh with uh careers and and studying and certain um just like things that require a lot of time to master at sports people don't want to start over and le- relearn that's something that I've noticed and I've like listened more and more it's like restarting something once you figured out that you're just not good at it you don't like it and going to something else is the best thing you could do because learning how to relearn or how to learn in general is a massive advantage in, in a person. And so that addressing that as, and it's not easy. 
don't, I'm not acknowledging that. I'm saying that it's hard, but it's also something that is so relieving, so worth it. Just like all these practices of meditation and awareness and, and being present of mind. So yeah, I, I agree with you though. Go ahead. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I had something <laughs> real good. I had something real good. No, yeah. Um, but I guess oh, I was going to jump onto um, a different uh, pathway. And that is the um, one thing that I think about a lot is kind of the scales of time. Well, going back to death, because um, I didn't get to, I didn't really finish my thought on that, was that when, so I don't, I, like I said, I'm very comfortable with fighting with that thought of, of like, Hey, maybe I could see everything before it as, as it's ending. Um, I could see everything after I die. And like, that's fine. If it doesn't happen, I don't, I'm, I'm going to be dead anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, um, but also something that the midnight gospel afforded me was like, it's not like you're do something. It's not like there's a bad thing that comes from dying. It's not like you die and then you die again. You just die. It's over. Yeah. And that's something that sounds really grim and dark, but it's also just, that's it. It's like you go to bed and you, you go to bed, you, you fall asleep and you, you don't just, you can wake up when you die, you just die. That's it. Like you don't have the option. And that gives you one of two things. There's the freedom because you don't have to do anything and it's over and there's no problems. Nothing's bothering you. No one makes you happy though. There's that part of it. There's like, there's no happiness. There's no darkness yeah. though. So it just is, it's like life. Life isn't sick. Life isn't terrible. I think life is really dope because it's, it's a rare uh, commodity in, in our galaxy uh, because as of now, we don't know of any actual other forms of provable life. And I believe there is, but I believe They're that, that if, it, if it's going to be proven, I hope it, I see it. Um, but that being said, like, we don't know right now. And, um, but something like that, I am very open to the ideology or the, not the ideology to the belief and to the, to the a reality that another life force could exist. Dude, that sounds so cool. That's awesome. If you could meet someone else, I think they're out there. I think the, just even like on the law of average, law of large numbers, you get enough stars and enough planets in the, in the galaxy. 91.4 billion light years. Exactly. Ago, right? You get enough of those. There has to be more than one life form and life, uh, life, uh, sustaining planet. Um, not just that, but like intelligent life. Like if you're going to tell me that humans are the smartest beings in the universe, I don't believe you. I'm stupid. <laughs> but I think I think something that people will say. I read. I've been reading on this um, this website called Nautilus, um, and they have like cosmos. They have like biology and all these different other talking points. But it's a ba basically like a science website, and they have this one nerd. article. I fucking love it. I'd love to be a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a nerd. I wouldn't be doing this. No, I'm joking. Um, but wow. I, no, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> wow, you would. But uh, but uh, I think there was something they talked about, like aliens. The, the thing that would differentiate us from aliens is that we have consciousness. Now, I've heard alternatives also. That is that the thing that will differentiate us from uh, aliens is the fact that we have a constrained consciousness. Wow, there's theories of um, say that. there's different life forces that they'll have. There's these physical meat bodies, they call them. And you can transfer your consciousness mind consciousness from, from yeah and so that's really cool too but kind i think of like um unity and rick and morty 
Yes, yes. And Rick and Morty, exactly, exactly. That's like where I, that helps a lot of the thought of that. But, um, like but also- Like one sentient being being able to expand itself over multiple people. Exactly, just multiple jumping over- physical being. Exactly, physical body, meat bodies is that the- um, Meat bodies. I think Duncan Trussell meat says Meat bodies. That. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, but so that's interesting too. But I think when I read this article, this article was saying that- for alien life forces, there's a doubt that they have consciousness is also a, because they're going to be so much more, uh, they're going to be different. I think laws of nature are different to them than they are to us. Physics is going to be different. Yeah, gravity I mean, is different. They're, yeah, of course. The so there's a situation is, there that their the consciousness is going to be different be too. Different exactly. And that alone will change consciousness in a way that is super influential into the evolution of the oh, being. So, Ooh. dude, this the this reminds me so much. Have you seen the movie Arrival? No, but I've heard a lot of cool things about it. Dude, this <laughs> conversation is like very I've heard a lot very. Of conversations very about you should this. literally after we finish this po- podcast, you should watch the movie. If we because ever finish this podcast, is, <laughs> it, never. It is so cool. I, I won't ruin anything, but it's a movie yeah. about aliens, and they're trying to they communicate with Earth, them, right? And Exactly, and so their their bodies are these crazy, like giant, like octopus-looking things almost. Yeah. And the the language they communicate with, like, it's not. I don't. I'm not gonna ruin anything, but just the the language. Isn't it they signs down, and shit? They're signs, but the they don't mean what they do. They're not constrained by time in the same way we are. That's nuts. Okay. <laughs> That's so, beautiful. So, so, so their words, it's like talking about all of time at the same time. I, I can't Interesting. explain it. I'm, I'm going to watch I'm it. Glad I, I'm glad I can't explain it for you because <laughs> yeah. I really can't explain it. Next time, next time it I'll is, just explain it. <laughs> it is a really, really, really interesting movie. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend it, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to watch that. I think... I love that kind of, um, the thing is, I, I, well, I lo- first off, I love that kind of subject and I love talking about that stuff. The thing is, is like, <laughs> I have, it's difficult for me to commit to an entire like subject like this. For example, I tried to get into conspiracy theories. I got into like, I, I was just wat- reading like Twitter threads by this conspiracy <laughs> theorist artist or uh, author, conspiracy theory author. He uh, has these, uh, has a book on different stuff, and but he has these like little threads, and they come, and it's fascinating. I'll send you it. It's he has a, he has a thread of all the threads, um, and he connects them all, and they're just so so wild. Um, there's these loose, I mean, they're connections, but it's like it's it's a kind of reasoning that is that is very unfalsifiable, so you can't really prove it either, which is a problem. But um, but stuff like that, where I I am too, for example, con- concerning conspiracy theories. I am too uh, like objective in looking at it. And it's like, this could be true, but there's also an easy chance that uh, be- because they can't prove it, that there's no way that this is true. Um, kind of like yeah. there's, a, there's a theory of, of um, that we live in an alternate uh, timeline and that it, was, it happened when uh, like in 9-11 occurred um, and how we're on a different the darkest time, timeline. Like, I, I have no idea. I've watched, I've read the tweets. It's like commu- times. for all my, all my community fans out there. Yeah. The darkest timeline is um, 
a reference from community where they all talk about like the worst things possibly happening in the world are all mm. happening in like a specific timeline. Yeah. But it's stuff like that where I'm, I, I'm like, eh, I could be reading something better. <laughs> and then I, but it's like, that's yeah, like dude. an ego thing. I just go like, eh, I could be getting I something out of this more. True. And it's the same thing with talking about aliens and talking about cosmology and mycelium and mycology and, and talking about um, psychedelic stuff. It's like, I don't want to get, I always am worried of getting too sucked in and then getting like over involved. But I realized I'm not an idiot. I don't get, I, I'm aware of myself. And especially with meditating, it's helped like, I'm aware that time passes. I'm aware that if I spend a lot of time on something, it's all I'm going to think about. But that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot, like yeah. a long, long time of solely doing that thing, reading that thing, hearing that thing. So that's, that's going back to like the, the balance thing and, and also thinking about these like, but really just thinking about um, kind of other life forces. I mean, it would be amazing if it was true that consciousness was a, was a flowing uh, wave of energy that actually was flowing and was actually an energy that managed to change physical bodies. That's sick. If that's not real, and then they're just humans also, they just kind of like their laws of nature are the exact same. They're uniform throughout. I don't think that's true because laws of physics are just different in every part of the universe. So but I also think with like the multiverse, people talking about that, that one's interesting to me. I haven't read into it enough. So I'm walking very on shaky ground. Like string, string theory. Oh, I love string and, theory though. Uh, I think that is a fascinating one. Isn't it like, to just remember, is it like basically in the center of atoms, uh, smaller than subatomic particles, there are these strings that are moving and they are time, basically time passing. And every single atom in the world that can move has it and basically that's how the passage of time occurs and if they were all to stop time would stop in a sense i'm pretty sure i don't know the exact thing but someone explained it to me and i was like god damn that sounds hard to prove <laughs> yeah i can't sorry i can go for a second something happened yeah. in my head you're good. did you hear me can you hear me sorry now? about that yeah what did you miss so i have no idea what you were just saying Literally what? at the beginning of when you started talking about string theory, something well, happened. Oh, okay. Head. So the theory of string theory, the string theory is that if I remember correctly, well, do you know it? Because I'll just, I just said it and I'll say, I'll say it again quickly. Um, but it's like little strings like, that are smaller than some atomic particles that are shaking. They vibrate at faster than, than anything. And um, they are kind of what the one, di- I think one dimension is the first dimension is time passing yeah so it's fat that's sick that's fascinating basically it's like oh, they're, they're trying to like string theory tries to like kind of combine um mechanics like right? the Quantum four physics. known the like the four main fundamental interactions of physics i think it's like gravity electromagnetism um so, let me see yeah, let me look it up it's a uh, quantum um, strong nuclear force and weak nuclear force. Huh. And it tries to find them all into one theory. And it's exactly, not exactly. I don't, I'm no scientist, but it's like, you're saying like the theoretical framework in which the yeah, theoretical framework are like, yeah, it's like replaced by strings. Like you're saying. And yeah, it's one dimension. That's the cool part. 
Because I think first dimension is time passing. Second dimension is, um, it's like a two dimensional well, image, so, and that so there's dim- like dimen- the dimension. Dimensions are really, really interesting. I was I was watching um, a guy talk about how you think about dimensions like one dimension's flat, two dimensions is flat and up, three dimensions is flat and up and back, mm-hmm. and it's like. If, if you were the size of a, a coin, right, and you were on a piece of paper and you were looking all across the piece of paper, you're absolutely teeny tiny. Or just up, yeah. Like, you, you can't – no, 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 no. You can't look up. Okay. You can't look I up. I see what you're saying. No, yeah, yeah. I the, just miss – Like, miss, you, you can't, you can't imagine – You can't what imagine what the third dimension is, right? Yeah. You can't imagine yeah. anything above – all you can see is this flat plane. So for us in three dimensions, oh yeah, you don't see we it. Can't, yeah, we can't we can't comprehend what these fourth or fifth dimensions might be because we yeah. literally like you can't understand what it might look like. Yeah. So he talks about um, how these these po- these dimensions might be. He talks about pocket dimensions, like these dimensions might be literally right in front of us, and you can't see you them. You can't see it. Them. Yeah. Or we might be so small and literally can't even understand it's like being two-dimensional versus three-dimensional like we can't even understand which direction like yeah it even makes any sense because the way it moves is different from three-dimensionalism three-dimensional life it's literally just yeah i just think that's something that's so cool about our universe is like there's Mm -hmm. so much stuff that we literally can't even begin to comprehend yeah like that's cool but that's uh, what makes metaphysics so fun yeah Absolutely. It's losing yourself in the questions that you can't answer. Just thinking about why we think. Like, why the hell that's do we I, talk to each other? That's why I love... Excuse me. I mean, that's a that's easy one love, to describe, but... That's why I love Socrates, though. Like, just the idea of just asking why. Yeah. Like, to anything. Yeah. I was just listening to someone like, it's saying... It's stupid, but, like, if you really get deep into it, like, you should ask why. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there's like, if you ask why enough times, you're just going to get the, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, why, no, no, why like, drink water? It's like, because it's good for you. Why? Because it's, it's this. Cause it, and that's, that's what makes it difficult. But there's well, also no, like, how? A, Yeah, of course. No one wants, no one Beer. wants that little kindergartner response. Like, won't yeah. stop saying why. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, to really think about like, stuff like we were talking about earlier, like, why do we think being a garbage person, like <laughs> not being a garbage person, being like having the working title as a waste, someone who works in the waste management. Um, <laughs> like, why is that? Why is that any worse than working for a law firm? And it's just like, because you have an impact. No, no, you actually don't. There's, there's, You're actually taking out no, trash. Versus just there's helping no, some fucking idiots who got in trouble. There's no, there's no, there's no worth to looking down on anyone. Like, yeah, that doesn't help anyone. What everyone, we should be appreciating what everyone contributes to society because if that, tra- if that, if that uh, trash man doesn't pick up your garbage for three weeks, your house can be filled with maggots, and you're not yeah. gonna know what to do because you're at work all day every day. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a there's an appreciation. There still has to be a high. There still is a hierarchy that exists, and I I like the um, something that that is um, 
normal is that there are hierarchies. So I think valuing every, everything uh, is important. And that's kind of why humanism is dope. But also valuing them differently is still important. We still need to be able to de delineate between the guy who is, donate, who is investing his time in the environment uh, versus the guy who is uh, a, a oil mon... I don't tycoon. know the word. Huh? Tycoon. Yeah, yeah, tycoon of oil, like stuff like that. It's like there's, there's a difference between the two. Just because this guy makes a ton of money doesn't mean he's a good guy. So that's, there's, there's elements of like the, the, um, the moral job that's being done. Um, there's also elements of the success of that job. I mean, is it worth the, the money that is being paid? There's also uh, how much time are you putting in? So those stuff, it's, it's, it's again, like a very multidimensional thing. But on that, that case, a lot of people manage to simplify it into like, oh, you do this, what's wrong with you? It's like, no, but I'm helping yeah. people out and I'm actually having an interaction that is positive. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's what we were talking about earlier a little bit with education in this country. Like we value that piece of paper more than we value actual experience or more than we value actual knowledge. Yeah. Um, but I think someone without a someone without a college degree could teach themselves how to maintain and fix cars, how to uh, maintain and fix uh, lawns and gardens, and they could start their own gardening service and start their own like tree trimming service. Mm -hmm. And what that that's the American dream, right? Start your own business in this country. But people would look down on that someone like that because they're a gardener instead of getting <clears throat> ridiculously priced interest loans so they can go to college and get a degree and then yeah. not get a job. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something about, um, not that like, education isn't important because no, it is, but, it's but like I think we're, the overvaluation, we, yeah. we, we value, not that we, not that it's not important, but it's not the be all end all. Exactly. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to college, I'm getting a degree, but I mean like, the goal for every single person in this country shouldn't be to go to college and get a degree because that's not the best situation for everyone. Yeah. It puts a lot of people in debt and then they end up doing jobs that they never even needed to go to college for in the first place. Exactly. They would have been more successful if they had just focused on that and start and, and save all that more money. time. Yeah. Take yeah. care of their family. Yeah. I have, I, and it's um, not that it's like we were talking about being guided. Um, like the, the government, morality. the government shouldn't just, the government shouldn't just be giving people money and expecting them to know what to do with it. What they should be doing is not encouraging people who don't need to go to college to go to college and get loans. Like tell those people, Hey, you don't necessarily need to go to college if you don't want to. You can start your own business and make a bunch of money and yeah. be happy and never be in debt. Yeah, the problem is it's that like, like people it's about profit. The society, it's about society ex ex accepting. Yeah, exactly. The education. There's a profit, profit too. So this is something really money. interesting that I listened to Andrew Yang talk about. He talks about in the past 80 years, um, the the only costs that have gone up at college, um, obviously because tuition has risen exponentially. It's not that classes are getting exponentially better. It's not that teachers are getting exponentially better. It's not that students are getting exponentially smarter. It's that 
they rack up administrators and they get as many administrators as they possibly can and they fill up the system and they get everyone a salary and they start making it more and more expensive to go to college and that's it and he talks about how we need to stop valuing having random administrators and random administrative assistants doing nothing and we should be paying teachers more to actually do their jobs and giving people more opportunities to actually go to college and get yeah. an education yeah instead of making it more expensive literally for no reason yeah if education isn't if education isn't twice as good as it was a hundred years ago why is it more than twice as expensive mm-hmm yeah that's a big thing getting a bang for your buck very interesting i love andrew yang i'll be as of right now i'll be voting for him in 2024 he also um mentions some this is a little bit separate from education but he talks about how um he thinks uh people in congress and senate should have 12 year term limits how you you, it shouldn't be a career to be in politics. It should be you get in, you want to make improvements to make the system better and help people. Uh, you get out. You get out. Yeah. And it's not it's not a career. You shouldn't get into politics to make money and live off of that forever. You should get into politics to help people and leave. Make a change. Um, yeah. I think that's like a really, really, really. It values your time more. Time. Twelve years yeah. is plenty of time to get shit done. And it values you. Your it values your time. Not 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 that our. I mean, our, our democracy is extremely bureaucratic and it does take a long time to process stuff, but 12 years is plenty of time to get shit done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I was thinking about education also on a more societal basis of um, discussing, you know, prejudices, biases, bigotry. I've discussed it before, but I was thinking more of educating um, also with <clears throat> people who have a limited worldview of of people and humanity and then live out that worldview in a way that is uh hurting other people and something that uh it more people could use to hear and i think it telling you will help people spread this don't don't dig a hole going back to that analogy of digging a hole and yelling at the other side get on the ladder climb over the other side and see what it's like see what it looks like explain it Get on that side and then help them and then you show them the, what you see because they'll show you the way they see themselves and the way they see you. Then you show them, here's my hand of cards, and then you allow for growth. You allow for understanding. And this whole thing of like unlearning racism, for example, there's, unlearning doesn't mean solely you delete a, a memory and then that's it. There has to be a replacement of just that means thought. Learning more. It learning more, and then a, in a period of time, the whatever was supposed to be unlearned isn't actually unlearned. It's just turned into something else that is um, not what it used to be, and it's not as simple-minded and is not as oversimplified. On, for example, generalizations of certain peoples of race, generalizations of certain people of certain identities, or people where they're from. All these things. It's like just. Let me see what you're saying, why you're saying what you're saying, and then let me show you my side. And it's not easy. I keep mentioning this. No, no thing that is actually worth it in life is easy to get. Um, yeah. There are lucky routes, but for the most part, it's going to take work. It's going to take a commitment. Yeah. It's going to take an environment that um, allows for that time. 
And that's, that's a huge thing that I've been trying to kind of talk to people about. It's hard. I, but I talk to people about on the ranch. So no, yeah. I, I think it's, it. I think, I think it's good. I think, um, and that's polarization think, too, right there. I mean, you, I think, you dig the hole and you just get more polarized. No, I think, I think, uh, racism and prejudice is a really interesting topic in this country, especially with what's been going on recently. And I, th- I think with, um, I see a lot of, um, people struggle with the idea of, I guess people call it reverse racism. Yeah. Saying like when black people are mean to white people. And I think what people need to take, I think what people need to take a step back and realize is that um, there's a difference between racism and prejudice. Racism comes from a position of power. Racism comes from a position of oppression. Prejudice comes from a position of, this is how I view it, white people can be racist to black people because white people have historically had awful amounts of power over black people. Black people can't be racist to white people. They're prejudiced against white people because no matter how much you hate a a black person hates a white person, they're never going to have systemic power over a white person. Yeah. It's not, they're not oppressing a white person, regardless of their bias or prejudice, yeah. which may not be, um, like it may not be, I don't, I don't think it's like, like, it may not yeah. be relevant. Like it might not be right that they feel prejudiced against a certain race. I don't <sighs> think it's right for any race to be prejudiced against any certain no. race. But I think, I think, I think so many white people are like, well, you hear black people calling white people crackers all the time. So what? No, that's, like yeah. white people enslaved black people for a hundred years, and although it wasn't you doing that to these to those people specifically, it's like you've always been in a position where you're never gonna have to. This is this is where um, white. I think white privilege is a super fascinating concept because I think people don't understand that white privilege doesn't mean that white people will never have problems. Yeah, yeah. That no, that's always that white what people are never going to struggle and white yeah. people are never going to have issues because everyone has issues. It simply means that I, as a white man, am never going to have an issue because I am white. I'm never going to have a problem because I am white. My skin well, color is never going to determine something that happens to me and that is something that black people do not get in their life they are judged by many people based solely on the color of their skin yeah and i think and i will um, never understand what that feels like yeah i don't understand that i have to accept that mm -hmm. i just think um something about like prejudice versus racism because that's really what it is um it's kind of the differentiation like reverse racism does not exist Shut the fuck up. Yeah, no. If we I'm had time, if we had time machines, yeah, no, I, I'm agreeing with the, that aspect. It's like if we had time machines and maybe reverse racism would exist, but then we would have to know yeah, that if, we if had time machines. You can go back in time and literally yeah. reverse history. Yes, but you can't, so you don't. Um, I think prejudice <laughs> as um, and bigotry. I think those two ideas are um, are what are really. I mean, that's the basis of racism, and and it's a. Tri- I mean, it's a tribalistic ideology as well. But I think um, that simplifying one aspect of your life, like there's a lot of people who 
it's not because they're white or because they're black, but it's because of the way they dress. It's because the, 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 the way they're, they, they have other over, um, like physical characteristics that just have nothing to things do with the race society, itself. Things that society doesn't exactly in general. And, and it's and it's it's a it's an overvaluing of something like that. So I don't like the oversimplification of something like that because it's saying like, oh, it's all because of racist racism, and it's all because of this person being this type of race. Um, I think there's elements to it. There's so much more to it than just um, because we see a system that has uh, garnered like so much success and we see flaws in that system and to solely pick one category that could be wrong with it and then run with it. And as it being the only thing and then tacking on some extra ones as if they're the same thing, rather than saying, these are the problems, let's fix the problems. Not like go around fucking blaming everyone. It's more the, the kind of understanding like where this coming from. Why is people try to explain why, for example, conservative people have conservative ideologies. It's like, cause they're racist. It's like, no, they don't think they're racist. A lot of people at least in the, on the conservative side aren't it's racist ignorant. people or don't, it's not even ignorance, it's oblivious. They don't know what's the other side. Well, ignorance I mean, that's, is active. That's what ignorance, ignorance is. Ignorance I, is more is more is less passive. Oblivious is more is more passive because you don't actually so. know you're racist if you're in some yeah, situation. You, you can, you There's can, also people can, who do know. I, that's the difference. Like yeah, they just I guess, don't I see guess, that. I guess the idea of ignorant is you're ignoring it, but like Yeah. There's just a difference there because I don't like I see, to I see just what you mean limit oblivious, someone yeah. down to just someone else characterizing them. To, like I'd to, rather to read me about though, that side. To me though, to me though it's like it's like so hard to be actually oblivious this day and age that Very I feel hard. like people on on either side, not just conservatives, but people ignore stuff no matter what. Yeah just because they don't it doesn't agree with it's being dumb they think yeah it's so stupid i hate it i hate the fact that people can just go i don't need to read that guy i know what he says what does he say oh i don't have him to read him so i don't want to know it's like what does yeah. that help no more that makes sense. read more that makes sense. yeah don't characterize exactly. don't characterize them because you haven't even read what they have to say characterize yeah. it because you've actually talked to them you've read what they have to say and then you it's it's learning it's the same thing it plays to both sides to be the better person you have to be comfortable with going through tough shit like if for example i presented this with another friend of mine kofi and we were saying like if you have Yo, a person, I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta use the restroom real quick. All right. What do you want to talk about? Well, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Um, Got a little bit off on a tangent there. I don't yeah, know we just, I have no idea what I was going into, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're a little loosey goosey. On this yeah, thing. we're chillax and. Um, I don't oh, even know if people are going to be listening to this anymore. Like people barely listen to like three <laughs> hours of Joe Rogan. How the hell are they right. going to listen to what I'm talking about? I'm fine with talking. If, you, just if like, you've, if you've listened to this entire podcast at this point, if you're listening to this right now, text Nico. Yes. Text, text Nico and just text him the word octopus. <laughs> just the word octopus. We want to see who our real fans are. out My there. My texts are open. Anyone is available. <laughs> Anyone. <laughs> Anyone. I will post my... No, actually, I don't think yeah, I'll post Yeah, no, probably my. not. 
number. <laughs> <laughs> but but you can find me at nkenry84 I'm assume, I'm assume, at gmail.com. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Or, or, or DM him on Instagram. DM me on Instagram. from Instagram. D-W-A-I underscore W-I-T-H N-E-K-S. Fans. Yes, I really would like to see anyone who's gotten this far and is actually still getting something out of this. Uh, do you think it would be? Do you think it would be someone from Landon? Uh, or do you think it would be one I of your t- friends from school? Mm, I don't know. It depends on how I frame it. Also, like if I post something and then I have to, I have to, I can, I can frame it in a way that it's like, holy shit, this was nuts. You have to listen. I think there's a chance that like three more people will listen than normal. But other than that, uh, I'll I don't post know. It, I'll post it on my stuff, obviously. Yeah, well, well I want to see like how many views this at like listens this gets because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm not here for listens. No, it, no, dude. It's like we were saying earlier. Like we're doing this literally just because we want to talk. Yeah, and it's to so each other. Much like fun when you do this. Why not record it? No Someone wants to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. If we had recorded the entire eight-hour, seven-hour circumstance, that'd have been a nightmare. Dude, that would be too big to download. I wouldn't be able to put that on a on a podcast episode. <laughs> that would be insane. I don't even think the video will process for Zoom. It'll just break. <laughs> yeah. That's the, thing, that's the thing I want to do in person with these things. It's like once we're in person, there's so much more to it. There's like we can, we can just divide it. In a, I don't know what it is. It's like there's an element do- of it. This summer, we should do an episode at the forum. We should get a bunch of guys to go to the forum and can, like, set it and get a nice setup on the porch or inside or whatever. Yeah. Just, like, just have get a, a good old conversation. Yeah. That would be a lot of That'd fun awesome. if we That'd get a bunch really of mics fun. or we just put a mic in the middle and it just catches, like, the sound perfectly. Just <laughs> Dude, I thought, you meant, like, I thought you meant, like, get a bunch of versions of mic numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Microphone. Shout out Mike if you're listening. <laughs> Shout out Mike. No chance Mike's listening. <laughs> there's, there's no way. I've never I don't know if he's listening. I know I know um like some people will tell me. I've gotten I've gotten like a couple DMs on Instagram from the account itself and they're like I just want to say I'm a huge fan. I was like no way. What? <laughs> like it's so real? funny. People act, awesome, people dude. have actually like managed to to come forward and say something. I was like, no fucking way. That's Someone's so actually cool, listening. Man. And it's, Good it's stuff. like, that's Good the stuff. fun thing about this. It's like, if someone's yeah, actually it's getting, a bonus. It's, it's, a bonus. it's such someone's a great thing to hear. It's beautiful. When someone's actually like, it. obviously not everything I say, you take it with a grain of salt. You take it like, okay, this is yeah. what I got out of it. And now you showed me a perspective. Not. I'm so might stick to mine, but now I, you know, mine. Yeah. We're not, we're not claiming to be experts. Nope. So I talk about everything because I can. <laughs> I love, yeah, dude. I love talking about everything. Yeah. I watch, I watch too much television. I could talk for television about television for days, but you don't, you don't watch a lot of television out there. No, there's no television. Under, understandably so. Understandably <laughs> so. Yeah. I would not be watching much TV. I would be out <laughs> looking on that ranch, that full skyline. Yeah. Well, the good thing is I finally have started committing myself really to reading. That's something that I, it was so I, hard to do. And I've managed to, to I've managed to get myself to sit down for like hours and read, dude. It's yeah. it's it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's something in meditating that Sam Harris mentions is like, when's the last time you sat down for an hour and a half and actually read a book without checking your email, yeah. without checking your text, without checking anything on your phone? Uh, 
And I was like, fuck me. It's been months, Never. if not years. <laughs> and, yeah, and, uh, and so, yeah, that. committing, committing was a lot. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I want to read that book you were talking about earlier, uh, How to Change Your Mind by Michael. How Paul. to Change Your Mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, yeah, I really, I really, I really want to read that. Definitely worth reading. Uh, definitely. Uh, it's a good read. It's an interesting read. Uh, it's historically relevant and also uh, scientifically relevant and socially relevant in a way that, I mean, we're seeing it. Of, like DC just could decriminalize mushrooms and all psychedelics, I think. And like psilocybin therapy was just made yeah. legal in Oregon. And they de- decriminalized all drugs. Not that I think psychedelics are drugs, but they count apparently to some people. <laughs> um, and they're, they're called like schedule one. I'm just like, that's stupid. They should deschedule that. But that's not my call to make on that actual subject. I have an opinion. I'm allowed to have one as we all are. Um, yeah. But a book I'm actually, I just, I received um, pretty recently and I'm about to read once I finish The Parasitic Mind. Also highly recommend that book. Good societal book. Um, this book is called Hillbilly Elegy and it's got a Netflix movie coming out. Um, and it's going to be, it's highly rated. The book's highly rated, very, uh, very well reviewed, critically, uh, reviewed. And, um, it's basically about, it's the story is about a guy who is from the, uh, Appalachian town in Kentucky and his family is like Appalachia, like super poor, um, I think his mother had drug addiction problems and like, but what happens is he goes to college and then he graduates and goes to Yale law school and he meets someone and he meets people and he meets like what life is like in a society, not in the Appalachian mountains. And it's just a huge change. And like, it's with change comes a lot of like the consequences of changing. It's like, it's like people don't take change very well. Sometimes people have to adjust to the new way of life is this, this success that comes with, with, uh, with working hard. Um, but I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to read it. I think it's a really, I've heard it's a really good book, not hard to read either. Um, so, and it's, it's also, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the most relevant things today because it shows a lifestyle that like no one's ever written from the inside. No one's ever actually talked about Appalachia as having come out of the, the society of that. They're usually giving yeah. an external pers- perspective. So this is big in and something that isn't just about politics. This is not political at all. That's the best part. It's all social, and uh, but it's not like the politics or anything had an effect on that. They just it just kind of came to be. I mean, maybe it had an effect, but it wasn't the effect. It wasn't the driving force in your in your existence. Um, yeah, I highly recommend reading. Man, it's so calming. It's so it's part of. It's kind of like meditating. I mean, it makes you just like. Nothing else matters right now. I'm just reading just the words on the page and that's it. The last book I sat down and actually read um, was Ready Player One. I didn't watch Um, watch the movie. The movie's really good, but the book book is so cool. Um, Just for someone like me who loves like TV and movies so much, there's so much um, 80s pop culture stuff that's just like, really really cool to me and the setting of it obviously is like in a futuristic world where people can use um virtual reality to like yeah literally escape reality like virtual reality is like the technology is beyond anything we can do right now exactly um 
and it, it's it's just a really cool book um i don't read very often that was like a book that like was a page turn that i was like invested yeah. in that's something good about like starting books i just finished a book called um yeah. defending jacob and they made a show about it actually i think this year maybe 2019 and it's um it's a really gripping story of a it's like a family um and this there's a murder committed and then there's a lot of basically the originally the dad it comes from the perspective of the dad and the dad thinks like there's no way but then there's more and more real things that start to like uh reveal more about their son and it's like not entirely so the son's called jacob and they have to defend him and it's um <laughs> it's interesting about how they how like it's it's handling that handling the adversity handling handling the allegations handling loyalty to family and uh and the truth and so it's it's a lot more than just like a story that's what i love about these um good page turning books that you just kind of jump from one to one. You can actually get something out of these that is not explicitly mentioned in the book. Um, You get like a sense of, of in this situation, I don't know how I'd handle myself, but this is how it was handled. And I could imagine myself handling like that. But now that I know what I know, I'm going to try and be more conscious about my reactions towards whatever it may be. And, um, and like mainly adversity, I guess, and, and the ability to, to not suffer despite maybe physical pain. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a fun, it's nice. It's nice to just flip through books and just keep on going. And it's like, I don't think I'll ever stop because goddamn, this is sick. Yeah. Um, no, reading, reading is a beautiful thing. And I definitely, I don't do it enough. Um, I don't know. I, I guess just because TV is so easy. It's I so watch a lot easy of TV, to but sit I, on TV and, and but your phone. I, I try to, um, I try to, I try to watch TV from like a, I don't know, I think it's kind of an interesting lens. Like, I try to understand the people who created the show and why they created it and how they created it and what went into that. And something like, um, I know you've seen some of it, but something like Community to me is really interesting because it's it's based vaguely off of Dan Harmon's uh, own experiences at a community college. Um, and although it's like a sitcom and it's funny and goofy, there are a lot of really raw emotional situations. Um, Underlying truths that are, too. That are reflected from either his life, real life situations that he learned about people. Cause I'm, I know you've seen Abed is, um, Abed has Asperger's in the show and like, he learned, uh, listened to interviews with Dan Harmon, and he's like, he learned a lot from the real life Abed, like learning about neurological deficiencies and people's problems and like how to treat different people and how different yeah. people think. Um, and then seeing all that put into like a goofy comedy, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's something really comforting about that show in particular. And, um, I don't know the, the way that show even talks about television because Abed's kind of the, meta character he talks about tv a lot talks about how tv is just flawed he kind of talks in he talks about it kind of in a way like tv is a person like tv shows have good days and bad days like it needs to be okay for a show to have a bad episode like yeah i don't know it's just, i'm not explaining it very well but if anyone who's still listening to this at this point watches community i hope they understand that. <laughs> you i mean i i hope you 
eventually watch it too because I'll definitely um, obviously yeah. obviously out out there I'm not saying you should sit inside and watch community right now but um, when we <laughs> when, I have when time. you come home when yeah. you come home or whatever um, yeah it's a good show yeah I guess now that we're so deep in this we could just start talking about things that like would not fly in in other conversations like like how often like how often i do crack cocaine yeah shit like that you know or how much i snort i snort uh i snort uh skittles smashed up skittles you know that's a thing i do daily it's such a good time oh yeah for sure pixie sticks those are always fun pixie sticks or uh i i soak tampons in vodka and put them up my ass Dude, the first thing the first thing I think of when you say pixie sticks is what's the first tell me what you think of pixie first sticks think of what's that um the winter thing at Landon Dude, <laughs> oh my god it's, that is uh, exactly fucking yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say Azalea Festival but it's not it's the winter one it's the uh, winter one I don't know what it's called god, my mom something. my mom shout out Suzanne my mom used to do that stuff at Green Sale. Yeah, I used to work with Mrs. Gilbert in the bakery every year. They were, the, yeah, those were, Thanks, those were good. Those were great. I don't know why. I don't know why I made such a big. <laughs> I just thought that's so funny. No, but it's it's year. so funny because it's something that like we don't experience. You don't have that. Can we talk? Anymore, can, we talk right? can we talk about Landon for a second? Bro, <laughs> I like I like thinking about Landon in the in the retrospective because, lens. Dude. Because one, I've I've learned to appreciate my high school experience so much because I've had I've had so many friends in college that either hated high school or like just were very indifferent to high school, and like we got to sit around like we had two free periods a day pretty much, and we could sit in a lounge with all our friends like doing whatever we want like yeah. I don't I don't give a fuck if Jim Neal's listening to this <laughs> sorry buddy we we used to, we used to vape in the senior lounge we used to just sit there and do whatever this. we wanted we used to sit there and do whatever we wanted for yeah. like the entire day like no, that was so awesome play people ping pong that. people don't get that play ping pong yeah. play on their phones just make it conversations bro it was literally like all of us sitting in a circle just like yeah talking and fucking that was the around. best part and there was also the one thing that i appreciated i actually have talked to a lot of people about this and it was like something about an all boys school that is different from a co-ed school is that I we have no need to filter when we have discussions with one another. So if we have a problem with someone, you address that problem. And a big thing that yeah. the senior lines afforded us was direct interactions. Yeah. There was a, yeah, a confrontation bro. a lot. Yeah. And there was there was like dude, like wrestling matches all the time just between yeah. two people. But dude but dude what those what those wrestling matches make you realize is like what's worth arguing over. Yeah, it's like not you know worth I mean? those things. It doesn't make it's it like, necessary. If there if there's something you want to be passionate about, be passionate about it. But yeah. you don't. But you also don't need to make a big deal out of stupid. There's shit. no reason to impose it on someone else. That yeah, was a big I thing. Think that's. I think. I think that's why. Um, at least for me, like I, I the idea of like, I, I hope I don't. No one's listening to this. But <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants, to, if anyone wants to label me as a sexist, go ahead. Uh, I don't understand girl drama. No one does. Like it doesn't make sense, dude. They like you get so mad over the most ridiculous shit, and then you hold grudges, and then you don't talk about it, and then you act nice. Like it's just, yeah. Like, just, if you there's a fake say to it. an issue, 
Yeah, and I don't think it's just girls. I think just from coming in all boys school, we just didn't have that, so it was just seemed so silly. Yeah, but like even people. I find people at this at school. I'm lucky. I've I have a lot of good friends here, but there are a lot of like fake people at this school, dude. And it's like a lot of people driving around in their parents' cars, like just dropping money on whatever, and like they don't really have a conscience for what anyone else's life is like. It's just like. That's not humanistic. Yeah, it's not a humanistic thing, though. I think that's something that that a boys' school afforded us was still like we know there's going to be drama. Drama exists in all forms of 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 life and humans. We we have BS, but it's telling when we didn't have to deal with it in such a passive and like uh, indirect way. It was like we talk shit about some like. At, at, a, at a girl's school, you'll hear, and also at co-ed school, you'll, you'll hear a lot of gossip about something. For us, gossip went around, and then it ended. And then no one yeah, did exactly. shit after. Life went on. There's, ni- there's 90 of us. <laughs> yeah, it, takes two di- it takes two days for every single person in the grade to find out literally every detail of the situation. Exactly. And, there's, and the, so there was no reason to hide. There's no reason to hide your emotions or your thoughts when you had a belief about something, there was all the reason to stand behind your, your belief and actually hold it down. And then if there was someone who confronted you, you deal with that con- confrontation and you try to win the argument or you'd come to some consensus or you lose the argument. It happens, but it's, we also took that loss very easily. Some people didn't. And obviously that's an individual thing, but on a common level, it was easy like for me. It, it could have been easier for, uh, me to let go. Maybe if I had an argument with someone, like my life would go on. I just kind of treat, they're not, that argument doesn't define a person for the rest of their life. And that was something yeah. some people obviously were more expressive about that and would hold it. But for me on my relationships with a lot of people, I'd get in arguments all the time and then I'd hang out with you later and I have a good time in a, in a free yeah. period or I'd have a class. Exactly. With you. And like, it's that kind of thing. It was a looseness to it. It was almost so unrealistic because of the, the fantastic situation we were, are, we were in. And it doesn't reflect reality at all. But it was, a, it was, like, yeah, well, well, the th- it was also the thing a, is- a release. Like we didn't need to be constrained. There was no reason to be. There are constraints. There were rules. There were, there were things that had to be accommodated to. But we still found the best way to thrive amongst each other while it's, it's- in a dense I mean, in a, in a society. It's it's interesting. My um, I talked to my cousin about college and high school, and she told me that especially at Landon, like we're like high school. Although you're right, it's not exactly realistic that we're all going to just be like sitting around doing nothing. But um, high school, like if you think about the routine we did, that prepares you much better for life than college does. We had to wake up every day, put on yeah. a coat and tie, yeah. get somewhere at 8 a.m., and we had responsibilities to take care of. And while college absolutely teaches you how to take care of things on your own, you also don't have, like, a schedule. Like, I wake up at, like, maybe <laughs> 10 or 11, exactly. which isn't even that late. I, walk, I wake up at, like, 10 or 11 every day, and I'm like, damn, I slept in. Yeah. Some well, people sleep until, like, something... 2 o'clock, and, like, exactly. you can do whatever you want, but it's, exactly. but it's just, like... It's very interesting how high school kind of prepares you a little bit more directly. Makes you be a conscious, uh, apply a conscious effort to looking good. Puts you in a routine. Yeah. Exactly. Puts you in a routine of, of, of like 
it becomes easy. It became easy to just put on a tie every morning and it became easy to, yeah, to well, get dressed and look. I mean, obviously we found ways around it, but it's easier. And that's something that the ranch has helped the, me do the, a lot too. The fake, the fake, uh, the shirt with the sweater. It? Yeah. The, the cut off. Uh, you cut off the, or like I'd wear jogger so khakis. Just I just wear joggers and khakis with sneakers. Oh, yeah. My entire junior year, I wore sneakers to school and no one said a thing. That was insane Dude, to me. Shout out Mr. Murphy. Every every single time senior year that Mr. Murphy said, yes, Spencer, where's your blazer? I'm like, oh, sorry, it's in my... Uh, it's my car. It's in my closet. It's my closet. Or, in my, it's in my um, locker. Yeah, locker. And then, be, and then he'd be like, all right, go get it. And then I'd like go to Not my locker see him. and then like go out the back door and go to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and then was, get my yeah. blazer. Like, I literally don't think I would wear a blazer for all of senior year. God damn it. This senior year was incredibly chill. But, but I also think what I learned about um, how people can let things go, like that was huge. Not – there was something, though, that I overtook was like I would make a lot, of, a lot of jokes when I first got to school. So I was very easygoing, fluid, but I, it was also like easy for me to not take something seriously, um, especially having um, – an immature mind being a freshman in college, being very ex- anxious and excited. I was, um, I was, uh, kind of engulfed in the idea that if I said something, there was no consequences to it. And it's like, that's just not true. That doesn't exist. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, there was something about school at Landon that we didn't really have that. You didn't care. You know, there was no consequences to like a lot of what we said because uh, unless there was and you were directly harming someone, then yeah, you get stepped up on. But for the most yeah. part, there wasn't there wasn't a huge there was a huge barrier of or no, there was a very vast broad barrier that was like hard to reach. Now in college, that 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 barrier shrinks. Um, you can't say certain things. You can't make fun of certain people anymore. There are protected groups. There are protected identities. There are protected um, just sects and society. And you just, you can't make fun of those people. And that's fine. I don't care. I'm not the one seeking out to mock people. I don't give a flying fuck about those kind of things. But some people, like, that's their job. Comedians, they have to make fun of those types of people. And obviously comedians, like, there's not a vast population of comedians in college. So that's not, that's not, that's not the point. No, I mean, making. that's where it starts. Yeah, but that's that's it'll start there. Some people don't even go to college; they just drop out of college, high school and just fucking start making people laugh. So it's a different yeah. to each his own in that sense. But I, uh, something like that. I mean, just just simple things where you, the weight of your words were imposed on you a lot more than you expected. And I, I had an interesting learning experience between high school and college and adjusting to that reality. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you experienced that. I don't know. Um, I definitely feel like when I came to college that I like, I don't know. We talked about this a little bit before we started, how we grew up in a, in a, I don't want to speak for you, but um, I feel like our area was definitely a bubble. Um, we had like a lot of similar people around me and um, we're all very fortunate everyone goes through their own personal situations and has struggles but it's like we're all very fortunate and we couldn't understand certain people's struggles in a certain way 
and coming to college, not that I directly experienced those struggles, but like you meet people from all different walks of life, yeah. whether it's whether it's people more fortunate than you or less fortunate than you, and you kind of start to. I think I sort of started to understand that like the way I thought in high school is like very limiting. And yeah, I wasn't that's really, definitely true. I wasn't, I, w- I was very focused on myself because my whole life had been my parents telling me you need to get good grades and go to college. Yeah. And then you get to college and no one's telling you to do your homework. And it's kind of like what we were talking about with free will. You start to realize like, wait, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just giving, yeah, and then yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And then you don't do your homework for three weeks and it's like, oh shit, I can, <laughs> I can do whatever do I want, but it has consequences. Yes, yes. And I, it, yeah. you just get you just get open to a lot of new situations and new people and um, yeah. I don't know, I'd like a, to I'd like to retract my statement as being a negative one when I say that um, you know you can't make fun of certain people because something that college taught me is like I don't need to make fun of certain people I just don't there's no reason to I have no, yeah, no there's no I drive and so I'm you see in, a lot of different college, perspectives you see that different absolutely. reference frame. Your frame of reference I, in I high school was, was I, a lot I, smaller and going to no, college. No, I agree. I've, I've, I've started to realize stuff like, like even like slightly like racist jokes and stuff like that stuff doesn't, doing stuff like that doesn't mean you're a racist, but it also contributes to a society where you're not saying racism, where you're saying racism is a slightly acceptable thing as a joke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we should just be open about that's not cool yeah yeah but i don't think also attacking someone and saying you're a racist and then that that doesn't help them they usually yeah, just, do that and you don't i can't imagine you do that i guess i don't know if you do on social no, media no, or whatever no. but calling someone like that doesn't really answer the question of like okay but what's actually wrong here you know it's that they're yeah, they're I mean, adding to the issue in a way that is not rather than um addressing it in a formal or direct way there's a constant satire to it. And I think satire is totally acceptable, but satire needs to also be, there's always too much of something. So satire, there yeah. can be too much of it. And you can be like, hold the fuck up for a second. This is, wait a second. This is, this is deeper than just a joke. And yeah. um, I think, but I also think that jokes don't need to be limited. So like those kinds of jokes, not that I condone, there's and a setting for them. There's a setting and in for my, them. And in, yes. my, and in my opinion, that is almost exclusively it's, on stage. No, as it's a com- purely on stage on com- as a comedian. That's all it, I think. So, 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 and, and, I, and I genuinely appreciate that kind of stuff. So someone like Dave, Dave Chappelle, we talked a little bit about him earlier, but yeah, I think Dave Chappelle is one of, genuinely one of the most fascinating people in America. He, um, he, some of his new stand-ups he talks about i don't want to get too political again but he talks about um trump and kind of it was in 2017 after he was i think i listened to that one just he just kind of laid out what he thought was going to happen and how his country was going to react not so much what trump was going to do but more how the country would react yeah and he was just spot on he was like this is either going to be a moment where we all come together and realize like hey we shouldn't be electing someone like this like he, he, he i think his exacting wording was he'll either be like the lie that wakes us all up yeah 
or he'll be like a curse that makes it even worse and like has people super divisive and super yeah. like angry at each other and like super separated mm-hmm. um, that's i mean that's what happened <laughs> they got yeah, so divisive um, and um but but, but yeah going... i just i think like yeah going back like i just think um i only brought him up because he does lots of trans jokes and lots of race jokes of all races and um, i think there's like oh like someone like that like you're saying about satire like someone like that who's not so much trained in it but like that's the, that's like i they they do know how you would feel about this but i would argue that dave Chappelle is as good as anyone has been at their job since michael jordan no I there's a lot of arguments cool. that he's the he goat is, i think he is flawless in his execution of comedy and, and and allowing someone like that to execute satire or someone like Sasha Barrett Cohen like mm-hmm. allowing people like that to execute satire in the way that they know how to do best and really expose people and show people's Sasha Baron Cohen more than Dave Chappelle the true sides show show people's true sides or what Dave Chappelle does is like he says stuff that everyone everyone kind of thinks about and then he makes you think about, hey, why is that funny? Or why shouldn't it be funny? Or is it okay for it to be funny? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he does it in a really good way. Yeah, so that's a goal there. I like that about um, that type of that type of comedy. Because, yeah, there's a driven, like, all right, here's the truth. But let me just show it in a funny-ass way. Um, and that's a lot of, actually, comedians. They do that. They talk about certain issues and they talk about certain concepts absolutely yeah it's not, it's not limited just to Dave Chappelle. yeah but i think dave chapelle i would stand behind the acknowledgement that dave chapelle is probably the the current holder of best in the current uh, of the current comedians um yeah, and i, I think he's I think... he's an arguable goat like easy argument i mean you could stand behind it and be like you're not I, wrong but i don't i don't, think, I don't know enough i don't know i don't know i don't know who would just for um for conversation's sake, I want to think about this for a second. I don't know what other comedian. I'm trying to think of old comedians, Eddie Murphy, maybe Richard Pryor. Um, Richard Pryor is like the OG. That guy's. I've watched um, one of his, and it was the f- fucking like one of the funniest things I've watched. And <laughs> on television, I haven't watched a lot of his stuff, but he's yeah. He's I, I watched it like three years ago, but um, it was. I've heard so much about him. I was like, you gotta listen. Dave is just so raw. Yeah. Dave Chappelle does it, but he's also, he's something about like certain um, comedians is that they've molded to their time. Well, too. It's not just that the comedy is good. He is in the best situation societally to be doing what he's doing. And he's doing it flawlessly in a way that hits everyone in the fucking face with truth. The thing about that, that's so cool to me is um, what we were talking about earlier is like, he's right now he's in the best situation societally that he's ever been like he has a bunch of shows on netflix stuff but like that wasn't what was going to happen when he left the Chappelle show on comedy central like he was basically he he says in one of his stand-ups he's like i don't know what you think happens when you say no to a multi-million dollar deal from (laughs) comedy central but what doesn't happen is they say good luck (laughs) <laughs> no, like, say, fuck you. They they don't wish you well on your way. Like they don't. Oh, they're not like, hey, that. I'll give yeah. you I'll give you a recommendation to start a new show. Like 
he no. was Dunzo. And then he yeah. started doing he he moved to Ohio. I don't know if you know this, but he moved to Ohio. He lives out in like butt fuck nowhere, Ohio. Um, and he talks about in his interview with Dave Letterman how like Dave asked him like how how is it being a celebrity now? And what's it like? And he's like, I'm I'm not a celebrity in my town in Ohio. Like when press comes to the city, people in my town are like either if they know me, they're like yeah i don't know where he is because they don't want the press to bother him or they genuinely don't know him and they're like who the fuck are you talking about what are you talking about yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he tells he tells a joke about he he was like doing an award ceremony or something and he's pretending like the people back home are like hey look honey it's the guy from the grocery store he's on the tv and then Dave's like, their wives are like, no, you idiot. The guy from the TV's at the grocery store. <laughs> like, like, it's just interesting the way he's a celebrity in a way that most people aren't. Like, he, he doesn't live in L.A. or New York. He lives literally on a farm. Yeah. Um, during COVID, he hosted shows on his farm. I heard about to that. Try to give so people cool. jobs yeah. during the pandemic and give people comedy. You should, you should check out um, – it's not a stand-up show. It's a 45-minute interview with Dave. I've heard. It's really, yeah. really interesting. Oh, it's yeah, at, yeah, yeah. At the, it's at the farm in Ohio. That's so cool. Um, and they walk around the town and talk. It's, it's very, very cool. Yeah. But, There's um, something about anonymity um, I actually you, – you reminded me of that um, – there's, have you ever um, seen the Netflix? It's like a series of uh, comedians. They go about 30 minutes or so and they, it's uh, comedians of the world, I think around the world or something. Yeah. 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 British yeah. Guy. I watched that with uh, Taylor. A little bit. So funny, but there's a comedian, a, Brit- a British comedian. Um, and he, he has this, he has this, he talks about how anonymity, but still being successful is probably the most ideal situation when like nobody knows who you are, but you can do whatever the fuck you want. And he talks about, he talks about the drummer of Coldplay and how the drummer of Coldplay, no one knows his name. No one has any idea who he is, what he looks like, who, what his voice sounds like, what, uh, anything about him really. But he, he is so, he is like hundreds of millions of dollars in like in uh, a value as a human being. Yeah. And along with that, he also cameoed in Game of Thrones in one of the greatest scenes in television called it's the, Red Wedding. Who he is. the Red Wedding. And guess what he played as? Guess what he fucking played as? Uh, dragon. The drummer. <laughs> he was the drummer oh, for sick. the wedding band. Because it was the Red that's Wedding, and he fuck, was the drummer. Yeah. That's how that's fucking awesome that guy, like that kind of life he has. Dude, no so, one needs so to that, seek him out. He just da- goes on without anyone interrupting him. Awesome. Dude, so that reminds me of, um, I read somewhere that apparently Dolly Parton, she isn't actually blonde, and it's like she wears blonde wigs to perform. And she, like, goes about living her normal life, like, without makeup and, like, her normal brunette hair. And she just, like, goes to lunch everywhere. And like, Damn. who knows who the fuck she is. Yeah. That <laughs> like, kind of stuff is sick. so cool. You'll, she's, like, she'll probably yeah. get really good treatment sometimes in some situations. But then they'll be like, why? Who is that person? Yeah. And, like, that's everyone why, that's else why will I be feel confused. Like, I feel like a cool – oh, no. I really hope I didn't just do something wrong. Hmm? 
just fucked up something with my computer. Sorry. Um, oh, I was going to say, I think that's why it'd be really cool to be a director. Because yeah. you get to work on cool movies with people doing something you really like. And yeah. then you do go not to everyone's going to be able to recognize you. Yeah. I feel like that... as a director, like like real fans will recognize you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like the I like that analogy though of the of the Coldplay band of Coldplay drummer. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I like when he said so that, sad. I was like, wait a second. I don't know who that is. No one knows who the guitarist is or the bassist. Like there's just yeah. everyone knows Chris Martin. That's it. And he's a singer. And then life goes on. Dude, I can't imagine what wearing earbuds is is like for what is it, seven almost seven and a half hours straight? Of um, yeah, you've got you've taken them off like twice. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get a nice little ear massage tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the massage parlor and get it. And just massage. ask for ear massaging. Just the inside of my ear canals, please. Yeah, <laughs> just inside. <laughs> just get a just get a um, a Q-tip and just lightly press the inside of my ear. <laughs> I just smoothed it out. Yeah. I was actually thinking about massages. Like, man, those are, those are one of the weirdest. That's like meditating too, in that you go through it and you get pressed down hard and you go through pain. But when you're done 48 hours later, you feel fucking amazing. You feel so correct on all like physical sensations. It's so nice. I can't hear you because I think the earbud. The microphones are uh, in your ear. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's just... more comfortable wearing them upside down. Yeah, I've seen that with people. I didn't realize that the mic covers it up. I know. It's cool that they're on the bottom of the... I, I realized that when someone did it with the AirPods, I was like, yes, wear them. They're much better. <laughs> so the microphone's right here. Yes. I think it's also, no, you're not that loud. You're just, uh, I can hear your voice clearly. (laughs) It's not that loud. I think it's because of both of them. They both have microphones. So if you put, I can't hear any, I didn't hear that. That was weird. Maybe it's because they came out of your ear. Don't know. Mics are, mics are weird for, for that kind of thing. I like, that's why I like this microphone. I just have something in front of my face. I I have an interesting idea. What's that? What do you think? What do you think about like tattoos? Did you ever get a tattoo? Dude, so I had this. I, I had another discussion with him, but uh, he also talked about this, and I wanted to bring it up earlier. But yeah, Alex Real has two tattoos, and he's like, I, I had him on the podcast last time, and he was talking about this, and like, I have an interesting. I, I think I have a pretty lame perspective on it, but I have an interesting like perspective that I've seen from people, and it's like there's the differentiation between like tattoos for the sake of tattoos then tattoos for the sake of an artistic uh expressing and then there's just tattoos yeah. uh because you are committed to a concept or an image and then there's just not getting a tattoo and i i like the idea of getting a tattoo uh and not being able not being afraid to be able to express it 
there should be there should be no like stigma behind tattoos they're just there um i think there's an intention behind tattoos that is kind of assumed for some people they just assume that he got a tattoo because he's rebellious or because he's he's uh against something or he likes this it's like no he just likes this and he just wants to show you in his own way he wants to show himself also because it's a reminder maybe so i i like the practicality of it i'm just personally not committed to anything yet in that sense like maybe i become a buddhist then maybe i'd maybe i'd consider it but i don't think for me i'm at that place where i'm set on something um how about you though I don't know if I'll ever get a tattoo, but I'm I'm definitely open to the idea. I think tattoos are really, really, really cool if you do them right. And I don't mean just do them right as in like get a good artist to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you were saying, the intention and the purpose behind it. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people that have cool tattoos that I think look really cool and they have them for literally that reason because they look cool. I know a lot of people that have really, really cool tattoos that are really meaningful to, to them. Like I have a close friend that um, school down here that has been through a lot of stuff in his life and he has a tattoo that uh, it's the Roman numeral I and then it's greater than and then it's an up arrow and a down arrow and it means I am greater than my highs and lows. Oh, I like uh, that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And originally apparently the the thought it comes from um a religious tattoo it's supposed to be g and it's supposed to be like god is greater than my highs and lows but i like it a lot better as i'm greater than my eyes yeah because the individual is not Um, restricted to just their highs and their best parts and their worst parts they're everything in between exactly so um I think I'm I'm certainly open to getting a tattoo, but yeah. it would have to be for, it'd have to be for a reason. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be intention behind it. It's funny because that's kind of what I think of like heaven, not a heaven, but an afterlife and all that stuff, like stuff after death, consciousness after death. It's like, hey, I don't think that it's um, like I'm listening. I'm I, just putting my phone on charge. Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. The um, the thought is not um. The door is not closed. The thought is not dead. I still think that there is a possibility, but as of now, I don't have any evidence to, to believe it, so I don't. It's the same thing with kind of tattoos. It's like in the sense that, in the sense that um, I don't, the door is not closed on the opportunity of doing it, but I don't see a reason to do it that is like meaningful enough and that if the regret were to come, which I doubt I would have any if I were to do it at this point, um, it would be worth it. It would be like, I, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm doing this because I like, I like my, um, I like whatever the, the, the thing is, um, be it a place, a, a photo of someone, uh, an animal, uh, anything really, anything that has imagery to it or an idea that can be made into a, a picture of fucking whatever. <laughs> it's, I like that concept though. I think the concept is so cool. And I think like, uh, Eastern, what is it? Eastern, like Pacific Eastern uh, tattoos, like uh, uh, Pacific Islanders. That's what it is. Um, so oh, like New Zealand, Guam. Um, that's perfect, that's dude. Um, I, Those are so if cool. If you go, look up, look up Robert Whitaker right now. Um, he's Robert my favorite UFC fighter. He's Whitaker. Robert Whitaker. He's born, Whitaker. He's born in 
W-H-I-T-T-A-K-E-R. There we go. He got some sick tattoos. Dude, he looks like a rock of a man. Oh, that, I love savage. that tattoo. See, that shoulder tattoo that he's got with uh, yeah. the intricate designs. You look at – um, the, It's the Maori, what we were talking about. Yeah, the, the Maori, Maori tattoos. Yeah, I love those tattoos. You see New Zealand so he, football or rugby players all the time as well. Yeah, exactly. So, so he was born in New Zealand and lives in Australia now. But um, that's just like something – that I think definitely translates to rugby too. You were talking about this earlier when I was mentioning martial arts, like just like, I don't know. I don't know why I think this translates to the, to the tattoos, but just like something about like, it's like a, it's like a symbol of war, but also like a symbol of respect, like in rugby and like MMA, like you're going to a war and a battle with someone and you're trying to, I mean, even in rugby, the goal isn't to hurt people, but man, rugby is vicious. <laughs> like yeah. the MMA, you're literally trying to hurt each other, yeah. and it's like the the level of respect um, amongst those kind of people is just very interesting to me. Not it's really high. Kind of, I don't know why I think that tattoo translates to that, but normally when I see someone with a tattoo, like I agree, I've thought about this actually. Um, some with regards to like you said the respect aspect of like when you finish a rugby game a match a rugby match you shake hands you have beer with them or you eat with them afterwards you go hang yeah. out you have a conversation after mixed martial arts matches they they hug they talk to each other they have conversations and, and obviously a, a lot war, of guys, it's different but go ahead. yeah no but yeah <laughs> like you're saying a lot of guys like um it depends on like what kind of martial art you're traditionally trained in like on uh, Halloween, there was a fight between two really good um, Taekwondo fighters. And they're also good at jujitsu. And there's just like what basically what they do at the end of the fight is they literally like get on their hands and knees and face each other and like just bow to each other literally for like five minutes, just saying like, thank really? you. Like this was an awesome opportunity. Yeah. Like, thank you. Thank you for doing this with me. Because um, one of them, I'm, I don't know if you've heard of Anderson Silva, but he's like yeah. one of the legends of the UFC. And it was his last fight ever. And he was fighting a guy that like idolized him as a kid. So it was like really beautiful to see like like the the guy Uriah Hall was like literally crying after the fight. Like, thank you so much. Like, because he, he knocked out like his idol. It was yeah. like, he, was, they were, he was like crying, like, thank you so much for doing this. And Anderson Silva was like, it was kind of funny because obviously he respects him hugely, but he was also like, he had just been knocked out and like he just it was to him it was just like another fight yeah like he's so chill about it he's like he's like it's okay he's like i, I can't do his accent but he's like a thick thick brazilian accent he's like it's okay man like it's okay yeah. like, stop like don't worry just a fight i'm happy to do it it was beautiful it was great yeah <laughs> and this dude's just like crying like thank you like he was apologizing like i didn't mean to knock you out <laughs> <laughs> it's just like like you would never see that in a street fight. No, like, you never all. see someone knock someone out and be like, "I'm so sorry." Like, thank you for doing this. Yeah, thing. yeah. Because there's not, there's no, there's no respect in a street fight. Yeah, well, there's That's no respect in many arts. sports. Yeah, mixed martial absolutely. arts is super admirable, incredibly. This is, dude, so this is what got me into being a fan of it. Is like you see people talk shit on the internet to like, like athletes, like, oh, like how the fuck did you drop that ball last week, like. Like, how the fuck didn't you score on that penalty kick? Like, whatever. Like, yeah. And then you see people like talk shit to fighters on Twitter, 
and most of these guys are guys that grew up in like rough neighborhoods where like if you call someone a bitch you got slapped in the face for it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and, like it's really if you listen to jorge maz we'd all talk about like internet trolls and like like fighters who talk shit on twitter and then like are soft in person they're like oh it's just business like he's like i'm just like whatever like you got to do a persona to like get business whatever like i'm still gonna slap the shit out of you like my kid like he's like my kids can read what you say yeah like like i grew up in somewhere like you called someone a bitch you you proved it you were gonna prove they were a bitch or else they're gonna beat the shit out of you or else Um, you're the bitch yeah yeah and i just think it's really interesting like the level of respect fighters have and it, it made me like realize like criticizing athletes and stuff like you should be careful criticizing fighters because all they do is fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all they do, that's what they do. Like, that's their job. Like, like players, players talk shit in football. Like the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get slapped in the head on like a corner route by like the safety yeah. or something. Cause yeah. pissed off at you. Like you talk mad shit about someone. Jorge Mazadal talked about it. He, I'm sure you've seen his knockout. He knocked out a dude in four seconds with a flying knee. Yes. Dude, Wild. He, he literally had he went on Joe Rogan's podcast like two months before that. He was like, I'm gonna fuck this dude up. Like this dude's like a like a science teacher. Like he's small and ugly and all he does is like talk shit on the internet. And like when I see him in person, he's just like quiet. He's like, oh. I'm gonna beat the shit out of this dude. And he knocked yeah. out in four seconds. Yeah, that's a huge attitude thing. Um that is interesting with it's hard like obviously I'm a total outsider to this this MMA world, the UFC community. Um and I think when they talk like they go on Joe Rogan's podcast a lot and they'll actually talk yeah. about the discipline and the art and also the respect and the things that they learn, Absolutely. the values that they learn outside of the mat. And it's awesome to see that because it's people think it's just like chicken, um, chicken fighting. It's like, that's it. It's just like you're throwing two dogs together, yeah, two, pe- two people exactly. together people, and then they think- just fight. People used to call it human cockfighting. Human cockfighting. Like, that's what it is. That's yeah. not what it is. It's, no, there's it's, more. It's people. Way it's, more people, to people it. it's people. It's people fighting in a cage. Absolutely. But if you go back and look at the original UFC one, the first event ever for UFC, the whole point of it was to determine what the best mixed martial art was. It was yeah. someone. It was someone who was trained in savat, which is like a Russian kind of Krav Maga type thing versus someone who is a sumo wrestler versus someone who is a boxer versus someone who is a traditional wrestler versus someone who's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner versus yeah. someone who is a taekwondo fighter and they all did a tournament style and it came together and at the end jiu-jitsu Hoist one, Gracie right? Hoist Gracie yeah jiu-jitsu master submitted Ken Shamrock who was a traditional shoot fighter like wrestling and um, it showed, this is why I think jujitsu is so cool. It's literally the whole point of jujitsu is someone smaller and weaker can, can submit someone bigger and stronger based simply off of the fact of knowing how to manipulate your body part than their body part. Yeah. Um, it's something that technique it's just, it's just, is so it's, big. Technique and it's like what so you're talking important. about, like, learn, yeah, technique, but le- like learning what you're talking about, learning stuff off the mat, like learning about discipline and respect. And you learn it from being on the mat. I'm not, I haven't trained a lot. I went to a jujitsu class with my cousin Chip, 
who's giant compared to me. So I got roughed up quite a bit, but it's like, that's what you were talking about earlier. Like, it's kind of like life. Like you, you go out, you try to do something you, and then in martial arts, you're getting literally roughed up. You're going <laughs> to put it on your ass and submitted. Yeah. And it's like a very, although I haven't done competitions or anything, I've, I've been submitted. A lot of my friends do jujitsu and we roll just for fun. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's very humbling. Like, like you realize like you're not you're you i don't know i think i think guys have a lot of problems we're overconfident sometimes you think yeah like, sometimes sometimes i'll watch ufc fights and i'm like oh i could i could, I could do that fight. yeah <laughs> and then and then you and then you you grapple with someone who's not even like a white belt in jiu-jitsu and you get submitted and it's like oh shit oh okay oh that 115 pound girl would probably beat the fuck out of me yeah yeah, there's um, a lot of um, that's something with like because technique definitely is definitely part of yeah. Sorry, yeah, no, technique is definitely like it's, it's no, crazy what, you gonna what say? you can do with your body parts. But um, I was gonna say, I definitely once COVID's over, I want to um, once I'm actually training and doing jujitsu classes, I want to like come on and talk about that again a little bit. That'd be cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that would be a good conversation to have because I'm, I love when people can commit themselves to a discipline and it's life changing, but also they get something out of it. So like now you'll be able, like once you, and it's been like of, building up for so long because of COVID. Like, yeah. You're just I'm waiting really, and waiting. Really, yeah. I know. I'm really, really excited. Yeah. Um, that's but be it's been fun. good also because I've been able to like kind of figure out what I want to do with it. Like, there's different kinds of jujitsu. Like they've um, the two main types are like gi or no gi. So meaning like gi is like the traditional like robe with the belt, and like yeah. what you see like normally you think of like someone who does taekwondo. Like the in the Olympics, I think they do it right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and no gi is gi is just like the term for the robe. No, and no gi obviously means no robe. No so robe. it's just like. not athletic shorts but like tight compression shorts and like compression shirt and i think i want to do no gi because although it's not as traditional it's like more practical because what they do a lot of times in gi is you have this you have this loose collar and they do these collar chokes where they pull it really tight like if they're on their back they pull it away that they like choke you out with the collar of your gi yeah and like while that's fucking sick like you're not gonna be able to do that with someone's t-shirt yeah, you know I mean, yeah. There's more practicality so, in like there's more practicality behind uh, no gi. And obviously, I'm not looking to get into street fights, but just like simply Protecting defending yourself. myself. I don't, yeah. I don't want to have to rely on a situation where I'm trying to grab like someone's the pant leg of someone, like of someone's gi to initiate a trip, and it's yeah. like, oh shit, they're they're wearing chubby shorts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can't can't pick the ankle with no ankle to pick. yeah you're just grabbing the ankle itself yeah there's but you know what i'm saying it's it's more difficult that's for sure we are approaching but, um, the eighth hour we can end anytime <laughs> you want i don't care i just have to have dinner before i go to bed but i might even just go to bed once i finish this because i gotta I'm wake up shower after early. you want to see something really cool yeah let's see something really cool I can just with my mouth, but nothing else. 
I can make a sound that sounds exactly like me blowing through a straw into like a cup of water. You know, you Go ahead. <laughs> oh, couldn't yeah. really hear it but it was it was pretty i could from what i imagine it's pretty good you hear it a little bit a little bit a little bit a little bit you know I, my my voice is a little raspy from talking for so long it's it okay kind of hard to yeah no really i project I, myself <laughs> it's a very forgivable forgivable thing to try so no one's judging here and again, I don't really think anyone's fucking listening at this point. Um, I know. That's the only reason I did it. <laughs> that's something I've also – there it is. You can hear it nice and clearly. Um, I think something about, like, these podcasts – and I've been told to try and limit them. I've been told to try to have, like, a narrow focus and have a directed intention. But, like – what's the point of having a conversation that's only based around one subject when, when you're given this opportunity, this feels free. I feel so free talking to you. I can talk about whatever the hell I want as long as it find it interesting. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. It's beautiful. I don't think there's a problem with having a direction though. Like we no, started I don't with know, a direction. Yeah. yeah. We, I think having a direction is good, but having one direction and talking about one single thing. Well, okay. One direction. One direction. We haven't heard from them and, yeah. Years. Key, I'm, I have no problem. I would have said this if this was the start of the podcast. One Direction slaps, bro. One Direction goes hard as fuck. I'm good with not listening to them. I listen to Tame Impala. Well, you're missing um, out. Uh, I'm end good. Of, end, end, of, end of the day by One Direction. Give it a <laughs> I've listened to music. I'm just not committed to it. I just, I'm fine with listening to it. It's banger. It's a banger. Yeah. Bang I've been city. listening to mostly the Spillage Village. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to that stuff. That's so cool. The I had no that idea Spillage really, Village. That album's really good. To really, yeah, it's like very mystical. It's like not yeah, it's not very rap centric. It's like very like soul. Um. Rhythm and blues Funk, type. R and B blues. Ooh. There's a song called Happy. H A P I. And a song called Jupiter. That are I wanna just listen to the like, album. Yeah, just listen to it. It's very good. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, I'm looking at the I think I looked at the album cover of it and the um It's pretty it's cool. Village it's Village. Like a, yeah, it's a really interesting um I guess it's like the image of of like a heaven type with the yeah that's supposed to be mary it's a it's a the the album's a little bit gospel oriented yeah you've seen that i've seen that a lot in rap that's kind of shits it's kind of jumped into rap a lot chance brought that in with um coloring book yeah that was a big one started that trend i don't know if he started it but yeah he was definitely the biggest influence i feel like he was one of the first people to bring gospel into rap at least in modern In modern modern music, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of '90s hip hop or rap, so I don't want to say whether or not people were doing it back then. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I've listened to some, but like, it's pretty sick. I don't think it talks about that stuff though. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just running out of – I don't even run out of things we talk about. We could just keep talking about, like, why the fuck do we focus so much – like, I, I always bring this up, actually, and it's – I don't know why I haven't thought about it. Like, we focus so much on, for example, um, astrophysics when we have no idea – like we have, we the have, min- yeah, the ocean, our knowledge of the ocean is incredibly limited in compared Let's to like, I'm so glad you brought. The, yeah. Uh, and like understanding our oceans. Like 4% of the ocean. And I, I'm a, I'm a certified scuba diver. Really? My, my advanced patch certification. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking lit. I haven't been scuba diving in a really long time, but it's so cool. And like just being down there and like literally like, I don't know it's it it sounds kind of silly but like think about it like even on a safari or like going to the zoo like you don't get to be with these animals like in their natural situations like very few people get to be with animals in like their natural habitats and observe them and like scuba diving you can do that literally anywhere and just see these fish in their natural habitats and like it's just very cool very beautiful yeah, one thing about um, safaris, since I have had the beautiful, lucky experience of being on one, is that That's that was so something I, ex- ex- I expected it to be a lot more separated from natural life in the way and like it was you very, just, it was involved. It was incredibly intertwined in the data, like just the life that these animals live um, that I expected there to be missing. I expected like, oh, we just go on this. Like, yeah, there's a general trail, for example, but we have no idea what we're going to see on the way. We know where yeah. they usually live because we study them, but with something yeah. that uh, marine and life. And they can still come up to the truck. And- exactly. They could still do that. So there's still a relationship there, but I totally, I totally yeah. appreciate uh, marine science and marine um, Yeah, no, uh, I, was, I wasn't exploration. trying to, I wasn't. No, you're not bashing. On, you're not bashing at all. I just yeah, think I've, I've never been in a safari. I still, I still really want to go in a safari. Yeah, those um, those are fascinating. But I think marine obviously life, you just show up. Obviously, you you're you're, you're only scuba diving for an hour or less at a time. Um, I don't know. There's something there's something cool about like the rock formations, and you can like there. There's this one dive I've gone on in the Cayman Islands where you go under these like rock like mountain things and you like huh. swim underneath and if you like turn upside down you can be swimming and like you're seeing these like rocks and corals coming over and you can see like lobsters underneath that's so the cool. coral and like it's like it's like it's all it's literally what you're talking about we've only explored four percent of the ocean like yeah it's literally a whole different world and it's, yeah it's just very very cool face to face with all kinds of different animals like <laughs> yeah and there's millions of species in the ocean too that we yeah, see like, that I don't are even like know what I'm looking ridiculous. at half time yeah you have like, no idea specific, what the actual specific, there are specific fish that like I get familiar with and I keep an eye out for because I like them but like I'd say probably close to Wait, you probably see that like a thousand fish on a dive probably recognize less than like 70 80 percent of them and there are yeah. there are a lot there are a lot of them that like you do recognize because they're a lot of the same types of fish but there's also so many different small tiny fish and exactly. Like crabs and, exactly 
and you forget the corals alive, dude. You mm. see these, there are these coral sprouts that come out of the sand. They're like these big fans. Yeah. And if you get close, if you get close to them, you like wave at them with your flipper and like push the water on them. They retract into the sand and disappear. Really? It's so sick. That's yeah, so it's like cool. these literally like these giant fans like waving. It's so cool. They just drop. Yeah, there's something about there's something about like the coral reef that I always think is insane because it is alive. It is a conscious yeah. to an extent. It's a conscious being that is looks like just a mountain in the Living, in the way that it just is there. Eating. It's crazy. Exactly, and we kind of and there's obviously like the argument. There is an argument to be made about like you know helping uh, the environment to then help these things stay alive. Um, I think it's not like doomsday level stuff, but I still think like that stuff is so, when you just look at it on the most basic sense, the raw form of, of a, uh, of these beings, the raw form of them, like why should we kill them? What's the point? There's nothing to gain from killing certain animals because they don't have any like nutrition or any sort of value, or maybe they're incredibly endangered. So there's a lot of things there. And like, why let them just die? Why not? Like at this point when we've been playing God for so long and we, and like, we still only know 4% of the entire ocean, what is stopping us that other than the fact that it's pretty difficult because we don't live in the water, so we can't really just access it very easily. But other than that, what is actually stopping us from willing to learn and explore and you know, answer the difficult questions of like, how the fuck are, are we, we're 350 million years, I think separated from lobsters and there's still um, significant um, uh, relationships that they have in nature that speak to our um, kind of um, way of living in like there's hierarchies in, in their, uh, in their species and that there's um, for example, like, um, kind of the, the mating situation and there's a hierarchy there and obviously in their level it's fighting but for them there's still a hierarchy that exists there's a hierarchy that exists in everywhere in nature but the fact that something so distant from us can still have the same properties in a society is fascinating is, is something that absolutely it, it connects us on a level that is so beyond consciousness and beyond these like interconnectedness senses it's more like just time has passed and we still have common traits with these other animals that's nuts that is crazy that we have these relationships like that Um, yeah um duncan trussell talks about stuff like that he talks about like how you're doing stuff in your everyday life and then like you know there's a little part of you that's just like your primal like primate monkey brain that's just like go grab food or something <laughs> like, <laughs> like like go have sex right now like yeah. you just have this little like primal brain in you that's just focused on eating and fucking and, and satisfaction the satisfactory monkey satisfactory circus monkey i think that's what it is satisfaction circus monkey circus something like that monkey. um there's a ted talk i listened or someone was talking about that it's like mm-hmm. harnessing the monkey but then there's also like um, separating from the monkey in a way that's like kind of the whole thing of like give yourself 10 seconds to make a decision don't just jump to a single conclusion don't jump to yeah. one thing trust your actions don't get me wrong 
but they're still like, hold the fuck up. Okay. Yeah. I want to do this. And then they, they do that thing. Um, yeah, that's the, I, I always find that interesting. The relationship between our primal kind of selves and how we are in a society that influences us every single day. And yet there's people that believe that we're entirely socially constructed beings and there's people that believe that we're entirely built on one by bi- like on biology. We're all predetermined and this stuff. It's like, when is that, That's when is sticking thought. to one ideology has ever been true? Social constructionism mm-hmm. isn't all true and pure biological predeterminism isn't uh, true either. There's a mix of the two. That's what's sick Even about Even science us. gets like disproven over time. Yeah. There's when there's new science that comes out, it has, there's, there's we, we just, that's the way of knowing. Not even that, we just science, believe, normal No, science. I know what you're saying. We, we used to believe that um, the earth rotated around the sun. Like, the sun rotated around the earth. And that's what I meant. Yeah. And people still think, like... People used to think the earth was round. You mean like, flat? It's obviously flat. No, it's flat. <laughs> you're a flat obviously earther? It's flat. Obviously. God, no. I'm a I'm a global I'm a globed earther. <laughs> all about that globe life. All about, about globe life. Bro, I I think the flat earth whole belief system is like you're just disbelieving on truth that like you can't even you can't even prove like they can't prove. Get it? it it's get so it. it's also reaching. Like who cares? What does that change? At the end of the day, why is it like? Why is it such just, a big like, deal? After after taking apes, it's like all the weather systems and the reasons why it's hot at the equator and cold at the poles, like all the wind systems and the water systems, like it all just makes sense. And then hearing like a flat earth and say that it's flat, it's like, okay, like why none is it, of that makes why sense. Is it, why is it hot at the equator and why is it the bird <laughs> longer at the equator? Because it makes perfect sense when you think about the tilt of the Earth and the way the Earth rotates and the way the Earth rotates around the sun and yeah. the amount of sunlight you get per day. Why does that make so much sense if we're flat? If we're flat. Where is the sun? Where's the sun at? Where's the sun at in flat Earth theory? Seriously. I think it's, I don't healing. Get it. I think it's geocentric. I think that they think the, that the also, maybe not. I've heard though that it's do geocentric. They think, do you think, do they think the sun like comes up? Like yeah, they say that, that there's a lot of people that around. think it, it goes around us. That's truly what people think. Sometimes. Bring it around town. <laughs> That's nonsense, bro. It is wild. It is nonsense. It, it's so funny, too, though. Like, let them think it. I don't give a shit. They're not going to change the world. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's happening, but, like, I believe those pictures I see. Like why isn't it why I don't I just don't get the idea that like NASA's lying that like why? I've never why heard it, I've never heard it I've never I've never heard an actual good the 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 typical reason I hear about Na, like what flat earthers think about why NASA lies to us is that they say like there's a society that's running the entire planet and they they have to keep certain things from the people to like maintain order and like why would the earth be flat and there being no aliens or any other planets like that would be way more chill like i would have way less questions like i wouldn't be thinking about space all the time 
if like that seem that seems less problematic. So why what? would they be trying to convince? It's less problematic if the Earth was flat. Why would why wouldn't they be trying to convince us the Earth is flat? That's easier. Yeah. That means we should just focus on Earth. Like I like yeah. it doesn't make sense. Like what kind of society would? I don't understand what the point of hiding the flat Earth is. Yeah, like why what does it change? Why is NASA lying? It doesn't make sense. Like, People say it's for power. And honestly, I think it's a really selfish theory because it assumes that, like, first off, there's things that could actually run this planet that are in the that are smaller than the planet itself and still can make control over. They make decisions over the planet. That's just stupid. That's thinking like you're giving too much power to like lizards or people. You're giving or lizard people. You're giving you're giving, yeah. you're giving this like hierarchical power to something that has no influence over in a, in a no direct influence over reality and doesn't matter because when you think about um, these kind of things, you don't. No one's worried that the lizard people are running the earth. Like what's what would act like if someone were to have truly believe it, maybe they would be worried, but I don't believe it. And I'm not worried because, mm-hmm. because what is that going to do? What does that change? Like, is your life all Korea. of a sudden now, you know, this information now you just, now it's over. No, like you, that's kind you, of what you, people think with enlightenment. You think you lose this scent. You're like no longer human. You're just a, you're a, you're greater than that. But it's like, no, you're just, you're just different. And this is the same have shit. You, have you heard um, Duncan Trussell talk about hollow earth theory? A uh, sum, I forgot how he, how he describes it's it, but I remember so it hilarious. He, he brings it up on Joe Rogan's podcast and he's like, he like asked Joe, like, have you ever heard of hollow earth theory? He's like, hollow earth? Like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, <laughs> Duncan's like, you know, like, the flat earthers look down on the hollow earthers <laughs> and it's like apparently the idea is that like there's a society inside the core of the earth that's like they figured out a way to like harness the energy of the core of the earth or something they have a society underneath the earth and they're like controlling everything that happens and like all us people on the outside on like the crust of the earth are just like I don't even know how he explained it. It's like they're like controlling us because they've like figured out how to live life in a way that's like they've just like figured it out or some shit. Not and like it's not living, restricted by just, the laws of physics or time or anything like that. Not not so much that, but they've just they're like they just know everything and they've just like figured out <laughs> a way. I think I think it's that they originally were humans, but like they figured out a way to like live inside the earth and now they just like watch all the people on the outside of the earth like like scrambling trying to avoid like meteorites like i don't know that's so (laughs) stupid that's again you're giving too much power to a group that doesn't even matter at the end of the day like what are you gonna do (laughs) let's say they exist let's just for argument's sake and conspiracy theory's sake Let's say that there is a society underground in the core of the earth that is harnessing yeah. the energy of the earth and that is controlling things from under. What are you going to do to stop them? <laughs> I'm going <laughs> like, to start digging. You're going to start digging. And then at one point, I'm you're going to realize digging. that it's too hot. And then you're just like, <laughs> fuck, I can't get out of here because there's no ladder back. There's no nothing. Yep. So you're just stuck. And then what? And then you lose. And then your argument's wrong <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. 
and now you just have a huge hole in the ground. So I, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy those kind of conspiracy theories because it's like you, first off, you can't prove it. And also yep. you can't, you can't like say anything that goes against it because they could just give you some fact that correlate. They're finding causation where there's just correlation and where they're yes, even, correlation it, does not equal causation. Yes, I love it. Mate. Exactly. I love it. But it's also that correlation, uh, finding a correlation doesn't mean that there is actually a correlation too. There's also like circular reasoning, kind of if yeah. A then equals B, then or if A is B, then um, B is A, some shit like that. Where if D's nuts are on your chin, then D chin nuts on D's. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, Got circular. <laughs> uh, do you so in the naked Buddha? Because I've been thinking about this. Is it so? Does it explain Buddhism? in a sense, but in a societal perspective so, or so I'm, or, I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I've only gotten 10 or 15 pages in, <laughs> but, um, I know, dude, I've been, I mean, I'm so bad about reading. How long that. is it? Um, I don't know exactly how long it is. I have it on like my ebook. Oh, okay. My phone's charging over there. So I don't know. But, um, it basically so far. And like what I've read a little bit about it, my doctor told me a little bit about it. It's basically like, trying to explain buddhism in a way that's applicable to everyday life yeah and just try to um demystify it a little bit not in like a sense where like it's not spiritual at all yeah i mean meditation is extremely spiritual but it's it's about just like making it more applicable and um my doctor told me the person that wrote it's kind of funny um they kind of find adrian howley adrian howley I'm not sure like who they, that is. They, they talk about, like, kind of humorously how stuff is applicable and not applicable to your life. And, yeah. I don't know, I'm excited. Yeah. going to get me back into meditating. Yeah, that's what I'm glad. I'm glad more than anything that you're, you're actually going to recommit um, to something that I think you would agree is incredibly helpful. Um, Absolutely. Ritual. Um, I'm trying to find the pages number of these books because I always find like there's this book called Siddhartha that is written by uh, Herman Hesse and it's like 60 pages long about Buddhism. This one's 288 pages, so okay. it's a bit more. But yeah, it's it seems really interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely look into reading it at some point. I'm trying to. Um, there's a couple books of Buddhism that I'm, I'm considering reading. Um, one is Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. Then there's also a book called um, On Having No Head by Steve or uh, Douglas Harding. Um, and that one's really interesting too. He was a teacher of Buddhism. And then I have, I have a little list that I just started, started uh, indulging in. Oh, and um, this is interesting actually, Stoicism. And uh, it's this book, these two books called a, Good, a Guide to the Good Life and The Stoic Challenge. And something about stoicism that I found really interesting is like the definition of stoicism is kind of not expressing any emotions, but the, this, I listened to the, one of the conversations that Sam Harris has with um, these teachers. And this guy is more of a, he's a philosopher, professor, author, and he wrote these books on, he, he gives it a guide to stoicism um, and an introduction to stoicism that is not so much of being hard and being, um, kind of uh 
steadfast in your expression of your emotions. You're rather a, just the, the emotion thing they talk about as being just negative emotions. So there's the ideas of negative visualization where you, you think of things that could go wrong and then you realize like, Oh, I'm, for example, right now, like I could be uh, having cancer, but like, this is so much better. You know, if you're in a bad situation, that's kind of what it makes you think. Shit like that though, where it's like you appreciate yeah, no, the situation. I know, I know what you mean. Or um, there's also the, um, they use like thought exercises rather than meditation, but they obviously don't like denounce meditation, but it's using that to be able to look at um, things more objectively rather than through an emotional lens. And I think that is huge in today's age because we've kind of got into this and they talk about it in the, in the conversation and they say like um, that we've kind of played a lot into like victimhood narratives and this kind of stoicism really does not support hates victim victimization of people because it looks at it in a lens that is like, this is reality. And then there's like, you get a deck of cards now deal with it. Like you don't have to go blaming people for your problems because yep. that doesn't help anyone. You can go blaming someone, but then what? then there's someone else to blame and then there's someone else to blame and someone else. To, and then you have no one else to blame. And then it's just on you. Why not just skip all that and just go to yourself and then figure out it's kind of, I, I haven't read into it enough, but like there's a stoic path that they have on the meditation app. And um, I'm going to definitely do that once I finish, um, finish the, the introductory course, because I really, really want to know how to harness my emotions in a way that I can, conceptualize thoughts to be able to converse in a way that is meaningful to people while still having a relaxed tone, maybe yeah. um, allowing for argument to not turn into just insult. Cause that's a big one. Um, and something we've lacked in our, in my age group, uh, in our age group. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a big one. I think I recommend it. I don't know if you're interested, like stoicism and reading into those things. I can, yeah, no, I can sounds very interesting. send you the names of the books. If, um, For sure. once you get into reading more and more, <laughs> yeah, cause it'll be easier once you're in the rhythm. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad though. Um, I guess we could start. Eh, I don't have shit. I was going to say we could start to wrap this up, but <laughs> I don't, I was just going to say we more in general. I was also just going to say in general, even if we were or weren't going to wrap it up, I'm really glad that each time I have a podcast, um, something comes of it. Even if it's not the conversation itself during the podcast, something beforehand, like we talked about meditation and mindfulness for like an hour before we actually talked about them and psychedelics and all these things. We talked about these things for so long before we actually started the podcast and these conversations changed my idea of it because I got an experience. I got to learn your side of it and you learn my side of it. And now I'm like, hold on. I could see this differently. That doesn't mean also that we have to be like easily susceptible to change. We have to be susceptible to be given the chance to change, but we don't have to be susceptible to just being gullible and accepting things to be true when they're probably not. Yeah. No, the, um, I don't know why that made me think of this, but in, I think it's the first episode of Midnight Gospel. Um, Is it Dr. He talks Drew? About like, yeah, he talk, they talk about like the trying, to, trying to get people to change and think about what they're really doing and how psychedelics can do that. 
and um, Duncan was saying something about like um, I was thinking he this is a quote paraphrasing him like I I was thinking about what happened if we pumped world leaders full of mushrooms <laughs> and he was like, be like no war. maybe like maybe like eighty percent of them would be like wow war is so stupid we should just try to make sure everyone has food and a home and everyone's okay. And then he was like, but there might be like 20, 10 or 20 percent of them that are like, like, go crazy and go like conspiracy <laughs> theorist mode and like, like, everyone's trying to take me down. Yeah, like, yeah, like you're paranoid. Yeah, because they realize what they're doing is wrong and they react in a bad way to it. Yeah, there's always a possibility of that. But I think if you also like, I think his point is accepting just... it and not running away from it. Yeah. But also what he talks about with like pumping that thing, it's not just pumping with mushrooms. It's also giving them uh, a guided meditation. And there's also in this book, they talk about the, he, he does his, he has his own personal experiences, Michael Pollan with taking um, LSD, uh, psilocybin and DMT, 5-MeO DMT. And in the one, in each one, it's a three day situation. And they're usually pretty off the grid, which is pretty sick. But the first one, I think, well, each one, the first day is they meet, they hang out, they get to talking and they have this, um, they do a breathing exercise they do preparation and they tell you what to prepare for and how to think. The second day is you, you take the, you take the psychedelic and you have, you usually give you light music, maybe <laughs> headphones and, um, and, uh, sunglasses and you sit in your in your uh setting very comfortably and the next day it's called the integrate the third day is the integration session and that's where they give you like they let you process your emotions and let you process what you experienced that's a huge missing component in people who take psychedelics recreationally they some people don't give themselves a chance to talk about it and process it and then make sense of it Rather Absolutely. than just sit with it for a while, yeah. when you sit with your own thoughts for a while, it's they, very, it's they very metastasize. Abstract. Yes, very abstract, very um, nuanced in like the most uh, immense way. Like every single component has a different element to it that has a different perspective and approach to it that doesn't. Yeah, um, it's, it's like you were saying. It's like you were saying earlier with the. Um, NYU studies like there's a small percentage of people that don't really feel like a mystical thing from it yeah but um you still certain the the best way I would say if it's not mystical I guess the the best way to explain it would be nonsensical like it it doesn't make sense it's it's a crazy feeling that you can't you've never felt before Mm -hmm. and I, I love that um that that snow analogy that that your your habits and the your sledding. addictions yeah. um, are are these paths that you've been ingrained into doing, and at a certain point on a sledding hill, you start to do something, and you immediately go down that same path that you've been doing because it's ingrained into you. You exactly. get these habits and do the same things over and over, and you take psychedelics, and it's a fresh snowfall. And yeah, you literally, if if you go back and watch that episode that we we're talking about, the uh, mind explained. I'm going to watch. I watched it a while ago. Yeah. Watch it again. It's just, I remember they show a cool graph of like, they show your brain, like 
how your brain normally interacts with each I, other. Uh, yeah, I was about to talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. And it sh- and it shows like whatever, like certain regions interacting a lot and certain regions like not touching at all. And then they show someone on shrooms and it's like every single part of your brain's interacting yeah. with every single other part of your brain. Yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. just like, I think, I think this is the most true cliche about psychedelics. Um, and it, you can interpret it a lot of different ways, but um, I think that psychedelics really make you think in a way that you've never thought before. Yeah. And that can mean all kinds of different things, but it like it literally makes your brain connect pathways that haven't been connected before. And that's and that's fucking awesome. It's so cool. I think when you look at these graphs, um, in the podcast episode with Paul Stamets, and they they show it and they show a little uh, graphic of it, and then this book they show the same graphic, and it's basically two circles, um, and it's your brain, and it's the connections you make throughout that brain. And then there's the regular one where there's kind of these thick lines. That's the ones that make the most connections. And then when you're on psychedelics, it's there's all these new circulations and new neural connections that are changing your neuroscience and neurophysiology in a way that like very few things do um, in, a, in a positive, in a more opening way. Um, I think meditation does it fascinatingly, obviously, of a, short, a longer period of time and commitment but psychedelics like you get eight hours and then you're a changed person if you do it the right way and that's amazing um and i think uh looking at the um neuroscience of it is a massive part of it yeah i know i saw (laughs) it doesn't matter this fly keeps it keeps landing on my mouthpiece it keeps Uh, coming back that's annoying i'm sorry (laughs) don't worry about it but um the what was i saying the well it's the relationship like we were talking about earlier with like science and spirituality and how there's a thick line that has been drawn neuroscience has achieved things that have started to be able to map what consciousness is and what ego is and what the, the the subconscious is and all these things and um and i think i think if we continue, which we are, I think we're seeing a lot of um, the FDA is definitely approving a lot more science, scientific studies on these, um, on these psychedelics. Um, but I think, I think given, given the current climate, especially, this is probably the best time for there to be psychedelics uh, becoming back into uh, society in a way that we, we can implement them to be better for ourselves because we can, we Man, can imagine, realize imagine, what's sorry. better for us. No, go ahead, go ahead, dude. Um, imagine like legislators and lawyers and and judges and and presidents on shrooms. Not on shrooms, like, but after having taken shrooms. No, no yeah, exactly. You, you know, no, I don't. I'm I don't joking. mean to have I'm the Supreme Court justices take shrooms while in court. <laughs> I just mean like having people that have had these experiences that understand not not that everyone who takes shrooms understands life better than anyone else yeah. but just has I just think it makes people very open-minded about things. Yeah, um, it opens your mind because it turns off your ego. That's the whole thing I was talking about with the default mode network, that DMN, that's where like your autobiographical memory um is hugely played our perception of ourselves is really uh, influenced by the default mode network. Um, okay. Let me see. There's a bit more that they explain it in a good way. 
Um, I, I wanted I wanted to mention something about um, ego death real quick. Hang on to your idea. Don't forget it. No, but, I just uh, was gonna say the wakeful rest. It's it. you just when yeah, okay. it's just like it's just like um, it's being active when a person is not focused on the outside world, and the brain is at wakeful rest, such as day so during daydreaming and mind wandering. So it's like it's when you're you're just more aware of your inner thoughts, but you're you are your inner thoughts rather than thinking about them as thoughts. So yeah. you're just you're just kind of going through this loop. You you hear people talk about like like ego death. Oh, all the time. Ego dissolution. And, yeah, and um, I, I hear pe- so I I've never I've never had a real. Um, I mean, when I trip by myself, I definitely felt. Um, it's sort of uh, a reevaluation of it of the ego yeah, reevaluation of yourself and yeah. consciousness and, and why you do things and why you value certain things i've never had like a true ego death situation because i've always kind of been self-conscious about myself so i've never had like a huge ego yeah um, sometimes i front with a big ego because i'm self-conscious but um that's interesting. But actually, I I I, I hear pe- I hear people talk about like they're scared to trip because they're scared of ego death. Like they're scared to like come to realization that like they might not be who they think they are. And I think that's so obviously it's a scary situation. Like if you actually like it's it's hard to confront. But I think that's so funny that people are scared of that because like if I had that problem, I would love to come to that realization. Yeah, like that's such a freeing realization that you're not totally find it who you think you are. Well, in in the um, it's scary. A, a doubt, oh, but. so scary. Well, they, there's actually a lot of training manuals that um, that are given by uh, by the psychonauts and and psychologists and psychiatrists for people who who take psychedelics and are about to take psychedelics. They have a little like uh, it's called the the flight uh, flight instructions. And there's basic thing is um, uh, let go. No. Yeah. Let go, be open and trust yourself. Something like that. Exactly. in those, not exactly in that way. So it's letting go. Um, so for example, when, and these apply letting go, being open to experience, letting go of, of any concerns and trusting yourself because you know, when you, when you think you're going to die, when you go into a, like, for example, you open a door on a trip, you go upstairs, you look at a cliff, go towards that cliff. That's what they say. Open that door, go down those stairs Yes, dude. because oh, you're not going to die. I want to say something when you're done. Yeah. Well, and, and, the, and the point I'm trying to make though, is that like ego death is not your physical death there. So you're going to come out of this and you're still going to be Spencer Davis when you, when you yes. come out, you just, now you see it in a different way. You see it in a more um, ego. Uh, what's the difference between egocentric and ego not centric? But basically it's that where you take away the, the main focus and you look at like the rest of it. it. It literally applies a filter the opposite way that a filter exists. And, and that yeah. it's like, here's the world and through your ego. And then like, here's the world without the ego. They kind of pull the bandaid off and they're like, Holy shit. That is not what I thought it would be like. And then, and that's fine. That doesn't scare anyone. I mean, it does scare anyone approaching it, but once you're there, it's like, oh my God, this is beautiful. It's just so much better yeah. than expected. So what were you going to say? I was going to say, um, it all comes back to that episode of Mind Explained is exactly what you're talking about. Like you hear these psychologists talking to people who are about to trip 
and they're asking questions about what's going to happen and what they're going to do. And it's exactly like what you were just saying. Um, I, I think it's one of the Ask coolest yourself, things in the, go, in the whole yeah. episode is th- this, it's footage from like the seventies of a, of a lady going through psilocybin treatment. And I think her husband had died maybe. Um, I don't remember, but she was, she was asking the doctor that was in the room with her before, like the day before she was going to trip. She said, um, she said, what if it feels like I'm going to die? Like, what do I do if I feel like the best part and the psychologist goes, then die. Yeah, exactly. And it like, I, I, I watched it normally before I tripped and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's weird, yeah. And I, I tripped and I watched it because I had an experience like that where like, not like I felt like I was dying, but something scary was happening. And after I was like, why the fuck was I thinking that was scary? Nothing was yeah. And I went back and watched that after I had tripped on shrooms. And I was yeah. like, damn, oh God, just, just die. Just, and well, I, it's, I, I, just I had a really, I had a really, I had a really cool experience. Sorry, I had a really cool experience. Um, I guess dying on. Um, I took dying acid. on acid. I took, <laughs> That's... I took a close. I took a. I don't want to expose him in case anyone's listening to this, but a close friend of ours who uh, plays hockey, um, but did not go to school with us. Yes, um, I'm aware. Who you were very close with. Um, Same initials as me. Yeah, there you go. Um, and we we were at the farm, and we were tripping at night. And I'm, I've never been like scared of the dark, but like I don't know. We we went out at like three a.m. and we were tripping, and we went on the golf cart and we like went and sat out in the field and smoked a bong in like the dark and listened to like animals howling and like yeah. bugs flying around. And it's just like we're like so exposed in this situation, like. Obviously, we're on private property, but like, when it comes to nature, like if there was a coyote to come out, like you'd be so exposed. Like, nature doesn't care that it's private property. <laughs> exactly, and yeah. but then you realize like na- nature's also doing its own thing. And you're exactly, just it's not seeking you out, and you're just a you're just a part of it. And it's like you can be scared of anything, or you can be scared of nothing, because stuff's gonna be like stuff's gonna be scary no matter what. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you just got to face it, especially when it's not, like, actual physical. Like, obviously, it's smart to be scared of a fucking black bear. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one's arguing, like, you should stand there and be like, I am not scared of you, black bear. I have no fear. Yeah. Like, no, that's no, not that's but, stupid. But, but, but I, ideas, to be scared of ideas and be scared of, of people because of their ideas, um, it, it just seems so silly once you get that uh, clean set of snow when you unpack it realizing like why why i don't want to i mean we're way into it no one's gonna listen hear this but i think about it with like islamophobia in this country like don't get me wrong 9-11 was a horrible travesty many many people died that did not deserve to die and it was horrible but since 9-11 we've done a phenomenal job of increasing our our national security and there have been far more domestic ter- terrorists attacked by white men than there have been by Islamic terrorists. There's literally not the been US. one successful. There is not. There is literally 
Look it up. There's literally no, I, I know the stats. one success, not one successful yeah. terrorist attack inside the U.S. Yeah, by been a Islam fuck ton since nine eleven. No, there has been a fuck ton. Um, I just remember, and that's no. that's not to say that we shouldn't have good national security against foreign terrorism, but it's also like, hey, maybe we should. You did a good job. At, maybe we should look at treating people with mental health issues so they don't shoot up our children at school. Make them make it worth it for them to get treated. It's a very serious topic, and I just kind of laid it out there. But like for real, like that's true. That's what happens. And then we have people. That's why I love Borat so much. Because he as he's um, Jewish and has, I don't want to say his name correctly. I think his one of his parents is from the Middle East, maybe directly from Israel. I don't know. But Sasha Baron Cohen. Say, Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah, not Borat. Oh, uh, it's like what? <laughs> um, but um, he he's from England, I think. Yeah, he is. He's from but, he's from Hammersmith, um, London. He's um he's a very interesting dude, and he just talks about how. Um, like Borat was the first like openly anti-Semitic character like blatantly and openly anti-Semitic and like it kind he was his goal with it was to like kind of make people realize like there's like this kind of hidden like not real anti-Semitism but like out of all the racist jokes that went around Atlanta I would say Jew jokes were definitely number one (laughs) Like yeah, but we also had a lot of Jewish friends, so it, like it, it played a factor. Well, I mean, that I that played well, a factor. I, but, think, in there. but but I agree. But think about it like that: we would never say racist jokes to our black friends. No, absolutely not. I think there because was we don't because of, because there's a level of anti-Semitism that's acceptable in this country. Yeah, it's, I have an interesting. I've learned a lot about anti-Semitism and Judaism, and like there is a lot that we don't understand why we do. Like, for example, make a lot of like we used to make a lot of Jewish jokes. Um, yeah, and a lot of it was fed off Borat. Borat was huge on that. I mean, there was a lot of yeah, just well, because Borat. we didn't we didn't understand it was fucking satire when you were little. Yeah, well, at least I I didn't I, when I first I, saw it. I thought it was oh when I really? first. When they, when they told you it was a documentary, you're like, ah, oh, it's not a dad. No, 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 no. You, no, I, I'm not saying I thought it was, re- it was all real. I, I understood that he was making fun of people and making people look dumb. Like I didn't, I didn't think. That, I guess you didn't get the weight of it. No, I know what you're saying. I agree with you. Yeah, you I, know I what I mean. Like, like, like we, we, for a lot of middle school is like very nice. My life. Like, it's, yeah. it's just, it's just funny. And then you go back and watch it a year later. And it's like, oh, that was Whoa, kind of messed shit. up. And then you go back a year later. It's like, oh wow, I see what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, uh, but I think, but not I think, that I, not that I thought it was a real documentary the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying in the sense that there was real people and there was only a few real actors in the show in the movie. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, no, I understood that. that. But um, with Judaism, interesting stuff about it is like they're the most persistently, like easily, easy to hate on group in the fucking world. Since the dawn of existence, they have been oppressed, persecuted, and yeah. killed off even in different, Dude. different time periods in, in our life, in our existence in humanity. And it's, and the fact that we actually don't realize like they got fucked a lot. There was Holocaust. Dude. There was there was all the Rome shit and dude, Egypt dude. and fucking dude, I don't know exactly, is, but it's dude, dude, it's ridiculous perfect. how much they've gotten wrecked. Dude, Dave Chappelle does a fucking hilarious skit about this. He talks about 
he's like it's it's really hard playing uh um like like a struggle comparison with a jewish person he and because he's like oh well we you know we got jim crow laws and then they're like oh well world war ii is because of the holocaust and they're like well i mean we we got you on slavery and then jews come out of he's like jews come out of nowhere it's like don't forget about egypt yeah exactly that was 2000 years ago god damn yeah (laughs) it's like shit like that though it's like a lot more spread out but it's more indirect because they're still considered white and that's and i love i I, yeah no i i love um i love how he brings up um kind of comparative suffering and how a lot of people do that in this country um he talks about it with women um i don't know if you saw (laughs) if did you see bill burr's snl yes Monologue. So, so good. Fucking so good. funny. So I've heard Dave, it so Dave many Chappelle. times though. Like you hear it on, yeah, so on Joe Rogan Dave, talking Dave about Chappelle. It a lot too. Yeah, Dave Chappelle has a a little bit about that, but he he talks about he's talking about comparative suffering and he and he he, he says something like like y'all suffered, but but not like us. And he sees like a woman in her, in the crowd like rolling her eyes or something. He's like li- he's like listen, Miss, I hear you. It 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 must have been tough for you. But, but the the phrase he uses, he's like, "Y'all were in on, y'all were in on the heist. You just didn't like your cut. You just didn't like your cut. You yeah, I like heard that. Cut. I heard that. It's so good. It's like y'all were sitting there while we were being oppressed, and just just like Bill Burr says, like you got bored, you went and fucked the black dude, and then said, it and then rape. called it rape. Yeah, it's so stupid. Fucking dude, the the just to harp on Dave Chappelle one more time." He, he does a, at the end of one of his shows, he talks about Emmett Till and how, um, I think it was in 1951, yeah, he was from Chicago, and I'm sure you know the story, and he went down to Mississippi to visit his family, and apparently his parents told him not to talk to any white people, and he saw a young woman walking out of a grocery store, and he was sitting with his family, and he whistled at her, I can't whistle, but he whistled and said, uh he, he said uh oh it's uh bye baby he just said bye baby and she walked away and he went home with his family and two nights later four men showed up at the house and beat the shit out of him and kidnapped him and tied him to a tire and threw him in the bottom of the lake and um he talks about his Emmett Till's mom or grandma, I don't know, either one. And um, when they had the funeral after they found the body, the the grandma said, um, this gave me goosebumps for something. I heard it. She said, uh, leave the casket open. I want everyone to see what they did to my baby. Damn. And she, she had an open casket for news reporters and anyone from the public. And they came and they saw this 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 13 year old kid drowned and beaten and battered and it made people fucking realize that this kid's life was taken away from him because he was black yeah and you could you could some people might argue well all he had to do was not whistle at her if that was a white kid who had whistled at her nothing would have happened he maybe the girl would have been like shut up 
says something. He would not have been kidnapped and beaten and murdered. Yeah. I don't don't even know why I mentioned that. That took a dark turn. People, 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 and that's why I love Dave Chappelle. He, He talks about humorous, ridiculous stuff, and then he makes you realize that. As Shit isn't that fun. Jokes either. are um, people's still, lives are jokes. Real life still exists, and joking people's about it is exactly. yes. There's still a division between jokeable, you know, uh, real things rather than um, I don't know the opposite. I guess because that is something. It's just something that you can't. You don't want to talk about because it's yeah, not. It's like even we, the funny we, approach is just not that funny. It's like we were, we were talking about like what's funny what's not what's appropriate and what's not and why and like just like kind of showing that like it's late enough <laughs> no one hears this but like stuff like we were talking about earlier like pronoun pronouns and like transgender and stuff like that like yeah. those problems are very real to those people absolutely but like i don't have a problem with dave Chappelle joking about trans people on stage because at the end of the day, he shows you like joking about people's lives. And don't get me wrong, there are people who get murdered for being trans in certain areas, and that's fucking horrible. Um, but he shows, like, with stories like that, he shows like there's stuff to joke about and there's stuff that's not funny because it ruins people's lives and mm-hmm. takes people's lives away from them. Sorry to. No, down there. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. I was trying to think of a, a kind of a addition to that, but it's difficult because, yeah, it's. Um, I'm just so eloquent. <laughs> you're just so eloquent. I, I'm speechless <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah, I think. I guess if we're gonna dig into this a bit, I think something about um, what people like social constructionists. Um, will agree with that is like okay that kind of um, existing tribalism and racism and bigotry towards someone is based on um, social society and how we got people to buy into their race and their identities and then there's um, the biological thing is like saying hierarchies and tribalism has always existed in nature um, and I think we just buy into it and that's what just racism is and I'm in the middle on that. I don't think, obviously, not a lot of people are on each end of that spectrum. But I think that it is a huge influence between um, the, the societal impact because you're, you're learning something. And then it becomes easier and easier to learn over a long period of time. That's existed with um, that kind of identity for a long time. But um, also with there's an element of social as- um uh, addition that plays into the, or I guess like a multiplication sense, like there's a, a uh, an addition that um, tribalism is where it started. You know, there there were these tribes in different parts of the world and they were their own uh, group of people and then they started spreading and shit happened and like, um, and then they started going to different places and seeing different people and then there became kind of like a, a first distrust because you naturally people and thing any any sort of organism that is conscious is has like a level of consciousness you know uh, mammals for example and fish and and um other marine biology and all this stuff um there's a there's a proclivity to be attached to the the similar looking um identities and so 
that existed that has existed for a long period of time but i also think society played a massive part in that and and that not it added to the fire of tribalism in a way that is grotesque because it it doesn't allow for uh a human race to do what it's meant to do which is mix and spread in a way that is um it's just how we how we built. We're kind of built on territorial land and and also objects and stuff. We're not built um, entirely to just. There's a level of competition that is natural, um, but that is also something that in social constructs that has kind of turned away more because there's so many of us at this point that it's like why compete at this point? There's so many options of yeah. types of people that you we can turn around and like circle back on ourselves into helping each other rather than just killing each other. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Like people thought, and this is one of the things I was thinking about when we were originally talking about like pronouns and stuff. It's like people get mad about like people wanting to be called by different pronouns. It's like, that's the whole point of like the reason we have houses and TVs and shit is so we don't have to worry about killing food and surviving from being killed. Like all of this is about convenience so we can be happy and more comfortable. And when you get more comfortable, you start thinking about things that aren't just survival. It's about being happy in your own body and trying to understand yourself. And it's like you're inconvenienced by someone trying to understand their own identity. Like that's what being human is. That's- that's what being that's conscious just, that's the most, is. That's the most. That's the most human thing ever. It's beautiful. Like stop, stop being mad at people for trying to understand themselves. Yeah, I just don't think. I don't think like that kind of identity politics in the way that is like your identity defines you. It 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 part is part of the definition. You know, being of a, a certain race, being of a certain gender identity, and also a certain um, sexual orientation and uh, country of origin. And all these other factors that play into like, and genetics, your genetics, who your parents are, who your friends are, uh, where you go to school. You don't pick those things. You don't choose where you grow up. You don't choose what house you live in, how many siblings you have. And these things are something that are help identify you, but don't identify you as an individual uh, free thinking human being. Um, and that's what bothers me. I think, um, you discuss like that the fact that we get to think more and have to worry less is a beautiful thing. And I totally agree. I want us to be able to worry less about things and figure out ourselves more, but I also want us to be able to not criticize for disagreeing uh, on certain ideologies or certain ideas about certain, those concepts, because that's awesome. Having different ideas is like the coolest variation uh game that there could be because not you can have arguments about it you can have rationalizations you can and the good thing about arguments is that you realize what your argument actually looks like when you're talking to someone who disagrees with you the truth comes out the most because they're asking the hardest questions and when you don't allow yourself to hear those questions being hurt or being told and you just kind of build up this stronghold on the on the ideology in a way that doesn't allow for any sort of room then there's no discourse and there's no variation of thought and existence and consciousness that we we seem to lack right now i agree i liked a lot of what you like i'm a little 
zooted right now but like i was literally just like very into what you're saying I, yeah I, I agree with a lot of that dude yep. i was i was thinking about um just about how i brought him up a billion times but how duncan trussell talks about consciousness <laughs> as, as kind of like a just like i don't remember if this is actually him saying this but it's kind of just like like mindfulness is kind of just like opening a barrier between like you and everything i forget how it's i forget how it's phrased yeah it's like well, opening a barrier between your between your between your thoughts and your and consciousness your, or or maybe yeah. it's making a barrier between your your thoughts and thoughts your emotions and consciousness. um but just kind of just kind of being in the moment what we've talked about this whole time just being in the moment and separating yourself from your thoughts and kind of understanding that like your thoughts aren't yeah like your thoughts aren't a definition of who you are like you're gonna no. think things that that we always know, change like, our like, minds you're like people people don't even i don't know i think this is a crazy concept but like you you'll think about things that you don't agree with you know yeah, what of i course. mean that's yeah and because like, you want to know what like, you don't like that, that's such like a basic concept and like you might say that to someone and they'd be like yeah no shit so <laughs> i don't want to think about all the time but it's like recognizing that and accepting that and mm-hmm. realizing that you're not as connected to your thoughts as you think you are is like very comforting and very freeing because yeah. it makes you think like all these negative thoughts you're having like if you're like self-conscious like all these negative thoughts you're having about yourself realizing mm-hmm. that you might think that way about yourself but that's not necessarily true or like just because you think that doesn't make it true you've just had a negative image of yourself because you've you're projecting something from your past whatever like just kind of removing yourself from your thoughts and allowing yourself to be accepting of alternative thoughts yeah and yourself so there's actually something that we haven't managed to discuss after these no way long ass time it's the um no you know we're coming up on nine hours i'm trying to think we started at my time like 6 37 well that that's a little over five hours so yeah we're coming up on five hours now probably probably coming up on five hours but nine hours on um on total time oh yeah nine hours since eight minutes eight hours and 56 seconds about to be 57 that's 36 minutes 56 minutes and 57 seconds. That's what it's about to be. If, if, Aaliyah, to be listens, if, if Aaliyah listens all the way through this, she might be mad and this might break a FaceTime record. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, I was going to ask, like, dude, Actually, what, not true. how, how guess, long have you so been on we, FaceTime? So when we first started dating, it was like, I would get home from school and we FaceTime until literally like 5 a.m. until I was ready to leave for school the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like we fall asleep on FaceTime sometimes, but this is this is great talking. This is I talking. I love. I know, but that's that's something that I've, I another reason I wanted to come in this is like I I love um, being able to like with Aaliyah like sometimes just like we watch a lot of TV and a lot of the yeah. same TV shows, so just FaceTime like just talk about whatever, just like we're doing right now, and it's like yeah. talk about everything just yeah. great man conversations are just a very underrated they're very underappreciated thing mm-hmm. talking to people who are like-minded you but not exactly the same as you or not, is you amazing. Were, not, not or like not even like-minded 
I have a lot of friends that struggle with like, or maybe it's I struggle with it, but like we have conversations and then um, there's a there's a disagreement and it's like like a friend will take it personally and be like, all right, man, like whatever, like I'm not trying to have an argument. It's like I'm not trying to have an argument either, bro. Like we can disagree. Yeah. I'm just trying to talk. I'm just trying to like. It's see what your position is and why you to, think it is so i'm trying to understand why you feel that way yeah and i'm trying to tell you why i feel this way and we don't have to change each other's mind no so not like, at all but that's the me. that's the psychological benefit of of um my red headphone this time oh finally <laughs> but um that i think is a psychological benefit also of of a, a real life rather than sitting in an echo chamber and being told that you're right all the time. Um, I think, I think meditation does that. It makes you aware of your thoughts and you're like, nah, that's stupid. All right. Not doing that again. And then there's also um, having discourse. There's also yoga. There's mixed martial arts. I mean, you're going to find, you start hitting walls as you go through life. That's the best part. Unless you're a perfect God-like being, which doesn't exist because there are, God doesn't necessarily exist. Um, and there's such a thing as a perfect human. So you're going to make mistakes as you go. And I think what I've been able to appreciate is that those mistakes are going to come. I've had some mistakes come, and I think more are going to come and I need to react from them in a way that uh, allows me to change my mind and continue to evolve while sustaining what I believe is like true and uh, fair and correct. Um, but still willing to change with society yeah. too. Some, something uh, you were saying, talking about reacting to stuff. Um, I just, I just realized this now. Um, Shout out Suzanne. Um, my mom instilled me, instilled this in me when I was really young, um, and I, I, I don't think she even realizes that um, she was kind of instilling mindfulness in me. But she used to always tell me, um, "You, oh, man, hours on this on the dot now." Uh, <laughs> um, but she used to always tell me that you can't control how other people react to things and you can't control how other people act towards you, but you can control how you act and you can control how you react to mm -hmm. other people. And it's like, it sounds like very stupid, like, yeah, no shit. It's basic. But it's at, true. But it's, it, it, I think I think about that a lot when I just get in disputes with anybody. It's like, take a second and think about how you've been speaking to them and take a second and think about, have I been trying to get a reaction out of them or am I just trying to simply display how I'm feeling? And when someone talks back to you, are you trying to react in a way that's going to just get another reaction out of them? Or are you trying to respond in a way that's going to, not just calm people down, but like get people to think like, "Hey, this isn't an argument. This is a conversation." It's yeah. just it's it's what we've been talking about the whole time about yeah, like it's keeping, why not keeping emotion out of it. Yeah, being, and I don't, being able to separate your emotions from your reactions yeah. and trying to just. But I don't just, think I don't think being a hard uh, denying uh, attributor to uh, emotion is pretty 
pretty um, difficult to do. And also I think is, is kind of too like simplistic to the, to the idea. There's more of an aspect of harnessing those emotions, those emotions and knowing how they play a role in your thoughts and then having them. So you still have the emotions, they are there, but you don't feel them the same way. They're not you. They're just something that is there. And you you apply that in a way that is productive in these conversations. Yeah. And also with the whole reaction thing, it's like, exactly. You you have to be aware, not just of your emotions, Mm. but of the other person's emotions. And if they're, if they're acting in a way that like they're getting real hyped up and real energetic and really either angry or excited or whatever, like you have to be able to feel that and react in a way that is going to either be compatible with that energy and like support that energy or calm that energy down if it's too mm-hmm. excessive you're 100 percent right it's not about getting rid of those emotions about using those emotions in a way that's like beneficial for everyone mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i'm just hoping um more than anything that we um we can use these thoughts that we create from these uh these podcasts and we can actually apply them to daily life. So like my goal for you, for example, is to promote arguments with a state of mind that is aware. um, And that means that, and also willing to learn, willing to um, build on. And I'm, I'm trying my best too. I mean, obviously it's hard. I'm I'm limited in conversation, but I'm still, I'm doing my reading. I'm kind of, I'm doing my research and I'm kind of figuring shit out. And then I'm going to try it out on people uh, as I've been doing on this podcast. You know what I'm saying? And so I think you, I think you, I'm not saying you should, but it's something that like my goal to influence upon you the most is letting you give yourself a chance to speak what you think on certain topics and allow yourself to also be an open uh, door to discussions and discourse to with people who you don't agree with too. And then you, yeah. you, because the better you get, you also change people's minds. Eventually the good as, as you make it better and better, these conversations, you get better, better at um, being able to manipulate your argument in a way that is fra- reframing that argument and to, to manifest it in a way that is better to, for some type of way of thinking. And yeah, man, and that's, that's the biggest goal of this podcast for me. I want to be good yeah. at conversation. That's what I want. Yeah. That's my goal in life. If anything, because that's going to come with like right now, it's, it's becoming a better conversationalist to be able to then, um, because also with it, it's like reading, being an intellectual person and an intelligent person. And so I'm, I'm doing it in like a multi trying, I guess, in a multifaceted way, but the being in a conversationalist, like for example, Joe Rogan is not an incredibly genius guy. He's no. just an incredibly multifaceted person who tries to understand something on basic levels, but then talks to really interesting people. And so, yeah, exactly. He just he that, just has very it's exactly what you're talking about. Like just conversations, just having yeah. people on and having them say really what they feel. And he has a lot of people on that he argues with, and people mm-hmm. like to hear people disagrees with. Yeah. Yeah. That's, You're that's right, like, Jordan, he's not like a, I like his show because exactly what you're talking about, he's a lot of yeah. cool guys. I mean, I like his show because of Duncan Trussell, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first I one I ever listened to. Was really, the, dude, I didn't, get into Duncan, I didn't get into Duncan until recently. All right, my, my, my goal 
if you get Duncan Trussell listen to 10 seconds of this podcast. If Duncan Trussell listens to this portion of the podcast, that would be this episode. That would be. Or the Midnight Gospel episode, I guess. The what? But, oh, the Midnight Gospel the Midnight episode. Gospel episode yeah. yeah. But I mean, this is part. I don't even know I'm going like, to. Tr- I'm, I'm going to tweet. I'm just going to tweet this link to him every day. And <laughs> he looks at it. So yeah. day one of he'll look at it. I think the, the cool thing is he'll look podcast. at it. Yeah. He might listen to 10 seconds and be like, these guys are crazy. These guys are wild. These guys are a bunch of goofballs. <laughs> a bunch of tart bakers. That's my favorite yeah. thing from Midnight Gospel. Tart baker. Clancy calls people tart bakers. Yeah. Clancy is so funny. That character. I love Duncan Trussell. When I, when I first, when I first, so I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast with Duncan Trussell, but not watched it on YouTube. I had listened to it. Yeah. And I heard his voice. And then I watched me that gospel because I fucked with him. And I had never looked up a picture of him. <laughs> and I started Weird. I started listening to Midnight Gospel and realizing that I was like drawn from his own podcast. I looked him up and when I first saw the first picture I saw was from his Joe Rogan podcast. He's wearing the ghillie suit. <laughs> and he has like the full crazy beard and he still has like long hair. He doesn't have like short hair. He had like pretty long hair. It was during the pandemic and I was like Yeah, and he had the mask on. Big chubby dude with a beard and long hair is like Clancy's voice is so high, like I was just so astounded. Yeah, his so voice high. is impressively distinguishable for and someone like, I, yeah. like that. And I and I immediately was just like dumbfounded by that. And so I started researching him and listening to and like obviously you listen to fifteen minutes and then you're just like Wow, this guy really thinks about life in a really interesting <laughs> way. Yeah, he really it's does. Really beautiful way. Honestly. Oh, it's amazing! It's such a relief to know that someone can think of life in a weird, but still relaxing, kind of like humanistic way. Yeah, I. I and he's I, so I articulative. I, oh, he's I he's like it. my he's like my spirit animal, dude. I, I identify with like a lot of his like he talks about like he'll go down like loopholes and like believe in conspiracies for like a couple days and then yeah he goes on reddit yeah like yeah i'm just i'm just like that like i get lost on twitter doing dumb shit and then i snap back to reality it's like i have like i'm enlightened that's why i loved his episode about enlightenment on midnight gospel because he like pretends he's all enlightened yeah it's like I, i shouldn't be pretending i'm enlightened i should just try to be the best I can be and I think that's so cool like like we were talking about signaling earlier like like meditating is not about being like the holy enlightened one it's like just <laughs> about trying to be better just trying to be a little yeah. bit better and helping that influence people in a way that they can be yeah exactly too. and I, I think that's something really cool not just about meditation um but about psychedelics too is you see a lot of people I see this on Hamilton's pharmacopoeia um you see these people who are into not not just like chemists making these chemicals but like people who grow shrooms or grow the um the root that you make dmt from like they they think it's like not just consuming it but like producing it is like it's healing it's like it's comforting um it's it's beautiful to see people like going through a process and like wanting to spread not just like wanting to spread meditation or wanting to spread spread like shrooms with people but like the process of it yeah and like wanting to spread the positivity that they get from it you know what i mean that's what mm-hmm. that's what's so cool about human nature is 
like I was talking earlier sometimes I feel like I over explain stuff like that that's what I love about this podcast is like that's as much as I am self-conscious about it like that's what human nature is we just want to talk about how crazy Mm -hmm. we want to make sense of the things that don't such a cool thing that you're doing here it's just yeah it's a lot of fun having people talk about things (laughs) talk about things that yeah that we find talking for nine hours nine hours and 10 minutes bro i'm gonna have to to call it i'm gonna have to call it by 12 30. yeah that works for me that works for me because i gotta go to Um, bed soon um yeah but bro this this is so fun in the shower and go to bed by 1 a.m yeah dude this was this was a lot of fun um yeah do you you want to do a little recap I have no idea how we stop meditation. We, we talk about meditation, psychedelics, Duncan Trussell sprinkled in there a bunch of times. Um, and then free will. We can. Do, I'm, I'm trying, just trying to think like how, how you're gonna like label the episode. I don't. That's what I was thinking about um, earlier. Like I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I might just say you're gonna have to watch. Free will. To know. Yeah, meditation, psychedelics, free will, consciousness. Human uh, nature. And I was, I was thinking about I was thinking about um, what I was gonna do, like what I'm gonna do when I post like my picture for people to on Instagram for like people to go listen to it. And be like go listen to me and Nico talk about human nature and free will or don't. It's your or, choice. It's your or choice. Is it? Or is it? <laughs> yeah. Or is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it your choice? I don't know. I, I don't I gotta find a picture too. I was saying if you have a picture of us or a picture you see, would like. I'm I I would love to find an awesome picture of us playing soccer or hockey together. Yes, that awesome. would be fun. Let me see. Um, I mean I don't might think might have to have... go and go landing, bro. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. the old photos. Yeah. Yeah, you I mean you could send it another time. There's no, there's no hurry. Um, yeah, no, I'll I do it, do it another day. But I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I don't know how I can prep people for this podcast other than just yeah, like, very... dude, just listen. <laughs> That's it. We're just talking. We're just talking about stuff, and it gets. And I like that this throughout this podcast, even just this podcast alone, we've been able to let each other speak much better. Then I've been. Then it's happened a lot. Like I, I naturally, everyone has a tendency to talk over everyone. Um, but good conversationalists let the the speaker speak until they feel a need to step in in a comfortable way. Um, and this is something we're learning from better than than most. Yeah, yeah. The earlier ones were uh, kind of interesting. I was like very energetic uh, in okay. like my emotions. But now I'm thinking more. I stopped to think. I talk in a weird way now, though. Like, I don't know if you noticed that, but I try to, I try to, it's just, it's not like I give a shit. I still want to, I still want to be more thoughtful and right, I'm concerned. Here. <laughs> you, dude, you don't have to do this now. It's fine. We're still recording. Please, so great, you still got to talk to me. You still got to talk to me. I'm still talking to you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't, yeah, don't, don't consume yourself on your phone. Dude, that's what... telephones are a crazy invention like, imagine <laughs> if you went back and like literally just even a hundred years and like told people like 
yeah you can have this little device and like you can look at literally anything you want and, like you can like take pictures of people and have them on there mm-hmm. and you take videos of people and you can have them on there and you can call anyone you want at any time <laughs> and they have they have something just like you do and like you can you can do this yeah you can, you can see their face from How thousands of let's, miles let's away. do let's do the math let's do literally the distance where are you right now i am in casper wyoming i'll send you my address to be exact no, i'm joking just say it out loud i'm so, doing my computer are you on google oh Maps? you don't want to say it on the podcast sorry Eh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't think people mail me stuff. I don't think stuff. anyone's gonna come. Yeah, go for it. Send I'm also it leaving. In, I'm leaving in a week, so <laughs> I don't give a shit. What is it? Uh, let me see here. One three nine three zero. Highway four eighty seven, or H W Y H W I four eight seven. Casper wiring. Yep. Yep. Eight two six zero four. Ah, yes, the zip code. All right, and we are chilling <coughs> uh, in Southern Florida, very close to the University of Miami. Just holy shit, that's far as fuck. Because <laughs> you're, I'm that, in the North Midwest. Oh wow, that is so much farther than I thought. That is two thousand miles. Yeah. That is so, so much far. further than I thought. It's that is so, so much further than I thought. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Wow. It is that dude for someone a hundred years ago. If unless you're taking a train, I don't remember when how efficient trains were a hundred years ago. But like, mm-hmm. dude, trying to trying to man, I don't know what is happening a hundred years ago. They have good cars, dude. They had to store food for the winter. That's a huge thing yeah, that people don't understand about 100 years trying, ago. Trying to, trying to get from Wyoming to Miami 100 years ago is ridiculous. <laughs> it's horseback it's for a like 33 a hour. It's a 33-hour drive, bro. It's a six-hour flight. It's a six-hour <laughs> flight. What? <laughs> what? And we're having a nine-hour conversation. That's how fucking Six different it is. Six-hour flight? Yes. That's crazy, bro. That's nonsense. That's like L.A. to New York. Yeah. Isn't it? L.A. to New York? No, I thought it was five hours. Wait, you said it's a six-hour flight? I thought it was a five-hour flight. flight. It's a six-hour flight. Dude, it's a five-hour flight from L.A. to New York. Yeah. Flight from Miami to Casper, Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be connected. You can't fly straight in. You have to connect it Colorado or Salt Lake, or I guess uh, Denver or Salt Lake City. Oh, uh, maybe that's why it's six hours. Mm-hmm. That's why I well, think it was six hours flighting okay. for me. I guess it's like it was. Four, I thought it was four. Maybe it was five and then one. But you you fly like Salt Lake City is west of casper wyoming <laughs> oh okay so, so you fly so past I, it and then go up so you used, to, you used to fly to salt lake that's where i flew yeah there's also okay, people so, that connect so to denver I, okay so i've i've flown into salt lake a couple times because i go skiing at um, snowbird in the spring and it um utah is incredibly beautiful i want to go I've never been there in the summer. I want to go visit in the summer and go hiking. That sounds beautiful. Um, I want to take mushrooms. This isn't in <laughs> Utah, but I want to take mushrooms and go to um, Yellowstone. Joshua Tree. Oh. Yeah. 
Joshua Tree. Be down to do a trip with you if you'd be down. Um, I'd be in California. I think it's like out in the desert. Um, really cool. Wow, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah, Joshua that's like where you see cool. you'll see like the best descriptions of of some experiences because it's out in the. Yeah, I mean absolutely. that's if you came out here. You just go out far enough on the ranch. Yeah. You're just gonna. End yeah, up exactly. Here. <laughs> Very similar. You you have um, that. You have, have that. Have, have you yeah. seen um you ever watched Entourage? Mm, no. I think I've seen it's a, it's a pretty good TV show, but um I heard of decent things. Up, only reason I bring it up is because one of the characters, much like in um Silicon Valley, Ehrlich takes uh shrooms and goes to <gasps> Yeah. That shit's nuts. Uh, <laughs> but in in Entourage they, they do the same thing because the whole show is based around the character who's an actor and it's like him and his friends just like living their lives. Yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. They're, the they're, they're trying yeah. yeah, exactly. He's trying he's trying to get like a he's trying to figure out what part to do for his next movie, like what movie he wants to do. And he doesn't know what to do, so so they all go to Joshua Tree and they take shrooms. <laughs> figure out like what they're gonna do um and it's so funny they're like their agent goes with them he's like this is what you guys do to make big life decisions it's like yeah it's what we've always done Just take mushrooms figure out what you want to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when i i watched it before i tripped and i was, i just thought it was funny and then as i started tripping i was like yeah not a bad idea <laughs> that sound terrible yeah like obviously, yeah. don't make the decision on the psychedelics, but take but the still psychedelics. consider it. You can consider that take, decision. Think, no, I'm I'm saying like think the thought. Don't don't sign the contract while you're on shrooms. Yes, don't sign the contract. So think well. about it, and then once you're off of shrooms, you're like, about hmm. that experience. Yeah. You want to take away from it. Dude, some people you were talking about having control and people losing control. Some people, the the loss of control that people worry is their actions. They think they're going to like run out of a window or stare into the sun or search up shit or I don't know, whatever, call the wrong person, you know, like dump something like that. And there's something about a lack of control that like that they, they it doesn't make sense. Mind and body can be independent of one another. Um, they are independent of one another. I mean, you could be totally physically okay and still be in a terrible headspace and you could be in a great uh headspace or a terrible great headspace and you could be in a terrible physical situation and then there's both and vice versa um and that's something that i don't understand with psychedelics is that people think they're just they're just become encapsulated in every thought and they're just going to act on everything it's like that's what thinking is for just think first before you do some shit like signing a contract, oh my god, <laughs> what a picture! What a picture! I have a child you in that picture. Have, you still have braces, braces in this, dude. You are a kid. You are a I kid. was a child. Like holding this up, you are a kid in this. Dude, I'm I look pretty skinny <laughs> and long, and we just won eight to one somehow. I guess a team that beat us seven to four. Like, what the fuck kind of scoring is Weird that? You're nasty. Shout out to Nasty. I can't believe I have this picture of Patrick. Look at this kid. Oh loser. This is me and him and Katie Waller. Yeah, it's like very exposed. But 
Man, Patty, yeah. I haven't seen Patty in a while. Yeah. You want to use, use that old throwback of us for the... <laughs> Go right ahead. I mean, whatever you want. I'll find, I'll find, I'll find a good one and send it to you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. This is so chill, man. This was so this much fun. This, this, is, been this has been one of the best well, nine and a half hours of my life. I'm not kidding. This has been like such a weird revelation on like how long you can still interact with someone despite not seeing them for so fucking long. I haven't seen you in a minute. Yeah, dude. Now that you mention it, I'm trying to think. Did I see you during quarantine? I saw you in the winter. That was the last time I saw you. I saw you in the winter, but we didn't see each other at all in the summer. No. We texted a lot, but we would always – you would be in, in Florida or – I can't remember where else you would go. Or the farm. Yeah, you fuck off a lot because I don't blame you. It sucks. I mean, being stuck in your house. So you I didn't have, as well I didn't have a job this summer either because land in the summer got canceled. Yeah. I was but, uh, playing a lot of soccer. Yeah, it's been a minute. I don't know. Dude. Yeah. I don't know. We, I know. I wish I had gone – I ended up not going to soccer so things because Aaliyah came – for a lot of the session yeah. of the summer. That she could have just come and watched. I'm playing. Yeah, but I mean, I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I miss playing soccer. Bill Reed lives in my neighborhood now. Really? Really? Yeah, dude. I yeah. could, um, I was yeah. saying, I was saying one day we should, I should have a bunch of boys over and we should just go over to BR's house with a six pack. Six pack? Like, yeah, BR. With a bunch of guys. Yeah, we are. Thirty got right. A couple of, got a couple of cans of courage here, you know. <laughs> you know let's you know, let's uh, have them together. Crank a few. Yeah. Crank a few. Let's crank a few. And, I, and I'm completely convinced that he would say yeah. I would hope so. That'd be a great invitation. I think, I think if we went, dude, if we went like you, me, Peter, Burke, Noah Hannum, Allen, Davis, Allen. That's it. We get Parker. Henry. Parker. Henry. Drew Parker. I think Drew Parker. We could get literally all 18 of us. Yeah. Whatever, whoever. William McClure. Aiden <laughs> Howe. <laughs> Doug <laughs> Landers. Will McClure was the first thing I was just saying. I love Will McClure. If you make it so long. Will McClure, if you're listening to this, hope you're doing well, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hope you're good. doing well, brother. Yeah. Where did you go that. to school? Princeton. I feel like he went to no. Virginia. That's my guess. No, not Princeton. Yale. It was Yale. Yeah, that sounds it's like that fuck, sounds man. Funny. That was beast mode on him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sounds all right. Sounds pretty cool. Mark Dude, Yale. There's this whole thing about Yale not letting in like Asian and white students, despite their like incredibly high test scoring and stuff. Interesting. That's like I hate Asian and white students. <laughs> <laughs> that's really no that's really interesting them it's weird because i mean you 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 hear people talk about like you hear people say like oh you can't even get into school now as a white person that they want all the diversity you hear people saying dumb shit like that and then yeah. you, you say something like that it's like oh well up. fuck <laughs> <laughs> well that's that is so that's I, one very specific like, school in a very specific study situation yeah but, um, that's a form of racism right there though that's weird and it's like that's not reverse necessarily either. That's reverse, just reverse. Reverse. 
It's just, uh, it's just, it's fucking deciding to not let someone in because they're Asian or white. Like that's, that's literally based on race. Yeah. And I think that's so stupid, but I hope Yale's fun. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> sorry, I hope you're doing well. well sorry. I hope, hope you're enjoying the lack of it. I have no idea if anyone is actually going to be at this point in the podcast. I don't know. You never know. Someone might skip to the end. I really hope someone does. Cause I think the best part of our conversations were kind of towards the end. Cause it was like chill. We're tired, but we're still in it. We're just vibing. <laughs> Vibing. dude i got um that's how you get the best out of people too i don't i don't play video games a lot but i got um new spider-man video game miles morales it's so sick <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun i've played the i don't know if it was miles morales the one before maybe 2018 uh, one yeah, so yeah it's basically it's basically that it's game that. with a different story and uh. the the it's like that exact game with a different storyline and a different character um, and it's really the storyline's really cool, and um, the gameplay is just a little smoother, and the fighting's nice. really really dope. Yeah, I don't like I don't like playing video games a lot, but I fuck with um, story mode types and, and shit. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that, that game is really. Cool. Is it PlayStation or Xbox? You got PlayStation exclusive, baby. Beast, beast. Shout out anyone who's listening and likes to argue about. PlayStation versus Xbox. They're basically the same. (laughs) That's that is the most smoothest way of someone just saying like they're same. Fuck off. Like there's no reason to argue. Literally literally the only argument for either one. Like if you if you want to like have like a calm argument about it, like it comes down to like processing power and stuff. And like I don't even know enough about that to tell you which one is better. So I'm not gonna pretend the only thing like it comes down one. the only thing it comes down to for me is um like the exclusive games that you get. Yeah. Literally the, the deciding factor is Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> really? At PlayStation because that the Spider Man is a PlayStation exclusive and I loved the first one and I got it because I already had a PS4. So I was like, Yeah, well, they're making a new one. I'm not gonna get an Xbox now. Yeah, that's so I no can't reason. play the new one. You ever played no, Uncharted? I'm not gonna get a PS5 either, though. Uncharted, I'm I, I so I've played it. I never got into it though. Bro, those are fun. The stories are just nuts. Uncharted. They're just yeah. nuts. They're so wild. I used to play, play with um, a lot of people. What you used to play like anyone from back home. Yeah, Parker was like the guy the most. Uh, we, would talk, we would play the whole game sometimes and nights, and then we would That's funny. like one, two, and three. And then yeah. I, we, my family got like we got when we got a PS4 later, and then they came out with number four. That one's like just graphics are a little better, like it's just a little smoother. But like the story is also nuts because they have these like movie clips, like not movie clips, but like yeah. scenes. No, I know what you mean. And they have these That's long it. scenes, and it's so sick. They have like yeah. the most fascinating, and the history is like I don't know if it's actually true. I doubt it, but if it is, and there's some sort of reality and truth to it. That's awesome. Those stories are so yeah. cool. They find awesome areas of the world and beautiful scenery. Um, obviously, it's like a video game. so. But that's yeah, something no, uh, it's like makes it more fun. The intensity. I was, I was going to say um, another game, one of the few games I've played recently, it was Game of the Year in 2018, is uh, God of War. I've heard a lot it about was, it. It's just like you're saying, the, the cut scenes and the story about uh, this guy and his, and his son. It's like it's like a movie. It's like super emotional. 
mm-hmm. like very very humanizing for this like super raw awesome character that's like fucking cleaving people with a fucking god-powered axe like it's sick like you have these sick fight scenes and then you have this guy like having these real emotional scenes with his son yeah. they're like on this journey to like bury their uh, the mother the mother's ashes damn um it's really dope i was gonna ask you have you ever played like assassin's creed or anything yeah i think i played black flag that's when i played and that was that so, was fun but i heard unity yeah. is nuts hold on one second or I'm odyssey calling. maybe all good well let's let's just end it on here um um sorry about that all no good. all good we're we're chilling now um yeah man what is it nine hours nine and a half hours nine and a half hours like and six hours recorded or something four six hours five and a half what was it uh, four thirty holy shit it might almost be six hours yeah five and a half six hours that's got to break some sort of record all of time just, world record I just don't know if it's straight talking, but like, you know, that's pretty insane. If it's longer than any of the Joe Rogan and Jungkin Trussell episodes, <laughs> I was going to say, insane. me and my friend had a longer conversation about random nonsense than you and Joe Rogan did. Yeah, so yeah. you have to listen. To <laughs> so you have to listen. Yeah. Oh, well, have you listened to the five hour and 12 minute one? That one's yeah, insane. Yeah. That was a nuts one. That was just so much stuff, and I listened to the entire thing. He's like thing. seven different ones on Joe's podcast. Maybe more. They they've been friends for like a long time, so it's, yeah, they, it's a beautiful relationship. One of the one of the first ones they ever did was together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe that'll be like the future of this podcast. I hope so. I hope somewhere interesting it goes. I hope it goes somewhere interesting. <laughs> All right, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Getting, no, getting I, de- I definitely um, nomenclature. I'm, I'm down to come back anytime. Yes, yes. I'm trying to get some more um, people on, but yeah, once once I have like a set idea of the future, yeah, um, no, of course, we're gonna figure yeah, something no. out. We can do some. In, we can do an in person one, or um, we can do like a group in person one if you want. Mm, Whatever. No. I'm just excited to get back home, see you in person. Yeah, this will be. It'll be nice to see people. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. This was this was a a, a interesting experience. Uh, I might listen to this one. I haven't listened to any of them, so yeah, I, I might listen say, to this one the first time. To I'm gonna listen. I, I'm gonna give it a while, but I'm gonna listen to it soon. I'm probably gonna like listen to the first five minutes and be like, "Oh my god, my voice." I agree. I hate listening to my voice. <laughs> I hate listening, but yeah, no, dude, this has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, any uh, any closing messages you'd like to give to the people? Anyone who's still out there listening? I, so, I I've thought about actually doing this before, and it, it's like I don't know why I'm making it a bigger thing than it is, but like, if anything you gather from podcasts and interactions that you have with people, don't worry about the content worry about the 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 nuance of depth of like information that you're being given and use that as a synthesis for your life rather than the driving force the train the boat that you ride so 
Very nice. Very nice. I would say How about you? I could tell I could tell people one thing. I would say I would say three things. Oh, I, I have more one. things to say. I thought you were just giving me one. Yeah, I have three sh- three short ones. Real quick. Oh. One, call your mom and tell her you love her. <laughs> yes. Number two. Oh, my God. I forgot about that one. Actually. Number two, look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you love you. And number three, when you're in the shower, make sure you clean your butt because wiping with toilet paper does not mean your asshole is clean. Make sure you use body wash. Body wash. And or and important or, things yes. to remember. Yes. Also, I just remembered on something about talking closing message. I wanted to add that with adding on to your number one, that being call your mom. Call someone you haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. Interact with people. It doesn't that, have to be your mom. It doesn't have to be your mom. It can be your talk mom. Someone you care about. Yeah. Talk to talk yeah, you yeah. Care about Call your talk sister. About. Call your brother. Call your cousin. Call your aunt. Call your uncle, and just talk, <laughs> and then t- figure shit out or something. I don't know. You tell just them you, get tell, them. Tell them you miss them. Yeah. Tell them what you I feel. Think, I think I think something people don't do. Now, I'm guilty of it. I need to Same. do it. It's a little late. I'm not going to do it tonight, but I'll do it tomorrow. Call <laughs> your grandparents. Yeah. Because grandparents. At least I know my grandparents are grandparents. You're just here to love you, man. That's <laughs> just that, you at this just point. Like yeah. Give you, give you whatever Constant support to make you happy. And yeah, some gra- grandparents are a little crazy and have weird views that you can't even really understand or imagine, but they're there to love you. You know what I mean? They like, still love you. That's all. That's all they want to do. Is mm-hmm. love you. And um, reaching out to even obviously your parents is important too, but reaching out to your grandparents and telling you all of them, like in someone's final years, of their life, like that, that, that's makes, probably the biggest that thing means, that, that they can so much to them. Mm-hmm. Like someone they truly care about that they've been trying to like show love to yeah. make them feel happy calling them and telling them saying, thank you. Yeah. Saying, I love you. If your parents, if your grandparents are old, very old, or are in a bad situation health-wise, try the, uh, try the psilocybin trials. Try a, a loss yeah. of distress on your, on your ex- existence um, and try it Absolutely. out in a therapeutic way because there's actually been a lot of uh, research coming up with people. It's, it's not only the, the person who is dying of cancer or of whatever disease it may be, but it's also their family members coping with it. So it's, it's a, it's a, like a, um, a mutual, yeah, a, a two way, a two way experience and the two way learning experience and a two way environment that allows for, um, you know, a perspective change not to happen for the person that dies, but also for the people that live afterwards and have to live with this death. Um, living with death is not easy. I don't know it. I can't yeah. speak to it. But I, I can imagine it, and it's not something that sounds very fun. But I think, and I think when I experience that, it's going to change my perspective some. But I, I hope that I can stay grounded on the reality that, like, it's still real, and but it shouldn't be as scary or grim. I hope it's pretty. I hope it's a beautiful step in the next person's life because now yeah. they they have everyone that we should know 
uh, and should influence, if we have any sort of influence, um, should look to make the most out of their life in a way that has an effect that can't be measured in a quantitative measure, in a quantitative sense, and that it's pure quality. And that you even, let's say you change the mind of one guy and that one guy turned out to be the most influential person in the world, but you influence that guy. Something like that. Obviously that's, that's putting weight to something, but it's not even that. Yeah. It's the fact that you changed something, the reality for someone to experience in a way that was profound and beautiful. And um, I think doing that uh, with anyone, not just obviously not your grandparents and not, like not just your dying grandparents, but your friends, your lovers, your family members, older and younger, <clears throat> your, your peers, your professors, they learn from you too, man. They're not, they yeah. you don't think it, they, they're learning something from you. I mean, you got a perspective that might be so, so different from, from the rest of, of maybe a class or a, a, a school or, whatever experience or academy institution organization um, these experiences you have with you rather than imposing them on someone look for them to learn from you and you to learn from them i don't know how the fuck i got to that but i loved hmm. i liked what i just thought it was nice beautiful. it was a call it was thought. beautiful thank you very nice All right. I feel All like right, mate. at this point <laughs> we should just hit stop. For yeah, I think we're uh, ready to yeah. go. Yeah. But, um, namaste. Namaste and and um, legalize everything. You. Hmm? Legalize everything. <laughs> legalize everything. In the, in the words of the great Eric Andre. Legalize everything. Legalize everything. Understand everything. Humans aren't real. I have a t-shirt that says that that I wear when I trip nice I also have a shirt that says when does it kick in when does it kick in that's for when I do yeah of course I thought yeah I might as well escape bye bye (laughs)